guys from the East End, episode 65, and it's Monthly Madness. And of course, it's me, Gary Parsons, and it's the Prof, Carl Royley. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a special edition today. We're not in Johnny Blues. We're in the Glenmalore Inn. So uh, uh, we have James Cook and we've 80s legend Mick Bourne. So welcome to the show, lads. Thanks very much, Thank lads. Thanks for coming. And mm-hmm. uh, Mick scored the last of our goal at Glenmalore Park, so we thought it was only fitting that he'd join us at James's home, known as the Glenmalore Inn, the Man Cave. And uh, a short journey for you as well. You're only on the road in Fairhouse. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. But uh, I'd say there's a lot of brooding done in this place the last day or two. Oh, God, has there what? There's been bottles of whiskey consumed for breakfast, the whole lot. <laughs> yeah, it still hasn't worked. I'm still in a bloody deep depression. So, <laughs> so tell us from the East End Road Jogger. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, ta- we're taking Monday Madness out with Johnny Blues coming soon to Rower's Man Cave near you it could possibly end up I, I think we should do one on the bus on Monday away buses with Dan doing the DJ on the back we have a rave bus currently in the works for the last game of the really? season yeah. DJ oh. going down the back of it sounds good Thomas so, James GAA around the corner there I'm sure I saw some Dublin flags here I had to, oh, oh, to peel myself no, off so I pulled down the bump them. I know but um, we have to, first of all, we have to thank our sponsors as well. Penny Hill, Carrier, who have provided us with some gorgeous beers. And uh, James is currently on the Even Keel Session IPA. Me and the Prof are on the course. There's Peroni, there's Guinness, there's all sorts going on. So big thank you to our uh, sponsors, Penny Hill, Carrier. And if you're going out, ask for Louise, because she's got some she's great knowledge on beers. She picked out the deal for you today. so and She chose well. <laughs> she chose well. <laughs> so... Um, James, tell us, uh, first of all, how the Glenmalore came about and then how you got into Rowers in the first place? Um, well, the, the Glenmalore then came about, I suppose, like, I mean, it was like anybody's, uh, everybody's shed. It was our wall to see, floor to ceiling, just with rubbish, you know, and um, when I got into sort of smoking cigars there a few years ago, I used to take myself down and park myself in the corner and I had an old rocking chair and I was literally surrounded by rubbish, so... I was hard looking saying, Christ, what a waste of a room, you know? I really was. So this bar uh, we used to have inside a house there. And so uh, thank God I was a very uh, understanding and kind wife. And when I approached her, I said, look... She's not listening now, James. Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) So when I approached her, I said, look, it would be a great idea to turn this into a man cave. And I said, not only for me, when the the lads get older and they can bring their mates down the whole lot. So thankfully... uh, she she went with the idea, so the soaps are on and not moan about these standards, so I'm throwing down here, so it's a win win. She was onto the builders providers within seconds. And as regards getting into Rovers, um it's in the blood, I suppose. My dad, my late dad followed Rovers as his his father before him. And uh nineteen seventy nine I went before his game and like my dad had stopped going, he went probably the the fifties, probably the early sixties he would have stopped going. But I remember a uh, lad in primary school and like we'd be rabbiting on about Man United and Liverpool as kids did then. And this guy be always talking about Shamrock Rovers. And I remember going home to my father and saying, look, will you bring me to a game? And he brought me uh, 1979, 29 years ago. And yeah, I suppose the rest is history. And he kept on warning me walking up the Glen, uh, the, the Milltown Road. He kept on saying, look, this is not like looking at a match today. You know, this small ground and small crowd, the whole lot. And but them bees being there. Yeah, but I remember going in and, look, I've said it before, you walk up them steps in Milltown and just looking down and I just thought there's something magical. So you mean this. at that age you were young, everything was I, a little bit bigger? Look, yeah, but I mean, I, I remember standing in the shed and, like, okay, we were a poor team at the time and there was a poor crowd, but I just felt this instant sense of belonging. 
I really did. And just, it was everything. I remember, like, you know, the smell of the, the, the whatever it was, DP or wherever the players were. And just, the, you know, there was a bit of chanting with the crowd. And I just thought, you know what, this is just a business. You would like never that. experience something like that before, though, when you were never. first taste Absolutely, football. absolutely. And I mean, I suppose we would have gone then, would have probably for the first couple of years, we would have been gone was to the odd game and then when I was old enough then around I think 83 I would have been old enough then to start going myself and yeah just uh, it took off and I mean within six months then I'd joined the supporters club and I was going on buses the away games and obviously then the the four in a row happened I thought Jesus how lucky I am and what, uh, the crowds in, in Milltown for during the four in a row what would we be talking now attendance wise I mean, it, it varied, like everything else, it varied on the games, the bigger games, God, I'm trying to think, we might get maybe 4,000, maybe yeah. 5,000 on, on the good days, and, but then, as the team got more successful, and Mickey, you remember this, like, the crowds did drop off, because there was this level of, what do you call it, complacency, that people just sort of thought, well, you know, where I was going to win, like, it was, it was, really? the crowds just dropped off, yeah, they really did, but, um, yeah, so look, I mean, I was, I was looking at class myself as being very lucky. I saw some of the best Barber sides in, in, in our history. And do you remember so, when you first met Mick? What you thought of him as a player? I mean, well, I remember, like, I mean, I remember when Buckley and Campbell, <laughs> I mean, we were steeped with, it, with Buckley and Campbell, the two great strikers. And I remember when they left, and I remember thinking, Christ almighty, how, how do you go about replacing well, Buckley and Campbell? Here, yeah. And then Mick came along, and Mick had a, like, everybody knew Mick as being a proven goal scorer. But then it was like, well, okay, Mick Worms, who are we going to bring in with him? And then we heard Noel Larkin was coming out of retirement with that loan, and we were saying, gee, he's didn't really... Were you skeptical at the time? Yeah, I was, because like, you hear a fella coming out of retirement, yeah. you're not jumping around with joy, but... And wasn't he a centre half, though, as well? Pardon? Was Noel Larkin a centre half? He was initially, I think. He might have been well, initially, but... Off there, yeah. Yeah. But then the two lads, they just clicked. And it was nearly, like, when you're looking at them, like, it was nearly telepathic. And like, that's just from a fan's point of view, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's what we were saying earlier. For like, I mean, I would have been standing outside the dressing room waiting on fellas like me to come out to get their autograph yeah. and stuff. So it's a bit surreal to be sitting beside them in my man cave. You know? yeah. <laughs> Even before uh, you came to Rawers, Mick, you were playing for for Balls in Shelburne. Were yeah. you enthralled by Milltown as a ground? Um, yeah, it was probably at the time it was the best the best pitch to play on. Uh, and I think everybody in League of Ireland at the time loved going to Shamrock Rovers because the pitch was so good. Um, probably at the time there was, you know, there was lots of players, lots of players like that, that I played with and whatever. Uh, always said, ah, oh, we're we're playing, we're playing, and look, I know a few lads that were playing with Longford at the time, and they said we're playing Rovers next week or whatever. And everybody talked about Milltown, how good it was and whatever, you know, and it was, it was a class place to play. Did you have a good games against Rovers? You get a few goals. Um, yeah, I, I actually always done well against Rovers. I really <laughs> did. I really did. Now that's probably one of the reasons Jim McLaughlin come and said, "Yeah, I want you." You know, so. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the transfers that we worked out when we signed players that played well against us when yeah, we worked out since then. We certainly didn't follow yeah, that trend. Yeah. But um, yeah, so last week's show we got a good response. We felt that as a collective. And as fans, we felt that the team weren't good enough for Drada, and we we needed a fit. Sometimes we might core what we say, but we, we didn't. Well, your rants got a good response, mm. but um, I also got a lot of comments from people saying, "And it was only an hour." 
Yeah, and we to be silent. That, they we seemed very going, happy about it. Yeah, we it was about fifty-eight minutes. That was going. Yeah. 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 How did we even talk for that? For that only an hour. We talked. Yeah. I felt like it was three, blowing hot air for for three hours. But um, yeah, no, I got a good response, and a lot of people did say that it, it was needed. And we we thought it might galvanise the team as regards to we know maybe some some players listen and they might think, okay, well these guys go the length and breadth of the country. They yeah. do things in their own time, on their own time, everything like that. They they really feel like we weren't good enough but mm. obviously it, it, we didn't get the response we wanted so um, we'll talk about uh, just before we get going we had this thing we were doing called LOI Curious right so um, we're going to play one part of our LOI Curious feature with John Vallely and Alan Green so we chatted to the lads before the match and before the 1899 bar so we had a chat with them before we went in there and uh, you'll hear what they thought the whole thing so what it is pretty much is that uh, we've been trying to get new fans at the talent Mm. and John was a fan he was going to Milltown but just kind of dropped off like a lot of people did after Milltown mm. was sold yeah. um, we thought no we'll, we'll get him back we'll see what happens and then we had a guy who'd never really gone to Rovers at all he followed AC Milan mm. all his life never never bothered so we got him in as well so it was like an experiment of sorts and then we had another guy coming as well his name was Attila a Hungarian fellow who hadn't adopted a team yet now he couldn't make it we'll get him on again so what we're just doing is we're trying to show people what Rovers is all about mm. the match day experience Interview them beforehand, interview them afterwards and see if they're going to yeah. um, come idea. back pretty much. So We picked ahead of a game to do it, didn't we, Gary? Yeah, we yeah. certainly did. Like, I mean, atmosphere and the whole thing, as a spectacle, it was fantastic. But Rock Rovers, we just weren't good enough. So um, we're going to hear an interview. We did with David Kiernan as well, our competition winner, a couple of months back. And we finally gave him his prize. So um, he was happy with that. So we'll roll that out. Okay, we're here with David Kiernan, the winner of our competition that we ran a while back, where we asked everyone guess who will be the eight first round winners from questions from the East End. So he wins our Tales from the East End hamper, which includes a Rovers mug, a scarf, a copy of Talad Time, uh, our new badge and a shirt. So are you happy with the price? Ah yeah, delighted. Uh, just when I seen it on Facebook, I said ah, I'll give her a try and 7 out of 8 ain't bad. And uh, the hamper is uh, there's good stuff in it, so delighted. Any, any, any lot, of, lot of numbers for us? Oh no, no. When it comes to the, uh, the betting, I'm usually shy. <laughs> Okay, so you correctly predicted that Davy Mack would beat Greg Bowser, Tomer to defeat Brando, Lee Gray to defeat Shazzy, Dan Kerr to get past Ethan Boyle, Sean Boyd to beat Pigo, Joey O'Brien to beat Ronald Fiennes. The only one you got wrong was you said Lugie would get past uh, Sean Cavanagh, which was a massive upset. Yeah. In fairness, so what was your top process in all those picks? Um, I was looking at them, how they played and applied themselves on the pitch, and I was saying, hey, a few of the players are a bit stupid, and the others on the pitch, so I said, uh, he'd be better uh, at the quiz. And stuff so uh, Luke is actually back in now because after when uh, a lucky loser playoff and then we're going to pit Adam Manis against Dylan Watts to replace uh, Tomer so you're the man to ask now who's going to win the cup to be honest I'll probably go for Luke because yeah. we went nearly all the way last year and Cavo beating him was a bit of an upset because Cavo's a bit of a dunce as well like, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you think he'd be Joey maybe in the final uh, yeah I think Luke will go all the way in the back door so David, how did you get into Rovers and remember your first game? Um, just earliest memory at Rovers is a weird one. The first game I can remember really is Joe Guardians and Tolga. I don't know why it sticks out so much, but I just remember walking out after he thumped us and bumping into a lot of Joe Guardian fans that were shaking hands with me mum and dad. And I think my dad swapped a scarf or something with them. So that's one of my earliest uh, memories. But as long as I can remember, I got the Rovers like gone since I'm in the in the pram. Like, you even see the picture on Facebook with the mascot with Jason Sherlock I played yeah. knee height of a grasshopper <laughs> yeah. 
So who's your favourite ever Rovers player? Um, has to be Twig. I used to love, I loved Cousins, but I think Twig's just played. Twig, I used to love Cousins when I was growing up, but Twig, Pipsy. So you were in Drogheda last week, obviously we're all really frustrated. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, I just didn't turn up, was it? Put it down to a bad night at the office, but of all nights I have it. It's just really bad. We didn't look, even when we had 11, I thought we started well, but we didn't, we didn't look right then after the first five minutes and then going down to 10. I thought the right was on the wall after they scored the penalty, I thought it was just going to be one of them nights, and it was. So the derby tonight, they really owe us a performance now, these players, don't they? Oh, big time, big time. Like the recent derbies, balls have wanted them more, so we need, to, we need to win the battle force and then the football will take care of itself. Like. Nothing good this season, but like, what would be your favourite derby memory? Um, I'd have to be Twig. Had to be the two two goals, two late goals. Get Klaus lying down about playing three sets of three sets of states, but I didn't care. Like, so my sister's fella actually, he's a, he's a Bowers fan, and he texts me just I think about the 86 minute, and then I rang him after singing the Twig song. He's been only about 15 at the time. You didn't see Gary fall off the barrier, no? No. <laughs> That's your man. <laughs> okay, so this is our new segment. It's called uh, LOI Curious, and we're here with a lapsed fan, John Vallali. John used to go to Milltown in the 80s. So, um, John, you attended Glenmore Park in the 80s. What's the famous four in a row team? So, what are some of your best memories from the 80s? Uh, I started off the first match I ever went to was when I was 11 year old. It was the Shamrock Rovers selection versus Brazil. I know a million people have said they'd been at the match, but I was definitely there. And uh, what was the highlight of that game? Uh, probably some penalty save, patch innings, I'd say. And throwing the ball, I got the ball to throw back over him another time. And what was the reason you stopped going? Um, really, when he lived in Milltown was gone, that was it. There was a me. lot of fans like that, wasn't there? Well, I was living in Black Rock at the time, so it was a long old stretch out to Talca Park. But, uh, I had I'd gone to a few matches talk park, few uh, different different games, Sandry few, RDS a few. There for the big match with the the big crowd and then the next week nobody was there. So just like a lot of fans, a lot of fans kinda of fell off of the wayside after the Glenmore Park was sold. So uh, had you always kept an eye out on results throughout the years? Ah yeah, it's probably the first rules result to look for him though. I'm probably like a freelance at the moment, I go everywhere. The other night I was at the Shelbourne uh, Bluebell match. Looking at your brother-in-law, oh, kicking yeah. a few balls into the stand. <laughs> I'll make sure to tell him. <laughs> and um, Tala has been a success as regards to rejuvenating the club. So you've you've seen a little bit so far. What do you think of the stadium, the facilities? Uh, well, the first thing I noticed about uh, on the way up, driving up, was uh, all the Dublin flags. I don't know whether Thomas Davis might have put them there for uh, just for one. Don't mention the war. Don't <laughs> mention the war. But uh, oh, it's great. I've been here a few times. Haven't seen Rovers win a match here. I a few weeks ago for the Women's uh, International. They lost as well, so, 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 yeah. so hopefully that changes. Hopefully that changes. So any Rovers player you're looking forward to seeing live for the first time tonight? Yeah, probably Dylan Watts. Yeah. yeah. Smashing player. And there's, yeah. he, there's been a lot made about him since his move across the, the soft border, as it's been called. Well, it should be interesting tonight. I'm sure he might get a few calls. Hope he keeps his mind on the game. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, I used to know uh, his family very well. Oh yeah, who Black do you Rock? play for schoolboy? You don't know, do you? Uh, Joey's, of course. So he's in the round that neck of the woods? Joey's, yeah. All the good players playing Joey's. 
So um, you're actually a listener to this podcast because we're workmates. And does it ever tempt you to go on to go again regularly? And uh, what what do you like about the podcast? Uh, I'm gonna toot our horn here. Well, I know two years are looking to me very well. I like the music, the start and the finish is quite. That's well. one of our favourite things. <laughs> apparently, it's always relevant. Let's go, Dara. You must do. Uh, Good survey into what you want to play. But, yeah, it's uh, always weird. we go back and forth in fairness, and we think what's it. the best thing we can do. That's it. Well, I liked you last night. Now I what listened to it last night, and uh, I liked the rant. It was good. Ah, listen, I couldn't hold and it in, and it was a bit shorter. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, John, we're going to go on a little tour of uh, Tala Stadium now. So uh, we're going to interview you after that and after the game, and then get your thoughts on that. Okay, continuing on. Hello, curious. Uh, our next experiment is going to be Alan Green. So, Alan, you're 26 from Ireland, but you don't support an Irish team or a British team. So tell us who you became attached to and why. Um, it all started after the 99 Champions League final. United, Bayern Munich, I'm sure he's remembered very well. But, um, I mean, I just became a little bit disillusioned with English football. And um, I do remember Channel 4 Saturday mornings watching the Italian um, highlights. And um, the Milan team, 0-1, just... You know, their style of play really just seemed very attractive at the time. And, um, you know, between the players that they were signing, the players they already had in the squad, um, it just became something that I had to keep on watching. And from there on in, I was an AC Milan fan and that was it. You're still a big fan, you still watch them on the Sunday or whatever, Serie Still, Still do, um, by the same, by the jersey every year. I, I had this jersey going back till 2003 um, so I've plenty of jerseys at home and um, watch the highlights when I can it, it's been a little bit tricky over the last few years obviously because you know the rights for the games have been shopped around a little bit BT have had them and then um, 11 sports for this year they've picked them up so hopefully I'll be able to catch a few more games with them you've actually been to Tala uh, once before when we played Benoit Yehuda 2010 where Bakker got the last minute goals what are your memories from that Rowers team and what Tala Stadium was like um Look, as I said at the time, that was the first time being there, so I, I was impressed. Um, I had never been, I say never been, that's, not, that's, that's a little bit of a lie. When I was younger, uh, dad grew up in Inchicore, so I was uh, an attendee for certainly a few Pats games. Um, but as I said, it had been a break for a few years, so um, yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I was impressed in a way with the way they played. Um, uh, recently, I've gone to a couple of away games, but uh, overall, it, it, you know, it was enough to sort of, you know, get the interest back in a little bit. As you say, you've been to a couple of away trips. I mentioned Drogheda last week. Uh, less said about that, better. But what do you make of the standards in the League of Ireland, and what do you think you haven't been to more games? <sighs> why do why have I not been? I am. Um, I don't know. I suppose I've never really. I, I, maybe it was true naivety or whatever. Um, I felt you know maybe the league at a certain point maybe wasn't good enough, and it, it's not the fact that I, um, you know, I didn't want to go to games. Um, it was, and it's been what it's been over the last few years is you know a few friends they've they've really gotten into it, and you know they've tried to drag me to games before, and there's always been something that's been um, stopping me. Um, but as I said, Turners Cross away that was the first game a few weeks ago. Um, that started things and then as you said dropped it last week so this is the first home game um, I'm hoping we can see a win tonight and uh, what do you know about the current Rovers team and are there any players you're particularly looking forward to seeing tonight there's been two players that I've, I've you know 
picked up on um, O'Brien and Bones, Bone, Sam Bone. Um, you know, I've, the way he plays, he, he definitely looks like a player that can control the game at times if he wants to. He hasn't really done that in the two games that I've seen him since, so I'm interested to see what he's like tonight, considering this is uh, the derby. So Probably been playing out of position, though, right back, whereas he's actually a centre midfielder, so yeah. hopefully centre midfield tonight. But uh, this is your first derby, I believe, so what are you expecting? Um, I'm expecting an atmosphere. Um, as I said, um, I've, I've been to Rovers games over the last few weeks, and there's been a bit of an atmosphere. I'm expecting that the crowds to be a little bit more sort of rowdy, and um, I fully expect to start uh, shouting along with them tonight. Especially the amount of cabras we just walked by. Yeah, that was a little bit of a shock. Um, <laughs> I'd better not say anything too loudly, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure it's just, you know, as a precaution, that's all. So that was the, the lads, and uh, finally we gave Davis prize. How long have we been holding on to that? It's long overdue. Yeah. It's long overdue. Hopefully uh, he'll, uh, like I said, the best place to read Tala Time is always on the toilet, isn't it? It's <laughs> a bit of toilet reading. <laughs> That's the props book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's on the here. shelf there, yeah. James yeah. is here too. It's actually yeah. an excellent book, in fairness. We never read really the Glenmore, right? Around, we? We've got the, the shirt from Derek Tracy. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Derek to gave to him room. after his uh, testimonial. Yeah. We've got the... Uh, the pennant from the first game, game at Tala. Yeah. We've got a picture of Reuter celebrating the Whitehurst Lane. Signed as well. We've got every. It, it's actually top class. And like I said, this, I'd say there's been. I'm, I'm looking for dints in the wall or the past <laughs> fist marks after after Saturday. And it's sad at this stage. Let me hide the pictures. Needless to say, there's a ridiculous amount of Laurel and Hardy stuff around. Oh, that's all part of it. I know. Yeah. 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 And, uh, no, it is. It really is class. You've got the Milltown Road sign. All sorts of rover stuff. It's excellent. It really is a good setting for the show today. So, but that was our LOI curious anyway. And do you always get this phrase when people girl I get all the time? The football is back. Yeah, uh, like we're we're mm. in the we've been watching. Like football's always yeah, back for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch. I'll go to the senior games. I'll keep an eye on the games. All year round, football's there for me. That's the way we we like us as football connoisseurs. Yeah, football's yeah. there. Like even today, starting Leinster senior league. Yeah, I got mocked as a home to Bluebell. A cracker of a game. Top of the it yeah. pretty much will end up on the mm. top of the table towards the end of the season. And um, football's always around yeah, for us. So that's the, why we the guy in Warp said it to me actually last week. It's great to have yeah. a football back, isn't it? Mm. He said it was straight face to me. Football wheel was ending. Yeah. Also, he was describing to me, again, with a completely straight face. He was describing this intense atmosphere that he watched the Liverpool game in the pub. He was describing the passion <sighs> start. in the pub. <sighs> I died oh, say, oh yeah, the, the Man United fans in the pub, we were cordoned off, there was a steward in the middle. I was, what, what, what's he trying to At say? At first I generally thought it was a wind-up <laughs> and I studied his face. No, he was yeah. serious. Oh. I, th- I think the like I mean I think everybody has stories to tell about like bar- experience and bar stillers in pubs and stuff. I, I genuinely I, I try and avoid pubs if there's big games on or go to a pub that has no television but I think the worst I saw and it was in a local club here actually not a GA club I should add <laughs> um, and the place was relatively quiet but I can't remember who was on the box United were on I can't remember who they were playing but these two guys had a stand up row about the amount of trophies like United won versus Liverpool and it, it genuinely nearly came to blows because they, they were talking about the merits of is should the charity shield be counted as a as a, a trophy? <laughs> and I remember like oh God, I remember. I'd say it was good view. Like I it was, give us two more points. It was sad. It was so pathetic. Like and I, they get wound up and when like, you record it, my wife is safety. What are you getting so worried about? Like yeah, what are you getting wound up about? But it's just 
I can't understand it. Like, <laughs> I mean, it just winds me up something fierce. Mm. I just can't. Our WhatsApp group would love that now. Just yeah. on the topic of geography, actually, since we're in uh, Kilsip, or just around the corner is where Glenville Rovers used to play, just in the pitch just there. Yeah, I remember. We had many successful Sean, days. Uh, my son, Sean, he used to uh, go away. I've seen it. I went to see a few of the games, but Sean, yeah, I went to a few of the games, actually, yeah. UCFL, probably the worst standard of football I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I took out an insurance policy because of that. It was one of the fellas, he, got, he broke his leg and his, and his ankle. So he's, and one of the lads sells insurance on the team and I said listen take a policy out because yeah. I end up stop playing I think after. it's uh, the only time I've seen uh, half time instead of Jaffa Cakes it was cans of Bournemouth yeah. <laughs> the players oh, it, it was a good team we, two years we played and we won a league and a, and a shield yeah. and we we bowls SC as well one time I told the story before and they, they had a bunch of lads they'd won mm. the league the night before I think it was 2009 and they beaten us. What was it? It was on goal difference. No, by two or four points. I think it wasn't. Yeah, I remember that was the season that uh, Jason Bourne missed the penalty, wasn't it? Hmm. The four seasons, Halle, mm. and they were out on the pitch giving us all sorts of dogs abuse. They built with cans. We played the Saturday morning after. They won yeah. So the return fixture was absolute mortar on the pitch. <laughs> the lads got word of it. They're like, yeah, do you remember they were giving us dogs abuse? There were Fifty <laughs> fellas on the sideline, fucking big mill up in the middle of it. And then uh, even Zahid was there because his friend was playing up front, and he walked off. He goes, I can't be seen here. Really? I can't be seen through all through all this. Oh, it was hilarious. Deadly. But some good memories around there. So um, we gave the lads a tour as well. Mark Lynch, fantastic stuff. He was showing us all around Tallaght. It was actually brilliant for us as well. I actually enjoyed. I that. actually loved yeah. it because we were like, yeah. I knew what we would. We were getting walked around. this thinking, I'm gonna love this because yeah, we've never actually yeah. done it. Yeah, I've been in the yeah. tunnel a million times doing interviews, but I've never actually gotten the tour. And I went by the junior hoop, and I was like, I finally got it. But it was a um, tour. It was great to see it on match day and watching everybody buzzing about doing what they need to do and, yeah. and what's going on. It was class and then you could hear the music playing in the dressing rooms and stuff like that. It certainly didn't work on our, our behalf but um, yeah, the tour was great and the lads were really into it. We were telling them a little bit about why the 12 was retired. Mm. Mark was telling them how, how the club was bought and, and mm. just giving them a sense of what being a Rollers fan is about. That's yeah. a fan-owned club. Everyone's yeah. a fan. I was trying Absolutely. to hammer home the point that there's fans involved there's fans behind the background. Everybody is a fan. The board yep. are fans. Everybody pretty much is a fan. Yeah. And uh, the eighteen ninety nine bar was um was go- it was pr- it was hopping, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good cracking the, the track. music was those DJ Dan as usual banging out the tunes. It was fantastic stuff. And prof, you had the curry again. Mm-hmm. Chef Ray, have you ever had Chef Ray's curry? Oh, several times. He's the main top man. Notch. Isn't he? It's top notch. Yeah, he is excellent. Yes, definitely. excellent. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, stuff. I was listening to this segment very closely, so. Now, just on the topic of uh, of Chef Ray, his, his father said we have to give a big shout out to David Clark living in the Hague. So that's him, um, presumably a hoops fan, and a uh, big shout out to Dave in the Hague. So uh, also a shout out to his father for popping in during our interview. We had a vacuum cleaner. Trying to hoover the floor in the middle of the interview. And you know what? And slowly he, tried his, out. he tried his best to make no noise. He actually made more noise. <laughs> he, was, he was trying to make it, make it funny. He's a, he's, a, he's a top lad. Oh, very senior. He's a class act. And um, yeah, so uh, finally a couple of sing songs as well in the bar. It was kind of quiet for the last while. Yeah. And uh, with Bill Gleason as well. And uh, he must have seen it in the bar, because he sent the question in. He said, who sold you the sheepskin jacket? <laughs> <laughs> John Motson, was it? Bill yeah. yeah. Gleeson, he's, uh, he's quite the cheeky chap, I tell you, isn't he? He's trying to ruse you as well. He's trying to take your 100 quid off you. No, I got off of it. And uh, the pitch was looking great in fairness as well. It was like a snooker table. And, uh, mm. did remind it remind you of Milton? Yeah, remind you of Milton. Yeah, yeah. 
Was the pitch, even though we've never been there, so mm. was the pitch bigger than the one in Tallaght or was it smaller in Milltown? I think it was probably around the same size. Yeah, yeah. big pitch. You, when you yeah. think about it, yeah, I it's around the same. There was right in the far corner, we used to call it a Hardy, Cor- Hardy Kenny corner. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was There was just a little small bump there, just in the far corner. And, yeah. uh, um, that was the only really bad patch of it. Yeah, when we played Celtic there it was that's unbelievable right. it was, it was, remember Danny I think it was Danny McGrain yeah. at the time and he said like he, he played for Celtic played. all over Europe and, never, and he said he'd yeah. never played on a pitch like it it was no. absolutely and I mean it was, it was incredible how well it was kept I, I don't know I don't know on the night on the night that we, when we played there it, it actually looked greener than it ever looked mm. Mm. I don't know what that was about it was I just one of those nights yeah, yeah. it just no, looked magical it was magical, really really yeah, nice really did. it was incredible you did an interview there recently with the Foyu.e and yeah. uh, something jumped out. You said that you played all your five sides on the car park, on the car park. So out in the t- in the tarmac, you were on your runners <coughs> because the groundsman wouldn't let you do anything no, more than you, you just were, a bit you, of crossing and shooting. Well, we used to we used to go in Saturday morning, of course, because in the games were on Sunday, and we used to go in Saturday morning and. Um, How many nights would you, would you week? Would well, you Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday morning, and that was it. Then that was it. Yeah. But again, at the time, at the time, the lads, they knew they had to do a little extra. Yeah. So you always done your extra bit, and that'd be the the extra bit that you do. Right. Behind the scenes, with going to the gym, or well, I never went to the gym. <laughs> but going and going for a run or something yeah. like that. So the fellas mm-hmm. could try and keep themselves as, as best they could and, and as fit as they could, and we probably were quite fit team mm-hmm. at the time, you know. But uh, yeah, playing in the yeah. car park was. Was it was a it's unbelievable? We did, there was a big um, grass corner in there as well, and you kind of had to play around it nearly, you know. And, uh, <laughs> so you'd be on your runners in the tarmac. Yeah, on, on we used track. to bring our runners yeah. in, and we go out on the pitch. And was it just, all contact? Would it be? That would be just it, it'd be only the fellas that could play football, yeah. you know. Like there, McKay would never play in it. There was one stage. There was one stage that he, he actually was, played. He, he, in. he couldn't pass water. No, he, he actually played in it. He actually played it and tackled, uh, tackled the uh, the grass court. Yeah, and, the and, grass and court. He actually tackled the grass court. The ball went in and he was going in after somebody. He went in and made a kick and he hit the grass court or something like that. And he, I think he did damage his ankle. But he, and but anyway, he uh, he didn't play and that. You just pop in and talk to Jim. Yeah, he'd have tea. a little word with Jim and see what we're going to do the next day yeah. and whatever. You know, but, but we were only. Isn't it amazing though, Mick, when you think about like what, what you're saying? Like that's it's a very very short amount of training. Mm. Isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, like I remember looking at that Robert's team, and like you're right, what you said, like they were, you were a very, very fit side. I mean, you never ever saw that team like last ten minutes. Jesus, puffing and puffing. never, never. I think, know, I think most of the time, the, the the lads that we had, and they had this mentality of of making sure that they looked after themselves. Yeah. And it was kind of, it was kind of bred in you nearly, you know, at that stage. Even though it was with, with Shelburne and Balls before that. You you're, you're you felt you were a, a professional footballer when you signed it, although you were d- down mm. as a you know mm. semi professional footballer. But when you went to that level, you you had to keep yourself right. You know, you it was a little bit of mentality as well, though. It's yeah, like the yeah. group that was there. Yeah, you kind of pushed yourselves, wasn't yeah. it? Was it like that? Well, it, everybody pushed everybody. Yeah, but it's you hard know. to get a group like that. Isn't it? It's hard to get a group of winners like that. Yeah, we we, we talked earlier about having winners. I, I I'd say there was you know over team that we had there was definitely six or seven fellas that would put it up to you if you weren't doing it that's what I'm saying that's mm. what I think we're lacking at the moment very much so I, yeah. I can't see I, I, I'll be honest I can't see anybody 
grabbing anyone with a scruff of the neck and they're yeah, mm-hmm. giving them a bollocking and saying, listen, no. get your fucking finger. Yeah, well, this is, yeah, that's, that's, it seems it's, like they were all very quiet in that dress. Exactly. Room, you know I, mean? yeah. I don't be a fool yeah. in the wall just to see. That's just yeah. our perspective. That's, mm. well, it's true. We could be totally wrong, yeah, but well, that's how we feel. I don't know what goes on yeah. in the dressing room, but from the outside looking in, that's exactly the way that's it looks, exactly to be honest with you. When I arrived at Rovers, I was I'd been playing with Shelbourne and I was doing really well and I was scoring a few goals and I was playing with probably one of the best centre forwards at the time was Paddy Joyce Um, and Paddy was a class class act and I was playing with Paddy and we were were scoring a couple of goals but I I signed for Rovers when I signed for Rovers um, I thought it was Billy Big Bollocks you know to be honest with you Um, because yeah yeah, I had had the same haircut as you um, the Russian hat yeah yeah and uh, you know you, you think you think well at the time you, you sign for Rovers and you, you say right well that's it I've I've got it made like and the first I remember the, the, the I first I think that still exists the first game it does, you're, you're bang on there it does mm-hmm. and I arrived and um, Booker had gone mm-hmm. and Campbell he gone was, was a Belgium he went to yeah Campbell was, was sent Campbell went to Spain sent down it? there yeah and but he Campbell was still there and there was talk of moving on but I played my first game anyway and you, you know you play with Shamrock Rovers and you put on this green and white jersey you think you're fucking it like you know mm-hmm. it's, it's Manchester United uh, yeah. you know you're over here so I arrived and I could get in the dressing room at half time or win a 1-0 get in the dressing room at half time and McLaughlin te- always takes his time getting in the dressing room because right. he thinks about what he's going to say yeah. when he gets mm. there takes his time getting there and I'm fucking pinned up against the wall by Pat Bourne this is no word of a lie <laughs> and Pat will tell you this I'm pinned up against the wall by Pat Bourne saying you get your fucking should I be yeah no course yeah. Not, yeah. Um, get your fucking arse together or else you're out here he says if you don't want to do it get your bag and fuck off out here now this is before Jesus. McLaughlin actually got into the dressing room <laughs> no way so that's what you had you had those characters yeah. Yeah. so at the time then you start I went what have I been doing? You thought you were playing well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what have I been doing? Yeah. And he just said, "Fucking do that again, and you're 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 out here, you know. Yeah. Get your bag now. If you want to fuck off, fuck off." <laughs> and I says, "Right, fair enough." So the second part again, I didn't know what I was fucking getting the ball running where I was running. Didn't know what to be doing. And then I kind of got 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 to a stage as we got into the the season, you know, that couple of games coming in, where to be running, where not to be running. Because he said, this area is my area when we get the ball here. So I had to learn all this. Yeah. Mm. So, he, so he was at the teach and half the, half the players on the pitch. This is what we're doing. right? Yeah. This is what yeah. McLaughlin wants. This <clears throat> is what we're doing. And within, within a couple of weeks, within a couple of weeks, I knew exactly where peeling off and all that peeling yeah. off. And then, as you said, Noel Larkin arrives. Yeah. And I'm saying, I'm thinking what you were thinking. Mm. Who were you playing up top with before that? Um, they, well, they had a couple of bodies. They yeah. put a couple of bodies come in. Paul McGee had Paul come McGee, in. Paul McGee, never no, no concrete anyway. Yeah, no, nobody, nobody, no. nobody solid. Like you know, and we no. were, there was a few fellas come in, and there was a f- couple of lads. But then Noel arrived, and like I'm, I'm sure everybody was thinking like you. Even mm. players were thinking yeah. like you. Yeah, saying well, Noel's coming out because he was tired. Yeah. Yeah. Noel's coming out was tired. Awesome. Yeah. He was, oh, he was awesome, wasn't he? He was. He was unbelievable. And I got on a great run because yeah. I, 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 and you're, you're talking about how well we done together. Yeah. For me, it was, for me, it was, 
I knew exactly where he was, yeah. and he yeah. knew exactly where I was. How um, and what, what? What do you think was behind that? What was the key behind that? Why was that the case? Well, how, do, how did you play so well? Because because after the game, I talked to him. Yeah, yeah, and we talked about like. You just clicked, was it? Yeah, we just clicked, and we talked about how how the game went. What did you think? Blah blah blah, and that just built on and built on and built on. And then we were kind of like, I actually went down to Noel's uh, Noel's house in that long. We just talked all day about football and stuff like that, and we got to know each other so well that we knew exactly what we were doing. That's what we're pals. That's what I was saying earlier, Mick. Like from a fan's perspective, looking at the games, you know, we could actually see that level of. Was needy, you know, telepathy. You could actually mm. see it because no one would have to have the ball, <coughs> and you'd be in the position. Mm. Vice versa. It just it was like clockwork. Mm. It was absolutely like clockwork. It was, it was incredible to see. Yeah. I suppose it's, you know, like we, we've never really since yeah we've had Twig Baker I suppose, but mm. like it's 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 the one thing we're sadly missing, isn't it? Like a, a, an out. Should we only play one of top? It's just yeah, I know, yeah. I know, do you know what? I talked to my son a lot about football. Everybody's involved now. The wife's involved. Yeah, yeah. I had the, nearly the whole gang there, and I'd, I'd be talking to my missus as well. And there, they two, my missus loves four four too. And I said it to mm. Jaden as well. Jaden saying to me, even this morning, he says, "Why don't we play two up top?" I don't yeah. have to tell him. I, I, but I, I'm he looks saying, like, I'm hundred percent behind. Yeah, there, I, I think maybe I'm, I'm just old school from you, you know from watching teams over the years, and like uh, to me, four four. I just think we have the players for it. We do. But you see, we, we are Shamrock Rovers. We should be. We 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 should be playing the style of football that Shamrock Rovers deserves, right? Mm. And we should be so good at doing that, mm. where. People arrive and you're talking about balls coming the other night and balls come and they, they can't wait to get back there again. Oh, they, they, they can't wait. So yeah. we should be a, a really a force, a four four two. that this is the way we play, mm. not the yeah. way everybody else plays. That you seems to be the case, there, isn't it? Earlier, the only thing we've actually tried Shaw and Carrot Fund was in Oriel Park Oriel for about Park. 20 minutes. We were 2-0 down. We pulled them back. We actually scared them. Mm. Gave them quite a fright. Mm. Haven't tried it since. Do you think the only way Carrick keeps coming deep for the ball? Those are the three mm. He's yeah. a really skillful player. He probably made two of our best chances yeah. against balls. If he had someone to work with, like, I think he, so. I think he did he's like quick, a pirouette at the end of the game. As, he's quick as well. Uh, mm. He's quick getting mm. in behind as well. He's, his runs are excellent. In fairness, yeah. Gary Gary wins every header that's yeah. played up. Ball sticks yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying that we should go back to the Larkin and Bourne time, but I think that the the lads are good enough to play in a four four two. I just don't believe that we have that guy that can play in that ten role. Mm. I just don't think we have a, a guy. That can I play had a, that I, sort of I was talking on a WhatsApp group, and some people thought I was mental, but I I think the first I think the best ten we've had for for years was Brandon Mille in the mm. first two seasons. He was there. He was excellent. How many goals he got for Shamrock Rose? Over forty. He's over forty goals in maybe one hundred twenty, thirty games. Like that's a goal See, every three many, games. Yeah. Nearly. It's, do you remember how good he was in the first mm. two seasons? The people think I'm yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I'm baffled at how we can't get the best out of Brandon Mealy. Yeah. Look mm. at the goals he scored. He's, he's our joint top goal scorer against Bowles with Trevor Malloy. He, he's one of the best players in the league mm. on his day. I think. Having yeah. said that, he shouldn't have come on in that game. No, he shouldn't. Have come on he's, no, he's, he's rusty. No, he's rusty. No, no. Like, I mean, it was oh, trying out for Gary Shaw. Yeah, yeah I think so. wasn't it? Like, like, I mean, you know, like he's at, he was sprung from the bench twice, scored twice. The other night, it was just trying out for him. So we'll move on now, and we'll talk about the flags on the new south stand. And um, 
Apparently there was a there was no room. That's what the case was because we were mm. saying it looks great. We, I thought they put more on, but apparently there was there was no more room. So maybe in hindsight, it didn't look great in TV because they were so high up and you couldn't make it out. Maybe if you put mm. it on the blue boards yeah. on the bottom, it would have picked it up better. But yeah, but uh, no, it was, a, it was a great idea. And you were calling the flag gate. Flag gate. Yeah, yeah, this new the new stand will be open soon enough. Forky Forky is supposed to fish out his all day a California Republic flag. Yeah, but he never did. He has a life size. Um, cut out of Mussolini in his kitchen. <laughs> Is that for real? Yeah, yeah, Has he? Yeah, he's a madman. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. So we were wondering if it was behind yeah. that maybe or draped around El Mussolini. Yeah. And but uh, I was saying he should. There should be an episode on his house of Harders because it would be Jesus, one of the best yeah. episodes you ever yeah. see. The junior whose post box was set up there, where you can send all in your questions to the players. Questions such as why and how. <laughs> yeah, I think a couple of those. <laughs> I think we all might be posting that. Have, have, have you ever heard of 442? Uh, <laughs> so the flags, yeah, that was excellent. And the team sheet came in. We were uh, actively waiting for this, in fairness. I was um, I was hoping it would come in a little bit quicker. So the team sheet came in, and we had Ethan Boyle and Dan Carroll back from injury. <clears throat> and Joey O'Brien, a centre-back in a flat-back four. Aaron Bulger and Aaron Green started so pleasantly uh, surprised by Aaron Bulger I feel like Aaron Bulger was, was starting I didn't think he did a lot wrong to be getting the hook at half time he was in a defensive role that probably doesn't suit him would you agree with that? he likes to run the ball yeah he likes to uh, I just think that the, the lads that play in the middle can be probably in the wrong position mm-hmm. that way you think of and you, you think of Ronan Finn I don't think Ronan is that 10 role you know I just think he's better playing in that central midfield yeah. mm. box to box yeah, yeah yeah yeah, and I just think the, the position of the play is just a little bit off for me yeah. you know mm. Grace was suspended he played every minute up to that point yeah, yeah. So, yeah. He, he wasn't badly missed I mean we weren't torn to shreds no, it wasn't the case no. of that. It was just they they won every breaking ball. They did. They won yeah. every second yeah, ball. They did. They they mm. they had us in twos and threes every time. They were yeah. hustling. They were hustling. And they yeah. really did just work hard for it, and they deserved the win at the end of the yeah. day. Uh, the ultras display was uh, I thought it was fantastic as well. It was it was great. We were walking mm. up to the stand. The smoke was everywhere, and it was a real sense of an occasion. It was delighted for the lads who were coming yeah. with the yellow white curious because it was a real sense of occasion, mm. and. Um, Brian here in commentary he was like, I'm after getting some pyro on my eye. But yeah, so he was. Um, yeah, the ultras display. Uh, they got quite poetic with it. Yeah, so the crowd as well. It was uh, four thousand one hundred and fifty. So healthy, healthy crowd. I think it was more than that though. Seemed like a lot. It was cracking. It looked more than actually, didn't East, it? East Ham was great. Yeah. It was actually really tense beforehand. Did you get that feeling? Oh man, yeah, I was loving yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it that's was. what you want. Yeah, it starts absolutely. on Monday for me, and the Monday yeah. it starts for me, build it builds up. Yeah. It starts going on, you start yeah. thinking about what team you're going to play, yeah. and, and the whole build up the whole week, and then on the day, you're having a few drinks early and settling there, absolutely. and you're in the stadium, and it's just building yeah. and building and building, yeah. and then you're looking out the window and you're thinking, oh, could kick off because there was a little bit of an yeah. incident in Fisborough earlier so on that day, the lads yeah. were getting about, it all adds to it. Fair yeah. enough, it's not some people's cup of tea, but it all yeah. adds to the occasion, you know. We weren't in our usual section, Gary, up to the left a bit. No, yeah, we're up to the left. We took over the stairs there. We could make, that, uh, make that our home. We're with a few of your uh, family members. And I said on the show recently that me and Pat Martin are the two biggest fans of uh, Danny Carr. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to take that back because your wife's cousin, Yeah. she was over. And every time he did something well, she would turn back and she would go, 
You see how well my baby's doing? <laughs> Every time. She's London. She's in London. She's hilarious. Her name is Kef. She's over here doing, on a, on a, you could say, a business trip. And uh, she, she, she keeps never her around. She goes, see my baby. <laughs> a bigger fan Danny Carr than me. I can't believe it. Uh, she's offered him free hair, uh, hairstyles for life as well. Um, yeah, so the first half, uh, the breeze. The first time in a while we've had a breeze like that in Tala, wasn't it? I can't mm. remember the last time the breeze was that bad. I think someone turned around and said Danny North's goal against Pats. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm. Blue We've had some windy ones, alright, but just surprising because of all the good weather recently, I suppose. Yeah. And we had Joel Coop strong with a header as well. That was only the first three, four minutes, wasn't yeah, it, the game? Yeah, and um, Lopez as well. Lopez mistake. He let Ward in. And uh, like I said, Ward was, was was great. He's he's a character, and he, he did mm. the business for them again. He's mm. he seems to do it every time. He started around the twenty five in America, so he just started dictating play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He is now technically. We never really, really good. We no. never really got the grips around the night. Like, see, that's uh, that. What he needed there was a clatter. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely clatter from the off. That's why. That's what know. I was saying. Yeah, now we're here. I was, yeah, I was, I was saying yeah. to the prof. I was saying Watts is going to get clattered. That's mm. what they're going to do. They're, they're making yeah. it about. Him. Yeah, yeah. I'd say if I was long, I would say go out there, hit him hard. Yeah, go out there, get the ball, but hit him hard yeah. as well. But I, yeah. that's we had no one in the middle of the park to do that. No, is Finn known as a tackler? No, he's not. No, is is Aaron Bulls are going to do it? Probably, no. but he's still a kid. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we'd no one out there to hit the force tackle and say, right lads, this is our game. Get in their yeah. faces. No one pointing fingers at no. people. No one pushing or, or pinching or yeah, doing that. None of exactly. these little tricks no. anymore. It just didn't happen. Yeah. We don't have those players. No. Why did he always outwit us midfield in these games? Because that first half, why did it always look like they had one or two more players in us? Yeah. In the centre of the park. Yeah, we we seem to be just chasing shadows at, at times. And, yeah. You know, we really did. Stand when that happens, it really, yeah. really frustrates. Carr did set up uh, Aaron Green for a chance, but he kind of. He was being challenged by the Bowes defender, so he kind of swung him. He had the beating of Pender every time. He had the beating yeah. of, of most of the defenders every time. And when he did beat them, we'd no options. We'd no one mm. there to back no. him up. Like I think towards the end of the second half, he did a, like a pirouette type thing out on the, the left, mm. shooting into the new stand. And he left him for dead. That was brilliant. That was excellent. It didn't result in anything. It melted to nothing because there was no one there to help And he scored one of the most outrageous goals I've ever seen yeah. in a derby, which mm. no one will remember. Because that's when we lost two one. Yeah, ninth ninth minute. The high flying kung fu back heel, wasn't it? Mm. Mm. Did you even forget that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. There yeah. you go. Yeah, it's forgotten. Absolutely. Um, we um, they they had a lot of joy down our right hand side, and mm. um, but, uh, I thought Boyle was was getting roasted. He was every he was. time, and like yeah, even for the goal, we'll talk about the goal in a while. But look back yeah. on that goal, we had no fullbacks to be seen. No, where it was where it was, but Boyle for that. <clears throat> I mean, positioning, our position is shocking. And he, yeah. he didn't offer much going forward either. No, so he didn't. He had no. a poor game. Yeah. And was, was Green possibly a fault there too? Because he was, where, he was could, Yeah, but Green is supposed to be a dig out. Yeah. And every time, like, mm. it was just obvious. Hit them out where where Boyle is. He's he's getting roasted every time. They and he's doubling up on him, weren't they? Doubling up on him big time. Yeah, and what did I say to you at the start? I said, Leahy and Devney, we'll, we'll handle these. I tell you what, that Leahy fell as a good player. He's only 18, mm. isn't he? The left full. Had a great yeah. game. But uh, once again, Ward was influential, and he ran the show in the middle of the park. And him and Buckley, uh, I think Stokes was out wide as well. They did well, and they were just stopping us in the midfield and hitting us. And we weren't winning second balls. We weren't winning anything. It was a gutless, cowardly display Boyness. once again, two in a row, and uh, it's, it's not good enough. I mean, how can they? How can they justify that? Personally, 
I, I, maybe you might, you might disagree, but I think they should make some sort of donation to the fans of their wages. That's Sligo did it. For the, Sligo did it. So why yeah. not for the last two weeks? Like yeah. I said about last week, a lot of fans put a lot of time into this yeah. and work extra hours and get time off work. Like the pro, the profits getting time off work for this, cutting doing half yeah. days. Same myself, cutting wages just to go to these games. Sometimes yeah. you work extra, sometimes you work less. You're working extra to get the wages up to go to the games, and yeah. sometimes you're cutting your day in half just to get to the game. Uh, you know, you're, you're down wages. Yeah. And I, I don't think these fellas know what it's like. No, I don't think they do. And I mean, look, at uh, we were saying earlier on, like, I mean, you know, a derby is a derby, and I mean, the, it can it can swing either way. And but like, if we walked out that gate here tonight, and okay, if we're beating one 0 or two one, whatever. But I was saying to Carl earlier on. Like if 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 you had if you knew hundred percent that if you looked at that game and every Rovers player they left everything on that pitch blood sweat and tears you'd hold your hand up and say yeah. well you know what okay you're beaten it's a Dublin derby that's the way it goes and you move on but there's no way anybody can honestly say that we left mm. everything out on that pitch during night probably only and Joey I mean, O'Brien yeah Joey possibly but I mean, it, yeah. again if you were playing a really really good both side it'd be one thing but you look at the caliber of player. That we have, and you look at the caliber of player that balls have. Yeah, if eleven Joe Subs, we're we're full time professionals, and they're basically jumped up Leinster senior yeah. league. So in in the in the sense that they're the lads, they're they're working during the day and they're training maybe a couple of nights a week. Yeah, and we we're training every day, well yeah. five days a week. I mean, look what we have at our, our disposal. Yeah. And I go back to the back, back to the whole wages thing. I'm not saying that they should just give us the cash. I'm saying it'd be no, nice for them to make some gesture. sort of gesture. Yeah, to absolutely. the fans for an appreciation. Mm. Put like maybe book two buses for a Sligo game, you know. And there, yeah. there you go. There's your bus. There's yeah. your buses for you. Hundred percent. You know something like that. It just it feels like something needs to be given back. Yeah, because I mean, I think after the. Debacle in Sligo, or sorry, in Draw the last week. You know there was a level of expectation there that look at this is this is their way of coming back, so to speak. But just it was absolutely it was just it was such a spineless performance. It was mm-hmm. stomach churn, stomach churn. <clears throat> so um, we have the we move on to the second half and half time. Aaron Bulger was whipped off for. Bulger. Actually, he wasn't right on half time. It was about five minutes in. Five minutes in, yeah. I didn't see what he did wrong then for that for that like if that's mm. the case right I actually don't get that substitution so why did he give him five minutes if you're going to do, do uh, what, a half yeah, time why did he give him five minutes like, what did he do wrong in those five minutes I'm actually yeah. going to watch that back I watched it back on TV and they cut to uh, Greg on the bench on the 46 minute and already he was unzipping the jacket get ready to come so on so why give him five minutes why not do it at half time I thought Greg was actually good when he came on I thought you gave it a bit of impetus. He is. He did a lot of finger pointing and a lot of. Uh, no, in fairness, he, he got us going a couple of times. He played some nice balls. He has a Jelka's train. Got us moving. Mm. We had that good little ten minute spell, which they then scored and immediately scored after us. from it. Yeah. yeah. But it's 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 very frustrating. Um, with Carr with a fantastic effort, I thought it was sailing into the top corner. Yeah. Mm. It was it was a volley or was a it was a straight. It wasn't a volley straight from across. I think it hopped forward. I think it was a half volley. Yeah. Either way. It was an excellent effort, and I, I could just see it sailing into the top corner. And yeah. um, we'll go with the goal now. And it was the 68 minute. It was on Stokes, and I'll, I'll have to watch it back again now because I didn't get a chance to. I'm not sure how it actually came about. Ward getting through like that, but it was an excellent it was tackle. A mistake from Pico initially. Right, it was so yeah. he redeemed himself. Excellent tackle. It was a brilliant tackle. Yeah. Brilliant tackle. But as he gets up, right, this is what made it even worse. Jaden pointed out to me on the day. Yeah. I, I said no to him. I said no, that wasn't the case. You see, there was that, and then I watched it back and I had to say to him, and so I said, Sorry, you were right. Like he's eight, yeah. But I said to him, You were right. P- as Pico's getting up, Ward grabs his legs, yeah, and he would have got the ball, he would have he made the tackle. It was a foul. So as he was getting up, 
Ward is it? There you go. One's Jeez. thinking on his feet. He's yeah. he's good when it comes to these things. Yeah. Yeah. Ward grabs his legs and Pico stumbles and Stokes just buries it. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a foul. We didn't get the rub of the green. Kerr didn't spot that on commentary. I watched it back. <coughs> no, no, he's normally eagle-eyed. Yeah, he doesn't say anything. Oh, obviously, he wouldn't say it though. He's, he's actually <laughs> a very anti-rowers lately, to be honest. He is, yeah. And then we had seventy-fifth minute with the double sub with the two Brandos coming on for Aaron Green and Sean Cavanagh. Someone said that Shaw was injured in the warm-up. That's I don't know. I, heard, I don't yeah. know how true that is. But it would make sense yeah. because I can't understand why he wouldn't bring Shaw on in the last twenty minutes. Yeah, because Carr was obviously tiring. Yeah, and he normally does swap those two in the last twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that's the case. It's a different story than if if that's the case. Because yeah. we did, we looked defeat at the end. We did that. We made mm-hmm. one chance at the end, wasn't it, with uh, Brandon Cavanaugh? Oh, was we, true. We, we do you know what they probably look like score at the end? Yeah, more more than anything. Um, with the yeah, with the, the ninety minute last ditch tackle on Cavanaugh. Yeah, it was just a it was a bad day at the office mm. again, and um, embarrassed and tell it again. Embarrassed and tell it again, and it just made it even worse. The whole social media side of things as well. But Bowles put up a buttercup straight after the actual Bowles account. They put up a picture of a Yeah. They put a picture of Keyward holding the, the corner flag up uh, saying we own Tala. It was just a, it was, it was uh, yeah. horrible 48 hours yeah. so, on social media anyway so mm. uh, the Prof you've got some lovely stats for us <laughs> I normally have nice stats but nothing good to say here so. that's last week or the worst ever yeah they were pretty horrifying right? <laughs> I don't know if they're going to get any better no but some people were saying it was the first time in ages we didn't beat them in the whole season but we actually didn't do it in 2013 or 2015 I don't know how people have forgotten that remember those bad runs under Crowley yeah I remember them, yeah didn't beat them last season but it is the first time since 2008 that they beat us three times Jesus in one year and um, didn't even play ball three times in Eurodemic no only twice no we, yeah. we played them in the cup and beat them in the cup as well so yeah. that's three times yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well we can we talk about that let's talk about that yeah let's move on what's, what's it like? let's go back yeah honestly <laughs> like, even once again my, I, was, I was watching all derbies on YouTube and Jaden came in to me and he goes really I was like, what? And he showed me the search. The search history goes, you're sitting there watching the derbies. <laughs> After that. But I was just watching it back and I, d- I don't know why I was doing it. I was just looking, I, w- I was looking back on, I was trying to get a feel to see if they were always up for it the way they were and they mm. were, they are. For the last couple of years, Bowls have always been up for it the way yeah. they have been on yeah. Friday night. Oh, absolutely. Always yeah. in our faces, always yeah. up again. Like they really, Listen, I don't yeah. think that ever changes. I, no. I mean, I know looking at the other night, or being up there the other night, it did look that we weren't up for it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think that ever changes that we're not up for it. But there's definitely, there was definitely something wrong the other night that yeah. we weren't we you, weren't you, at the races. You'd imagine like it's not a team talk a manager needs to give if it's Rovers and Bulls. You know, no. because players know, no. like, I mean, you know from playing in League of Ireland how big the Rovers Bowls is even you know from the outside you know it's it's huge so like you mean you shouldn't need you shouldn't need a manager to give you a team talk well, yeah, or Rovers Bowls you, you just put it on the blackboard yeah Sherbrock yeah. Rovers V Bowls yeah, exactly. that's that's the, that's yeah, the managers yeah. Yeah. he just manages that is yeah. it a case of them just going through the motions or is it like you said before, Mick. I don't know whether where uh, enough players. I don't know whether enough players believe that they play for Shamrock Rovers. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know. They don't, they don't know. That's what, it what means. I think could be a problem. They don't know. Where, they don't. They never. They haven't got. They haven't got held up against the wall like I did. Yeah. <laughs> who's gonna right? do that? And who's gonna do it? Yeah. yeah. 
So I don't think they have that. You just let the, just let the lardy uh, bus park the lardy bus at the front of the <laughs> shop and then let them in. But uh, also people are asking about uh, Brazzers league, rec league record. So see what you think of this. Played 78, 136, drew 15, lost 27. That's in two years. But what what's here's the thing? What is an acceptable percentage rate as regards to r records? Like what? Let's say for instance, what was O'Neill's like? That's what you you'd have to be able mm -hmm. to compare it because his was fifty five percent. So he won fifty four percent of games. Mm -hmm. No one's come anywhere near that since. Well, actually, mm. no. Actually, Fenlon wasn't too far off. Actually, I think about Fenlon. Mm. Really, percentage wise, yeah. So on, the, on paper, anyway, Fenlon. But uh, in Ball's games under Bradley, it's uh, one three drew one last five. And uh, Tommy Kelly says he only saw 30 minutes of the Ford Derbies this season, so I actually envy him. <laughs> yeah, yeah look at him. Well, here's a, <clears throat> my most scariest stat, I reckon, of all season. In all competitions since the start of last year, we've gone behind in 34 games. So whether we can see the first goal or not, just whatever, fell behind at any, right. any point. So we were losing at 34 times at one, t at one stage. At any right. point, we've been behind 34 times. The result of those 34 games, 1-1. Drew two, last, last thirty one. Jesus Christ! That's 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 tells its own tale, really, doesn't it? Mm. That's shocking. There's no dressing that up. There's no. absolutely no dressing that up. There is no oh. fight in this team. Mm. And is that, that does that come down as you talked about about characters? It has to be. Does that come to, down yeah. to the Pat Bournes that grab you against the wall? It has that to could be. be that could be the Dermot Keeley I'm telling you there's nobody in there like a, a does that I think 100% agree with you there. Mick you, you go no behind and obviously the heads just drop and you can't, that's you it can't, you can't you fucking share my brogues you can't yeah. you, your head what is wrong with this team that they, they've no fight in them they've, they've no fight in them he's proved it 33, 34 games two, two draws one win mm -hmm. from behind 31 times We've been behind it. We just limped, absolutely limped shocking. to defeat. It's not good enough. That's that's mm. shocking. That does come back to and the you know that. like when look at when you hear Bradley doing his interview and saying we're making progress. If, do you know what? Progress. We're actually not because we're not. We as regards been? as a club, I think we're progressing fantastically. As regards mm. to, like people seem to throw the road stone in Bradley's face, where I think that's wrong. Because if you talk about any good academies all over the world, nobody ever compares yeah. their academies to the force team. No one ever throws it in their mm. face about their yeah. academies. Robert Goggins made a There's really no good There's no point. Post. Fantastic, chat, so fantastic yeah. chat. So oh. I wish people wouldn't be so cynical as to throw Rose Stone in like Brad's face. I don't know how many posts I read on Saturday or maybe even even last night saying, oh, we're all right, the 19s won't. Like, what's... It, mm. They're separate entities. They're not mm. connected. Yeah, the publicity of our academy has been consistent. We, we publish the results every Saturday. We do the photos and the reports. Mm -hmm. We're not going overboard because we're losing. It's been consistent. Yeah. I just don't think that people should be throwing it in the face of, of whoever's in, in charge mm -hmm. to, of the and youth academy. These phrases are invented. Five-year plan. Who said that? I think the FAI said that. Yeah. I don't, no, I think there was. The, the five-year plan is the roadstone, the physical roadstone, as in when it would be finished physically, like the football building, the Astro. Mm -hmm. The, the grass it's not about like five years okay very last five years we're going to win the league we're going to win the cups and then we're going to be Sean Rovers again <laughs> that's not how it is it's an actual physical yeah. building site like that's what I think that's what the five year plan is right the Rose will be done in five years your football building will be here your dressing room will be here everything is going to be spick and span and look mm. great that's what it is the five year mm -hmm. plan people are getting it completely mixed up if you want to give the manager a pound and over his in game management and the record that I just mentioned now that's fine he's under extreme pressure for a reason 
I just don't yeah, see yeah, why like, we lump Brawlstone no, at the whole. But I mean, I presume when Bradley is doing the interview and he's saying about we're making progress, I presume in his head he's talking about on the pitch. Hmm. Don't we ever mix up the two? You're right. You know I mean, it has to be. But I mean, again, if you if you like if you if you're talking about progress, as I said, we finished what hmm. twenty two points was it behind Cork last yeah. season and twenty four now. Twenty four now with what eight games to go, yeah. or whatever the case. So and without the cup, the first division side hmm. in the first rounds. So, I mean. That's not progress. Yeah. It's not but the progress. cup is the big so, thing. I mean, but the thing is, as well with the academy, that's Robbo's baby as well. That's mm. him. Yeah. That's, that's Shane Robinson. Yeah. That's him. Mm. He he answers for that. Is what people's concern is that money is being taken away from the academy or to the academy and then away from our first team budget. But we just signed Dylan. One hundred percent don't believe that. That's that's wrong. We Let just pinched Dylan Watts ahead of them. Yeah. Doc. That's one hundred percent wrong budget. because our I budget. The owner, I don't think the owner would would. Agree with that? At all no, not at all. That. You're right, and it's the the first team budget is extremely yeah. healthy budget. We know yeah. that. It's a, yeah. a, it's it's yeah. one of the best budgets in the league. No way would they take money no. away from the mm. from yeah. the first team for the academy. Yeah, I mean uh, it, like that, that. Is, that is sorry. That's that actually the truth. They don't yeah. do that. Yeah. it's probably one of the best academies in the country. It is the best moment. academy, hundred percent. And I've seen it. My my young lad plays in. Rovers team and on the nines this year. Mm. I think it's I think it's Graham I think Graham Barrett is the manager. And they're absolutely stunning. Mm. Unbelievable. And I've seen them at most levels as well. Mm. And for Rovers to do that, right, think about how long Joey's are set up, how long Belvoir set up, all mm. these top-class mm. teams, how long they've been set up. And it took them to get to where they are. Rovers have done that in the space of three or four mm. years. Now, this is, we're talking about the Rollstone here, not about the Force team. Mm. And that's where they have to stay separate. They're unbelievable at the moment. How they've transformed that from, let's be honest, Rovers were muck when it comes mm. to DDSL and youth years for years yeah. and now they literally are the best in the DDSL there's no one better as regards to set up as regards to train as regards to the whole the whole the whole shebang everything is top top class and mm. you can't take that away from them and you can't beat them with that stick mm-hmm. for the force team it's, no. it just doesn't yeah. make sense but go down and just check that's, they're separate completely separate but yeah. check it out if you ever get a chance to watch, mm. watch some of them underage mm. teams they absolutely tear teams apart for fun, yeah. and that's th- there has to be a lot of credit for that. Yeah, but but once again, they, they 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 attract they attract all the best all the best kids, players want to go kids, and and, and the, the team that you mentioned there, Kevin's and the likes of them, the Belvo Dayball and Home Farm, they attracted players. The Archer, for, yes, for for years and years yeah. and years, you know. But then when you come to Shamrock Rovers, of course they're going to attract. Yeah. I mean, everybody wanted to play for Shamrock Rovers. Mm. Exactly. We finally, we finally have our finger out as regards to our youth setup now, so mm. it's. Mm. Well, I'm but it might, it might actually take a little bit longer than we think about getting players from academy into first team. Yeah. Mm. But it might take I mean, a bit, we've, bit longer. I didn't think we'd have anyone near the first team at mm. all. And Gavin Bazuno is actually yeah. probably. He's been with us since he's under ten. Yeah, I'm nearly sure it's under ten. So he's he's the first graduate, you could say. Yeah, and and like I said, that's that's only going to make it even better. People are going to look at that and say, like, if you're a football man, your son's really good. You're going to look at Bazuno and say, they're giving them chances. You're going to look at he that young lad that played with a couple of different teams. He played with Fairhouse Carmel. You heard that, yeah. And he played with Kevin's. Oh, was he he with Kevin's? He came Kevin's the Shamrock Ball. Didn't know that. So, but again, he, like he's being brought up the right way, and he's worked hard. And, and in fairness to the the people in the academy, they do work hard, and they get yeah. the best out of the players. And I mean, every player wants to sign for Sean McGrawers yeah. in the academy yeah. as well. Yeah. So, but that's oh, talking about the first team. You can't, yeah, you can't look at the academy and think right. We've we've the first team. We, they're they're two separate. Yeah, completely separate. agree. We're just separate. Yeah. 
But with um, at the end of the game as well, those Bowls fans they were ironically singing along to build me up World Cup afterwards and. Uh, like we said, keyword with his photograph as well. Mm. So it was just it was a, it was it a was rotten a, weekend. It was a great photo, I suppose, from their point of view. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was sort of nearly iconic from their point of view, wasn't yeah. it? The sickening, sickening for us, obviously. But in fairness, is a cracking photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Maybe um, the next derby, we should stick that photo on the wall. Because I'm, 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 I'm told that works. Playing against, will it mean? I don't think so. Do they care? I honestly don't think so. No, I honestly don't think so. They won't bring those problems on them. They're, they're so, not no. bringing the home. They're no, going. I mean, they didn't ruin their weekend. No. Bloody ruined theirs, and all that. Yeah. And uh, Dan Fulham had a rave in the suite afterwards. So at least, uh, at least we're getting our, our, our <laughs> to get our, in the suite. It was a rave on. So it's a preview of the Sligo bus. DJ Dan, that's the preview of the Sligo yeah. bus. Yeah. Caesar says we're going to, and I quote, "Rave to the grave." Yeah, that's it. We're gonna. Do you know what we said? We're gonna make every away trip a, an occasion. Now we're gonna mm. do something. We're gonna make sure that we get something out of the season because yeah. it's pretty much over. It is. The, the season, the, the, the season is a non-event. The yeah. rest of the season is basically a non-event at this stage, really. So that's what we said. And do you know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to galvanise the support as to regards to actually attending games because it's when when the chips are down is when you, the team needs you. And what, the way I'm saying it is now is that Rovers follow the crest. Mm. If you have a problem with the manager, fair enough. If you have a problem with the players, mm. fair enough. Go for Rovers. Yeah. Mm. You're following the crest. You're following the more. Like, like yeah. I said, it's the way of life. First, go go to the games because of that. Yeah. Go for the company that you keep on the buses. Yeah. Go for the yeah. for the memories that you're gonna make with the Absolutely, lads. Yeah. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah, it's I think now at this stage, because um yeah. the, the season's pretty much a right off. For it us. is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the fans' reaction on the ground was uh, toxic. Toxic, wasn't it? We want Bradley out. Was sung from the rafters. Um. It's, you, it's a tough one. You, you to don't do. like, in, in a way, you don't like washing your dirty linen in front of them, but it's understandable the reaction, really, isn't it? <coughs> it's that's is, the, it's 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 probably the worst I've ever seen it. I don't think I've ever heard. Uh, hmm. It wasn't that bad for Crowley. I don't think it was that bad for Nutsy. I mean, it was, I think it was quite a sizable amount. Just about it? to say that. It wasn't just like a lot of fans. 10 lads chanting Bradley yeah. out. Like it was hmm. quite a sizable contingent, it really 100, was. 200, like. Hmm. Yeah. Online. Pretty much the majority of people want the same thing. Rovers chat absolutely exploded. It's meltdown, wasn't it? Meltdown. Mm. Uh, every other, every other hour, there's someone popping up an opinion saying, "Where yeah. is he gone?" You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a horrible situation. Mm. Yeah, so um, we talk about Aaron Green as well. I think um, I, I think he's probably being made a scapegoat. Um, oh, 100% agree. I, I, I actually thought the way he was. Abuse your annoyance was, was horrible. I don't, I don't, I don't think I, I anybody don't. means to miss. I mean, nobody, all football players, they want to play yeah. well. I don't think he, he meant to miss that in Stockholm. I don't of course think not. He, Why would he? You know, I don't no. think he I meant mean, to miss that. I mean, look at, at the end of the day, the last 90% of the Rovers fans, they probably didn't want Aaron Green back after the last time. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I certainly didn't, you know. Um, I think some fans but, have decided already that he's a failure. Yeah, but I mean, we, we, you have to give the guy a chance. You just have yeah. to give him a chance, and Apparently he's not he being given that. From the at the tunnel, really? Yes, yeah, so I heard now. Pal of his works, yeah. works in the job said that he wasn't mm. wasn't too happy. I mean, I'm not sure what it was like down your end of the East Ham, but certainly where I was, I was hard near maybe the halfway line sort of thing, and all through the game, and I mean from early on the game, he was getting getting abuse. He's by no means our worst player in the night. That's the thing. He wasn't. I could understand it if he, if he was quite obvious the worst player for us, but he really wasn't. You no, know, no, I, 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 I made a point. I, I thought Ronan Finn as captain 
he should have taken. He should have been taking that game by the scruff. Yeah, make. no, it he didn't happen. And I, I, just, I thought there's so many games. I, I think there's certain players that are nearly immune. Like they, you know, people once give them stick, but I just I don't know the Aaron Green thing. I just found baffling. I just thought when he was substituted, like a big cheer goes up. And I mean, I just think the whole thing is detrimental to everybody. It's detrimental to the player. And it's just uh, it doesn't it doesn't help any way whatsoever. Yeah, but I I genuinely think that, and we, I I I was a big backer of Bradley. I genuinely think he got it wrong. I think he got oh, his tactics yeah. all wrong. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I didn't watch gave the ball away at least three or four times, yeah. nearly in a row. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He actually started he, well. He started. He was spraying just, the ball around pretty well, and then yeah. he just started giving away. Constantly. Giving it away. And I don't know what that was. Yeah. But was the occasion got to him? I, I, yeah. I don't know. There's what a lot it of pressure was, on the kid. Was, yeah, yeah. Mm. You see the air ad. It was all about him. Yeah, they, they made yeah, it all about the build him. up in the media, the whole lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely thought that we just we, our game manager was absolutely horrendous. Mm. We got it so wrong as regards the formation and bottle and tactics in every way. I don't think we did anything right. No, but mean, like, yeah, but the, the trouble is though, like, are we learning from that though? Mm. That, that's the problem <clears throat> you know are we learning uh, we don't seem to be like, we, we seem to be just getting turned over in games and we don't seem to be learning a lesson from it that's the, that's the game the in, uh, you know? in Stockholm Mick because can you believe this is the same team mm. that we're talking about that incredible performance against AIK yeah unbelievable it's, too, it's like Jekyll and Hyde it is Jekyll and Hyde but did we have on the bench as well let's say Shawzy did pull up had we had we any other strikers was Sean Boyd on the bench I saw him jogging up and down I'm not too sure, but either way, I'm sure we had another striker on the bench. There had to mm-hmm. be you'd you'd, like, you'd like to think we did. Yeah. Mm. So, um, listen, it's. Uh, Is it a case of the team turning up for the Cork, Dundalk, European games, not turning up against the Bows and the Braves or whatever? Jesus, I, I don't know. I don't know. We're all baffled here. We're looking yeah. around each other. Yeah. We don't know what to say. Look, it's, it's, it doesn't take a genius to work out what Roberts and Bowes like. What, what it means to the fans, you know. So like Michael O'Neill was a genius when it came to man management. He was. Against yeah. Teams up for yeah. these games. He knew but how you, to do it. Yeah. You're you're talking about you're talking about the fans. I'm talking about the players. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're not up for it as a player, playing against. Playing, well, playing against any team, but if you're not over, definitely the balls game. If you're not over, the balls, fucking go away. And you know what? Go away and exactly. Yeah, do you know what made me sick as well? They had um, uh, they had the audio of Ronan Finn going back and forth on the air ad saying, "If you're not up for the Rovers and balls game, you shouldn't be a Rovers player." No, you shouldn't. Be. They just on loop over and over and over. Yeah. I'm just getting. Well, you shouldn't be. That's to me. That's it's all wrong if you're not. Like you, you don't you, you were talking about you have to come off absolutely gone ready to go to bed after that match yeah you've got to be and, and if that happens Mick and you're beaten you say like, okay you, 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 you know but you don't mind you don't you, mind that's get, the way it you goes mind, you never mind getting beaten if you're going no. to get 110% whatever, whatever, none of us expect we're going to win every single game against balls yeah. it's going to be swings and roundabouts you're going to win some you're going to lose some but as I said if, if the other night if everything was left out on that pitch, if we saw 110% effort, everybody giving their off that short, you'd say, okay, we're beating. You'd that's how it goes. Yeah. And, and I think that's it. It's not, like we're not annoyed and down the dumps because we lost the balls. Yeah, of course it's shit losing the balls, but it's the manner in which yeah. they did. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, they just came right. and they bullied us. And they're, they're just, at this stage, like they're, they're taking the piss out of us. They're coming to Tala with a spring in their step. They yeah. should become the Tala absolutely shitting themselves. In the, last, really in, the, in the last tour in the last tour of the play they're, they're, in their tour last tour they were just better than us 
they were just keeping the ball all mm. day long and they were just at well one able. stage I think when you talk about keeping the ball I think it was the 70th minute or so they literally kept it for maybe oh, two minutes or two and a half minutes it was embarrassing that's what I mean it went into 20 it. passes 20 it did passes. it did and that doesn't happen I think the last time I've seen somebody keeping the ball for 20 was fucking Leeds back in 70s yeah, yeah. yeah. or us back in the 80s yeah but, like, but if, if that's happened you should don't. be putting him into block M that's what yeah, I, do you know what I was screaming I was saying put him in the East end. yeah should be get stuck in like you yeah. take the yellow take yeah. the yellow card take you, the team just tell you a, a couple of weeks ago we, we went we went to see the Dundalk game myself and Pat Bourne mm. and we went up to the Dundalk game and in fairness the lads they started well but the ball was played in the corner Ronan Fenn went in after right right into the far corner and got tackled mm. and he was put off the pitch right yeah. now he rolled off the pitch got back up they got mm. a free kick for it we put the ball in it was headed out the ball was kicked long and um, I don't know who it was one of their players came onto the ball and he got slapped mm. it was um, Shields said the midfield one of them got, got slapped in yeah. midfield right they hit the deck they were lying <coughs> on the ground as if they were fucking dead <laughs> yeah, yeah. right and within seconds the ball was played out went out went out for a kick the guy that hit him I think it was Lopez right. got a yellow card for hitting a man in midfield yeah the fellow that kicked Ronan Finn in the corner never got even fucking spoke to him. Yeah. So the thing yeah. for me is Ronan Finn should have rolled her off and done a Neymar and rolled right down the fucking <laughs> 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 You know what I mean? Because I feel I feel that we you do they, they, we don't know how how the game is played or how to play do you that know what? game. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not we're not cute enough. There's yeah, another part the of that game. The dark of course, like it was yeah, me. Yeah. It was me, and I got kicked there. I'd end up in the fucking penalty box. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't your wasn't your four in a row team the the master of the dark arts as regards to uh, Pat was a, was a referee. You, well, Pat you refed every game. Yeah, he so, didn't need a referee. So you know, <laughs> you know, you were cute. He, it's all about he actually went cute. out with yeah. a fucking whistle in his hand. Yeah. Like, yeah. He ref that many games. It's just about being cute. It's, it's like for instance, exactly, if you're under yeah. the caution, you get a yeah. free. Take your time, tie your boots, yeah. do something, exactly. yeah. break, yeah. just just all the little. There's a different yeah. part of the game, yeah. and I don't think the lads can no. only like can get off. that. Yeah, can get, but that. they don't know it. But your man gets yeah. your man gets booked in mid in the centre midfield or gets kicked in the centre midfield. He lies down, right, as if he's hurt. The referee runs by him because the ball is still in play. Yeah. He knows who's kicked him. The ball goes out of play. Your man runs back. Gives him the yellow card, he gets up off the pitch and runs as if he's never been. Yeah, like yeah. a yeah. You know what I mean? And he goes, yeah. so mm. but That's go. another part of the game that I yeah. don't think the lads probably we need have to. Clever up. Yeah, exactly. And um, so, Mick, you're at every home game, so you've pretty much seen most of our strikers since Salah. Personally, I don't think we've replaced Twig. And uh, you said that uh, when you were one on one with keepers, you were never frightened of missing. So, uh, what do you think of our modern strikers? Like you, you would have been a confident guy from mm. the goal one on one. So it's something that we don't. It's something as well we don't seem to ever really do is play our strikers in like a true ball or a slide rule ball. Mm. We don't. We don't seem to put true our strikers and go one on one. Yeah, and right. like Danny, Danny kind of seems like a good finisher. We, we can't really tell because he's never. He's never really one on one. Do you know That's what I mean? Strange, so that would have been yeah. your bread and butter. These one on one instances. Yeah. Danny could get on to the end of his own crosses. We'd win three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think? Well, I just, I just think that then you have to look at the at the player. If you're not getting a one on one with a keeper, then you have to think about where your where what your position play is. So you have to be running. You've got to be running in those positions because 
the first thing when you have the ball, the first thing you think of, who am I going to pass it? Yeah. Yeah. Right? So if I'm going to make a run and bend run, you, the first thing you're going to say, he's fucking just bent his run, I'm going to play him in. Yeah. Second yeah. he starts bending well, it. Yeah, exactly. So mm. if there's fellas <laughs> moving around all, all over the park, like, I mean, I had a great connection with Pat Bourne as well after mm. the, the row we had in the first match. Mm. Yeah. You know, but we had a great connection where I just peel off and, and I'd be saying, giving him the eyes, saying, I'm going in there. Like, giving him the me. eyes. Who, yeah. else taught, who else spoke about that? And Tony Cousins and Beach Boy. Yeah. Yeah. They used to say, I give him the eyes on the corners. Yeah. Yeah. I give him the eyes and, and he knows. Yeah. be able to read it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, mean, I love that. Give but the you see, I don't know whether players know that. I don't know whether Danny Carr knows how to do that. So I don't know whether he's getting taught how to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I believe they that. Should, they should be. You know, they, but they, they should be. Days, with the level of coaching they're getting. Yeah, yeah I think you know, that. You but imagine, you see, they, there's but, a lot of coaching getting done and no football getting played. Yeah. But you I know what? It's down to hunger as well. Like you, you genuinely mm. love playing football mm. and... You, you would be a character therefore you'd have a strong opinion on how football should be played mm. whereas I think these players just go on the pitch they go through the motions yeah. they're not genuinely interested in football some of the time maybe, maybe they're not actually football fans mm. they just play football mm. just happen to be good mm, yeah. and they don't watch it they don't study the game Like I'll give you a, a great example Lukey Bourne is a big football man absolutely loves football and I think he is a character within the team he's great for the team but he's not one of those characters that I'm talking about as in like a tough guy but he's excellent in the dressing room yeah. he's a fantastic guy and he really does do a mm. lot for the mm. team he loves football mm. he, he would study football he would he would know a lot about it he'd look at little things like that where I don't think any of the lads really do that they don't I don't think they want to try and up their game and, and do a bit of personal study yeah, as you said it's there's, there's, yeah. Yeah. there's definitely there's definitely another part of, it, uh, of, of football that you have to bring and you're talking about being character I wasn't a big character but I knew exactly I had to bring some part of me into a f- football match a big dressing room yeah. as well I'd say that was intimidating going into that dressing room yeah yeah you wouldn't, you wouldn't go big. in there. It was huge, huge, huge guys. What was, was it like, was it like when you went there? Were you nervous? Were you apprehensive when you first signed? I wasn't because I was Billy Big Ball. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I didn't fucking like a mouse for the next fucking six months after. <laughs> I'd say, do you know what? Pat spotted that straight away. Yeah, he, goes, he did. Billy Big Ball. He did. We're going to pin him up now. Yeah, he did. And, and I mean, you had right. Keely there who who choke you. If, if, <laughs> like, the thing about Keely was that it if you done something wrong in, in front of him, like he, he kind of organised his back four yeah. and his goalkeeper. Mm. Pat organised his midfielders yeah. and his forwards. Yeah. And you had Kinger there as well that was doing a lot of that yeah. as well. So and, and then when the likes of Paul Dillon arrived, he would organise that sort yeah. of stuff. So we yeah. with characters like that, like the likes of Peter X. Peter X would absolutely pulverise you yeah. right in training, you know. And you know you you need to do, you need yeah. to fucking say right I'm with all these guys and these are these are fellas that are just fucking at it. Yeah. They were at it every training session. Yeah, yeah. Every training session, they played football the way they trained. Yeah. And that's fucking so different because they weren't. You know, and, and you, t- you you think about players nowadays all are pinging the ball here and there. Fucking get the ball to him. Don't yeah. worry about pinging it and all yeah, this. Yeah. It's ping was fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Adam Manor spoke about that recently. He spoke about goalkeepers that he's seen in training who are amazing and that they never brought it to the pitch. He said Bazunu was amazing in training mm. and he does it on the pitch as well. He mm. said it's all about bringing it onto the pitch yeah. and that's something that maybe yeah. players struggle with. Mm. Could yeah. be excellent in training. Yeah. Like I remember a guy, he's living in Australia now. I won't say his name just in case he, uh, he doesn't want to know about people know about was winnings but apparently he's our twiggy in training 
and he lumped on the first time he saw him in training for Rovers. Really? He lumped on, put him on first goal scorer, and he lumped on. He got 24 goals in his fourth season, possibly mm. in the 20s. Yeah. And he just said, This fella can finish. Really? Lumped on, and like, that, that was it at the end of it. Yeah. So, yeah. You kind of visited uh, Dermot Keady in Lanzarote? Yeah, I, I, I got a, a message from to, when I am coming out that I have to bring some. Some I was only going to say that. He's, he's, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He he's up yeah, 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 yeah. So I can't go till I get a bit of stuff together. So, <laughs> yeah, I've been told. Right, I have one last question about, about balls. Then we can move on, thankfully. I want to ask Mick something. What do you make of Stephen Bradley's approach to derbies, as in his media comments? For example, this week he says, You don't get four points for beating balls. A lot of people are upset about this, in that we should treat it differently to a normal game. Look at the way Keith Long talked about it. It's like, yeah, they're rivals. It's a big game, blah, blah, blah. Or do you think he's saying one thing to the media and another to the players? And just just as well, one thing as well, which really got me about his comments after the draw of the game, and you comment on this one as well, is that he that he said, now, previously to the draw of the game, they had no game the week before, and they had like two full weeks of training, right? Mm. He said after the draw of the game, the first round of the cup to a fourth division squad, the team after they went out, he said, we weren't prepared. We didn't prepare properly. So. How can you not prepare? So, add, so what do you think of his comments in the media? Well, I, I think there are comments that he has to make to to, to make it to, to smooth it all out. But I'd say in his in his head, is they're not the right comments. You yeah. Know? So I think he has to smooth it out. You know, to to try and please different parts of 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 everybody, whether it's the whether it's the media, whether it's the the the, the crowd, or whether it's people outside of Shamrock Rovers listening to him, he has to try and smooth mm, it out. Sure. When I was Rovers manager, I had to do that as well. You have to you have to learn how to do that as well and not put yourself and not kind of blame blame the players, not blame the staff, not blame yourself yeah. and you yeah. have to spread the blame around more so, you know. And to be honest it's with like you. like a politician, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's a bit of a politician. Yeah. And you have to, you, you, you got to work on that a little bit, you know. Mm. But I think, you know, it's not a big game. <sighs> Fuck me, he knows it's a big game. He mm. knows, he knows fucking Rovers, Bowls is a massive game. It's, to be honest with you, it's the biggest game of the con- in the country. Right. Yeah. Without, is, when, you're, when you're talking about if you talk about Derry and Sligo or, or Drogheda and Dundalk it yeah, doesn't compare it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't compare to <laughs> Bowers Rovers no. you, it does not compare yeah. whatsoever and you know managers have to be very careful of what they say you know, mm. managers have to be very careful. I think. I think he was trying to play it down as it's just yeah. another three points. Yeah, it's, but it's, to the fans, it is. A, it is just another three points. Mm. But it's it's added spice. It's the derby. Yeah. You know, it's more involved than, involved than that. I think he also was being cautious because last year, remember, we were on the cusp of beating them three times. Yeah. And I asked him about that. I said, "Oh, we haven't done that since the 1980s. We haven't done the clean sweep." And he actually talked at length about that. I was like, "Yeah, that'd be amazing to do that against your rivals because mm. we were." high on confidence this time we hadn't beaten them and I think he played a cautious yeah I, I just sort of feel look at he doesn't do himself any favours in the media like he really doesn't and I mean I know it's hard when you're you know you're getting questions for it or whatever but like I mean the thing about like it's if they're cup final for example I mean Jesus Christ what a motivator for them that was it really was you know so he's also saying that again 
No, but that's what I mean. Like, he just doesn't do now. himself any favours in the media. You really are rubbing that one Euro Cup final. I know he's a, as I said, he's a rookie manager and the whole lot, but Jesus Christ, he, he needs a little bit of advice, I think, on the media front. Right, so um, we'll talk about uh, our L.O.I. Curious experiment again. It could have gone a little bit better. You don't say. But um, I was I was really happy with how it went. Results-wise, it could have gone a lot better, but I think... Mm. Uh, I think they genuinely enjoyed the game and the experience that we we we, we gave them. And uh, we're impressed with the off the field, not on the field. Yeah, off the mm. field. Um, but, off, but off the field is half the battle as well. It's like mm. the match day experience is, is amazing. Eighteen ninety nine suite is fantastic. You go in and it's just place was buzzing. You can mm. see everybody's just so into it, and it's it's a unique thing in life because like I, I was telling people about Stockholm, I was like, yeah, there was a good two fifty three hundred of us over there, mm. and we're all there for one reason. Mm. Like you, you'd, you'd get that no way, no other oh, yeah. walk of oh, life. Mm, like yeah. you wouldn't get it on a stag do or anything like that. Yeah. People say, "Oh, there was fifty of us on a stag do." I say, "Yeah, it was three hundred of us." Yeah. Oh, like-minded lads going to Rover because we want to win. It's a, it's a unique yeah, thing. It is, 100%. And um, yeah. I, I think just the players and the staff, they really need to know what and, and buy into that and know that like mm. these people, it's a way of life for them. It is, and and it's the sacrifices as you were saying. Yeah. You know, the sacrifices that people make into it. to to get the games. Whether it's going to Stockholm, whether it's going to Tata Stadium, people yeah. are constantly making sacrifices to make games. You know. But these guys, I don't think they're fans because like like it goes back to me saying that they are jet, but probably they like football, but they're not football fans as regards to they wouldn't be in the terraces. They wouldn't have grown up in the terraces. Mm. Why do we love Gary Twig? Gary Twig's been going on the uh, Celtic away buses since he's 15 and 16. Yeah. Massive Celtic fan. He yeah. knows what it's like. Mm, he yeah. know, you could see the joy in his face when he scored goals. Of course. Mm, he knew. Yeah. Where did he go? Straight over to the Bowls fans. Yeah. And where did he go after that? Over to the oh, East fans. He knew. Yeah. He's thinking, he, he I'm going to rub it in with these and then I'm going to go to yeah. our fans. Because mm. he knows. He's a football fan. Yeah. is a fan. As well. He's a Rangers fan. Or either way, yeah. he's a football fan. He knew. They, but, these guys uh, I, knew. I think like, something like Twig... There's, there's there's very few players I think in all the years I'm watching Rovers, um, there's very few players I always felt that got what the club's yeah. about. Mick got what the club is about because Mick saw it from different yeah. perspectives. He's seen it from yeah. playing for the club, he's seen it from managing the club, and he's seen it from being a fan of the club. Yeah. But there's I could really count on probably one hand the, the amount of players that I really felt over the years got what Sean McGrover's about. Terrible. Got, yeah, it's terrible. terrible. Exactly, it's you terrible. know. And and that's the like I mean I I, I don't know but it's I'd totally to different, isn't it? It's just totally different than any is. other any other club because you, when you arrive at Chamber Rovers, you know people lots of players arrived when I was there and lots of top players arrived there and they just couldn't get it. Yeah, they couldn't get that thing that they're playing for Chamber Rovers. They're just not the way I say it. It's not one of the people. They just they just yeah. don't. Some people just can't get it. It's just not in there. It's their I, 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 I think I mean, but you, I think you can give it to them. You can, you can say you can give them, like, it was given to me. I mean, yeah, 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 exactly. What's, what's, given the, to me. what's the buzz that get, get, gets you done? What's that? For Shamrock Rovers? Yeah. Uh, well, to be honest, at the start of it, it was it was just, it was, I, I was just shocked at, not shocked, I was just amazed at the, the amount of people that were so dedicated. Mm. And mm. like a pal, like I said, he's in Glasgow now, a fellow who got me into it, Kenny Barrett. Yeah. I was, I was <laughs> shocked at how much he went through to go to games. Because we used to work together, we'd be in, I'd be in at 2 o'clock, he'd be in at 6, right? And he'd say, keep it gaffer, tell him we're coming in, right? Never heard this story before, Gary. This story, I love telling the story. <laughs> Kenny B, he's on the way, I'd be saying, tell the gaffer he'd be in, just keep smoothing it over. Tessie, he goes, this one fucking off the water, Rovers playing. 
just yeah. tell them I'm coming in so I think there's 6 o'clock news or something like that so your mother's on the microphone she's talking about some random subject and Kenny B's walking by with a can on the hand the scarf around his neck <laughs> and the gaffer's seen it mm. came up to me and goes Kenny's on his way in is he? he says yeah yeah he'll be on his way in oh, I think he got, the bus is late he goes you sure about that? he says yeah 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 he goes I'm not seeing him on the fucking news. He's going to the match, but it was just the amount of messing and just, yeah. just he was he's, he's a cheeky fucking he's a cheeky fucker anyway. But he yeah, just had yeah. that bit of charm to him. And I just we went around the country following the game, and I just fell in love with what was going on because I was quite I was I think I was 17 when I started going. Yeah, and I'm looking at all these like just different individuals that are coming from all walks what? of life coming together. Yeah, and I'm thinking, Do you know what, this is just. And I, I, think, I feel part of it. Look, we all see I feel like I belong through green and white glass at sometimes. But I think it's it's when you sort of look at you know where we are now and what we had to, to go through to where we to get to where we are now. Like you know, with, with all the homeless years, all that sort of stuff. And that's why I always feel feel like that. Jesus, I'd love to say that you'd love to you know give the players a bloody history lesson and, yeah. make, and make them realise how privileged they are yeah. to actually play for our club. Right. And I mean, it's not just I know as I said we've green and white glasses on all the time, but I mean we are the biggest club in Ireland. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, and, that, and that's yeah. the bottom line. Like I mean, we 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 are the biggest. As you said earlier on, Mick, mm-hmm. it's it's like Manchester United with yeah, Manchester we're United. We're, uh, well, I mean, for me, for me, I spoke to I had a, uh, a friend of mine up the week, uh, the weekend there on Friday night, whose his his uh, wife passed away a couple of weeks ago, and his son was over from America, and I said, look, you want to go to a game? It's a great game this weekend. Uh, yeah, Grant. So I brought them up, and I told them I Grant to Siobhan, and she said, yeah, no problem, tickets and all that. Brought them up. I went into the, the suite and I was absolutely buzzing. Absolutely buzzing before the match. It was brilliant. And we were talking about it. And was he American fella? Or yeah, he American yeah. lad. What yeah. did he, he He thought it was brilliant. Now, yeah. he's, he's an Irish lad. He was just yeah. living in America and he thought it was brilliant. And we got talking about Shamrock Rovers and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I said, I said to them that they were talking about the results and all that and how it's been going. But I did say to them, what they should do is bring all the players up here now, before the match, into this suite, walk them through here That's now. That's what it's all about. And say, lads, see that? That's what it's about. Yeah, stop by Johnny Bill's bar while they're at it. Yeah, walk yeah. by and say, look, 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 look at the volunteers. Go down to the, go down to the, t- the yeah, tourist soils. They're volunteers. Go down to the, to the program sellers. They're volunteers. All free, all doing it on their own dime, their mm. own time, because they love rowers. And it goes back to even now, the camaraderie. Like at the moment, like since we've done the podcast, we've we've been meeting so many new people now, right? And even now, we've we, we've a WhatsApp group and we just add people into it every so often if we feel that they meet the criteria, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we add them mental. in. But even now, like all the lads, I reckon in that WhatsApp group never really met. All went to Rovers, but never really met before. But now mm-hmm. everybody's drinking together. Mm, in the 1899 so you've yeah. got the likes of well he's not around the moment he's in the Jeremy but you've got the young fields are from from Kevin Street he, would, he wouldn't have known like some of the lads like, like Rob Lavelle and you would have mm. Ozzy Nate like Ozzy Nate is going to the games maybe a year and uh, he was introduced by Gar Brennan and Gar Brennan these are all the lads who are just never really knew each other beforehand but now they all drink together in a suite right. Ozzy Nate's home and away all, every time 
He's only mm. he just fell in love with it. Yeah. And like I said, it's it's just something that clicks inside you. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. we and feel I, part I, of this? I, I think you're right. I think that's what it ha- has to happen to Malaris. So how do how does that click inside a player when he signs for Sam Cross? We really don't know. You could have shown the fucking history of it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Him, this is what it's about. But how See that jersey there? That's what it's about. That's that's um Mick Leach's jersey. Yeah. That's what it's about. Like we walked we, we quizzed the players, right? And None of them. How many knew how many leagues and titles that we had? No one's got The right. first thing the players see when they walk into the, into Tallaght Stadium is the history. They're walking past, they're empty. Every a wall of history. Yeah, that's and they the don't know how many leagues Someone said won. six league titles. But when, when, you know in the in the shop as well, yeah. there's loads of trophies. I well, love the second I walk in the shop. And bring it upstairs. First thing I do. Bring it in, in upstairs. Yeah, first thing I do is. Walk them through there and say this. Someone had a great idea as well recently as well. They said it to me that the members. Should have some sort of input as regards to why don't, why don't we have like something in the dressing room, like a, a wall for the members, like even even if it's something something token gestures. Cause like there's four hundred names, these are the lads who own the club. Yeah, these are the fellas who pay a, a yearly subscription. Mm-hmm. Those members are the ones who pay our wages essentially. Those are the guys who are here to take it in. They're the mm-hmm. ones who will. The far she go there, you know I, what I mean. I wonder would it make any difference though. Well, I, don't I don't know. know. Well, I don't know, but you still token gestures really. really you they still have to know. get that get that into people's heads yeah. Yeah. and the, I, I know for a fact that you won't get into everybody's head no. and everybody every player's head because I played with players at Shamrock Rovers that it wasn't that he hadn't but even 70 or 80% would yeah, do, well, would would do. Yeah, 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 yeah I'd be looking at well, I'd be looking at at least over half yeah. have to click it has to click with them alright so we'll play the interview with um, John and Alan this was this was post-match the LOI Curious so here's what they taught Bill whole experience so it's uh, post game and uh, we have lost 1-0 to Bowes at home so it's been a, a dreadful season in the derby for us we have John Vallely with us and he has still never seen Rovers win a game uh, John what was your first of all let's let's be positive give us your account of the, the day in itself and then we'll talk about the result uh, it was great atmosphere to the match uh, it was more of what I expected Rovers to be a lot of passing huffing puffing around but nothing up front very very and what fun. about the day in itself? Did you enjoy the experience? Ah, the day was great, yeah. It's good crack. To get out here safe now, be laughing. Yeah, hopefully so. And um, what about yourself? I mean, give us an account of your day first, and then the game itself. Yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, uh, getting the quick tour of the stadium before the match, I, I definitely got a, a different sense of the stadium. Um, match though, I mean, for the ninety minutes. Uh, struggled to create anything really as soon as we got past the halfway line I mean there just didn't seem to be anything on and um, I, apart from maybe two, 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 three shots on target there was very little Yeah it was, it was very disappointing and, and ultimately a, a, the, the season has come pretty much to an end so um, the ultimate question now is John will you be back? I'll be back alright yeah I don't want to die without seeing Rovers win a tally you know <laughs> And what about you Al? I'm much the same. Um, three games in the last sort of five weeks, I've yet to see them win. It, they've intrigued me enough to want to see them win a game. So we'll get you on the way trip. We'll bring the Sligo away, and it'll be fantastic. But well, we're going to move on to the prof now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you've been following AC Milan, so obviously you kind of watch them on TV. So, how did you find the live experience compared to you know watching it on television? In the Milan sense or the Rover sense? Milan, Milan compared to Rovers, I suppose. Um, well, that's a, well. We're Rovers. Uh, certainly, the, the the last two games I've watched them on TV have been the AIK games. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I, I suppose getting a sense of the actual atmosphere. I mean, maybe tonight being uh, would have been a derby. It was maybe a little bit more intense than what has been previous games, um, especially away with uh, at Turner's Cross and, and Drogheda last week. So um, Milan, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's look, it's a different ball game. That it's a completely different team. So it's it's not a comparison, and it's not a direct comparison. Um, this is League of Ireland we're talking about, but in terms of growth and prospects, and essentially me being intrigued enough to want to see another game, absolutely, I do want to see Rob with a game and you mentioned the third stadium did you get a sense of the, the history of the club and as well the the, the bar pre-match so did you find the whole pre-match build up club yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and that's what I alluded to earlier on with, with the tour. I mean, it's it's a totally different sense of the stadium being inside it. As I said, I don't know how many times I would have passed by this stadium over the last you know five seven years and uh, have never been inside it. Um, and it just it's a totally different feel on the inside. And I said, uh, seeing a match tonight, first time at home, really, um, you do get a sense of of the pride that that this team has in the community and the place that it has so I am uh, definitely looking forward to returning and seeing a winning Rovers side in the future John you were talking to me earlier about the, the prices in England compared to here here is 15 euros so I think that's good value for a league of game oh, that's great value like you, you look at the paper uh, any ice you're talking maybe for a big game in England you're talking about 300 euro for a flight and match ticket and one night's you know means you go over you watch the match it's all defensive play. Most of the games are def- very defensive. The way team just defensive. Uh, at least every live game is better than any game on the telly. So people should just come out and have a just give it a go. It'll only cost you fifteen euro. But uh, I, I think uh, when you look at all the uh, supporters every week going over to England, it's uh, it's a pity really because uh, it could be a great game here. Like you look at the, the first match I was talking about when I went to the RDS, twenty-two thousand people had it, unbelievable. And then like Liam Miller's match, uh, forty-five thousand for that. And then just on your doorstep here, and I don't know, just people don't just come for the matches. It's it's a pity, really. So that was uh, John and Al, and um, thanks again to Dean Creevy who had this idea. He says this constantly happens. He brings over bar stealers, and then we play shy. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Is this the case? But the occasion be safe. We're going to play at home with the Bray next time. I think I, for I the think, fifty people. Yeah, I think we'll be seeing Alan again, and hopefully we'll be seeing John. I think Alan bought into it because he's. Um, I think he's, I didn't see him during the game, but ho- hopefully he, he did. He, he seemed to enjoy the whole experience. Same with John. So yeah. listen, we're, we're, I think we should do this. Um, we should do this as, as much as we can, as much as possible. If we come across somebody, or if you know somebody, mm. anybody, any fan out there, if anybody knows anyone who you think you could introduce to football they're a bar steward or they sit in the pool watching the match they follow a different league or even someone that's only come over here recently like for instance I had a, I had a pal called uh, Hungarian pal and my, he actually got in touch with my brother He had, I think he had I don't think we were doing the show at the time but my brother was telling him to follow Rovers and he says well I, I follow Baker Shaba in Hungary mm. I'd love to go to a game we brought him to a Bowls game and he loved it. and now he's back in the Hungary but he t- even texted me the other day and he says come on the hoops will beat be these Gumballs fellas or whatever yeah. but he comes out now so if you have a friend in work even or someone a Brazilian or uh, yeah. anybody anyone who who a football fan yeah yeah. first thing I'm doing if I live in a country <coughs> I moved like I, I love Rome I, I've been a Roma fan for years I'm, I'm adopting a club if I go to live in 
Purse. Yeah. Fucking Bombay. I'm, I'm going to yeah. adopt a club. Yeah. It's mm. football. It's, yeah. it's me blood. I'm going to adopt yeah. a club everywhere I go. Something that just feels right to you. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. all about introducing these guys yeah. into it, you know? Cause it in February and say, the football is back. Yeah, the football <laughs> is back, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was our LOI Curious, and I was very well happy with how I went by the result. But um, we'll talk about balls drawing Peterhead in the Iron Brew Cup. Sligo will have a glamour home toy to the Four Fire Athletic. Or live. <laughs> Livingston under 21s. How do they even get involved? How do Livingston's under 21s get involved in these Big European clash there. Jesus Christ. Did, oh, it's not, is it a European clash? I've already been half paid as well. Unbelievable. So, other results we've done the Hawk winning 3 1 at Bray. Waterford 2 1 in Derry. Maybe even more so. Waterford beating Derry up there. And uh, Mikey Drennan on the score sheet as they beat Limerick 3 1 at Marketsfield and he got three goals. So, it's uh, it's good to see Mikey Drennan. So, that was four away wins out of four on Friday in the league. Four away wins when you had them in the bed. And if you include the first division, zero home wins out of eight on Friday. In no home team won? No. No home Jesus. team won? That's nope. a cracker on the stack yeah. prop. That's what he called the prop. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Cork, how did you, how did you spot that? It was just, it just a coincidence. You were just probably looking through the results and you were like, no home team. Well, the four away wins jumped out. Yeah. And then I thought, I'll oh, check the first division. <laughs> uh, the way that brain works yeah. <laughs> so uh, Cork haven't scored in their last six European games now and they went out to Rosenborg which is a stark contrast to Dundalk who Dundalk seemed to nab a goal pretty much every time they play in Europe bar the most recent ones um, where they're spanking in Cyprus yeah the spanking in hmm. Cyprus and uh, it's just we have to give some sort of stick it's because of the, the, the misery that we're enduring at the moment, we're going to be, yeah, we're gonna be extra around, horrible yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> With Graham Bourke as well, I was watching his goal in the car on the way over, and it was an excellent volley, super finish. Yeah, so Bourke yeah. on the score Great sheet, see, on his yeah. debut, he was he's quite the man for debuts, isn't he? Mm, yeah. Scored on his debut for Rovers up in Dundalk. Uh, whilst there was another one as well, wasn't there? Ireland. Ireland, Ireland as well, on his competitive debut. So That's two and two. 2-2 two two for Borky and manager Alex Neal said Borky he's calling him Borky already mm-hmm. Borky is a really talented player and I know he's getting more of a handle of how we play when he gets the ball it's effortless for him and he can play in a variety of positions So uh, that is the word for Borky isn't it effortless effortless yeah he just yeah. strokes the ball mm. around doesn't he and he kind of has that that, that run I'm doing I'm, I'm, I'm mimicking him the way he runs now it's, it's like a T-Rex with his arms the way he runs it's, no it's that was Jason stri- McGinnis uh, no, <laughs> you can't compare it to him. <laughs> um, yeah, so Borky, uh, super volley, top left corner. And like we said, he doesn't do tap ins. That could have been a tap in. He could have put that in the bottom corner, but he just seems to find the top corner every time. Mm. And um, congratulations to Aaron Bulger and Dean Dillon with great leaving, reserve, leaving cert results last week. And uh, both players can now enjoy <laughs> the next two years with 100% focus on football at Rovers next year, so they don't have to worry about their leaving cert. And uh, it's the turn of Gavin Bazunu, so he's another one of our players at Asheville mm-hmm. College. So, what do you think of that, Mick? What do you think of that incentive that Rovers have introduced as regards to the Rollstone project, where if a player is young and they are training with the first team, they get tailored? Um, subjects and uh, schooling in Asheville College so that they can train with the force team and they go on and, and still study and, and do their schooling yeah I think it's well, what's your opinion oh, on that it's absolutely brilliant it's, it's, it's next I mean, level it, stuff isn't it I mean it is because I mean years ago there was there was no such thing as that and you know um, education is so important nowadays you know and especially for footballers as well because a lot of footballers have uh, years ago played and never even looked at college or anything like mm. that and now you have this with especially you know, back then in the 80s yeah, it wasn't yeah, even you, you, frowned yeah, upon yeah, nearly wasn't you, it you, you yeah. worked or whatever and you finished work or, you, know, you, you, you 
finished school at 16 or 17 and you went on and you you played you played your football but you'd never college to back up what you you know mm. what you'd done in school you've never nothing like yeah. that and I think that it's 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 so important so important nowadays um, it's it's so hard to, to live nowadays for the poor kids and, yeah you know, did some of your foreign role team end up having to go back into education when they finished with Rovers yeah I think the likes of Paul Doolan did Mm-hmm. people like that anybody that was clever like you know I think did most of us weren't were, you, you know uh, had a bit of a trade or whatever something like that you know and he so, more or less spoke recently about co- going back to college as well didn't he yeah a lot, of, a lot of players a lot of players would, you know would, would actually think about it later after after uh, the football thinking about going back to college and getting a, you know mm-hmm. some sort of education or doing something like that you know and you know uh, it's it, the whole the whole thing of football has changed now from when you when you when you play and then when you finish you know yeah. because I'm involved now with, with Shamrock Rovers over the Shamrock Rovers legends as such now in the last couple of weeks you're playing in Mayo soon are we? yeah we're playing in Mayo so I was talking the beach last week yeah yeah. you telling us all about it it's, it's, it's only started in the last couple of weeks and I spoke to, to Ray Wilson there and in fairness the Rovers are putting a couple of quid into it and we'll have to get you to put a team in there we're, we're trying to organise a five side in Rollstone and we need yeah. a legends team so Beach said that yeah. he said you mightn't have legs up top well, I don't know about that. Modest as always. I actually came on last week. I made a goal last week. So we, we, we drew one all and won on penalties uh, out in um, Glebe North. But again, you know, where I come is from. It is, 11s? is it 11s? Yeah, it's 11s. Yeah. yeah, it's full of 11s. And so it's, for me, it's about giving something back. It's for, for the lads, it's about their, their mental and health, yeah. well being yeah, and all that, you know. Just keep ticking over. Yeah, as well. keep ticking over. The banter is good. What we do is we actually dress the room the way the professions dress the room. It's the the, the, jerseys, the jerseys are hanging up. The everything's folded. They only arrive, the, and all they have to do is bring their boots and chin guards, yeah. and everything else is done for them. We have food and stuff for them and whatever. They have a couple of beers after, a bit of chat and whatever. Mm. Normally, it's it's a, it's a good day out, and you know I don't think that's going to happen in ten years' time. For the likes of the lads that are playing there, I don't think that's. You nail happen. on the head now. I was just going to comment on your relationship that you have with the lads that you played with in the eighties, mm. and you still speak and talk to me. Said you were yeah, yeah, you're yeah, at the game still, with Pat. Yeah. I, can can you see that happening? I mean, no. who who <laughs> did we speak to recently and ask them did they talk to anybody anymore off of um, Alan, Alan Manis? Mm. Alan Manis doesn't talk to anyone from the two thousand and. 11 teams. Talk to yeah. Ryan Thompson a bit. Ryan Thompson, the odd yeah. time, the odd but he, time, but he yeah. doesn't. They don't stay in contact. Nobody mm. stays in contact. So I think that's something that's that's, that's a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah, well, I keep in contact with a lot of the lads. Now, in fairness, it's probably me more so than nothing else because yeah. we're very keep in contact with the likes of Neville Stadman, yeah. Uh, yeah, Harry Kenny, Peter Eccles. Harry's there every week. I see yeah. Harry every week. And, You've no Larkin who's away in Australia, and I'm in really, yeah. contact with Noel. And when Noel comes over, we always sit down and have a beer and go to, to go to a game. And he mm. might be home for a week or two and whatever. Yeah. So a lot of the a lot of the lads we keep in contact, yeah. you know. So you must keep us updated on all the games, and I'd love yeah, to take one yeah. Well, it's break. only it's only kicking off now, yeah. you know. In fairness to Ray, I well, I'll tell you what, Ray. then you you will uh, you keep in touch with us, and yeah. then whenever you have a game, we'll yeah. announce it, and you can just and we'll give it a plug. It yeah, 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 indeed. Yeah, because I mean, that's something I know. Yeah. A lot of Rovers fans would like yeah, to know. Yeah, and if anybody wants to sponsor us as well, we're, we're looking for... Of course, shout it out there. We're, we're just we're actually, <laughs> we're, we're actually looking for sponsorship because, you know, it it, it costs it costs money to, to get players. Although, me, personally, I don't want players 
taking money out of their own pocket. Yeah. So to get the mail, to get the mail, we need a bus. We we need to clean the gear. We need a physio and yeah, all that. Yeah. And all that's done. I would no problem with that. You know what I mean. So that's plug away. We need to. Yeah, yeah. We need to. Would need. you take a rave bus? Would that be all right? <laughs> yeah, well, definitely on the way back. Oh, okay. <laughs> you could spin a few chills. You know what? Like, that's something that like me. Now the stories I've heard about the cans being loaded into the back of the buses. <laughs> I think you'd be going on the way up as well. No. Like, to be honest with you, that, trays that, like, that, that's something that Rovers fans like would, would gladly make a contribution to. Yeah. We're always looking for a couple of quid here and there. Yeah. And it goes into a, the, the fund. Basically what happens is the, the club are giving us a couple of quid. Mm. They're giving us, last week they gave us lovely tops, warm-up tops to do as well. Now this is the first time it's happened. We had our own set of jerseys. Yeah. So we're, we're getting there and they, they want to do as much as they can for us on, yeah. on the, in the background. So it's all good and... You know, I say, uh, I say a lot of Rovers fans will be happy to throw a few quid yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. there's plenty, there's plenty of people. We're, gonna play, really we're actually going to play a game in the stadium because Ray said at the end of the season there's going to be a match in the stadium. We open up the bar there. Yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. there's some fantastic guys out there who are always sponsoring people. Looks at like James Horner, fantastic. Yeah, work with Gaza kids. Yeah, James is very large, yeah. And, and just yeah. people. Like, I mean, it was very unfortunate. The Gaza kids <laughs> are being played today as we speak. That's really good. Solidarity Cup, and unfortunately the kids couldn't travel because. Well, obviously well, the Israeli regime yeah, that's at the moment yeah. so, but uh, yeah. there's, there's some fantastic guys out there, there is, who, who go above yeah. and beyond and put oh, hands in their pockets constantly so. yeah 100% and, and, and you know the, the, the players themselves always uh, want to throw a couple of quid in Mm. But me, I want them just to arrive to the game without asking them for money, you know. Yeah, yeah of course. Most, most of the lads, like we, we played last week and most of the lads just threw in a couple of quid. Like you want to look after them, though. Yeah. Well, I want yeah. the coin. You don't want them, them out of pocket. I want, you know? No, but it's not even out of pocket because they don't, they don't mind that. Yeah. I just want them coming and it's not always about. You want an experience, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't put your hand in your pockets. Yeah. It's more on a social occasion more than anything. I want them to arrive at the game, their jersey's hanging up, they still have that thing when I pick the team. He's not playing, yeah. <laughs> and, and you don't mind that because they everybody plays. But I don't want them coming and thinking that they come and just throw out money. Yeah. They come and they get that experience of yeah, back okay. playing yeah. as a professional, and that's what I want. You, know? you still have the drive, yeah. Tell you what, we'll throw you up top. Yeah, Stick you with your Yeah, you want yours? <laughs> well, I, 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 did, I did make a goal last week. Yeah. I, just, I, I think we might say that for the tour time. That's the second time I'm going to make sure that I did. I lost that assist in my stats. <laughs> so, uh, that was, uh, we spoke about Borky and we had Aaron Dillon and the uh, Ashfield College setup. And then a couple of Rollers fans recently were on the radio and TV, respectively. So, we had uh, actor Gabriel Bourne who followed the hoops. Talk about Rovers' 5-5 draw with West Ham in 1967 on his appearance in second <coughs> captains. I didn't know about that. That was class. I didn't know he was five, a 5-5 five draw. Mm. And with Will Ferns, a train driver from Dublin, was a contestant on Countdown. I didn't know that either. Did he mention the hoops? He did, He yeah. didn't win, but he gave Rovers a plug and he talked about the Europa League game at White Hart Lane. So uh, I'd be the same. If, if on winning streak or something, I'd be, I'd be talking about any excuse, yeah, yeah, any excuse any to get it in. Yeah. And you got to meet Rachel Riley. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's you're aiming for that one, in. <laughs> And um, yeah, another thing was a uh, former Wexford and Galway manager Shane Keegan. He gave us a mention in his article. The ball out of blue, wasn't it? He had an article in the Times, and he said uh, the polished productions that come from NOI, NOI Weekly, Off the Ball, and Soccer Republic. No mention of greatest league in the world there. <laughs> are always worth a listen, and often set the agenda for the week's discussion on social media. Equal praise should go to some of the fan-produced efforts which often match their slicker competitors for enjoyment, 
Despite not having their production facilities or contactless, Between the Stripes and Tales from the East End are fine examples of what can be achieved with effort and creativity. So big thanks yeah. to Shane for that. That's the, yeah. like we so said. It's actually very hard to get balls to your heads in the Glenmore. They're slightly swollen. But um, yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff going on. And mm. uh, even the likes of the Irish Football Fans TV, there's a guy, he's covering a lot of games. He's going up and down the country, Paul Neal. And he's, he's doing great stuff for the League of Ireland as well. And all these, like even, even the likes of somebody, there's a lot of Rovers lads out there with Instagram pages now. And if you follow them on Instagram, these guys are constantly, I know it's only a couple of clicks of a button, but they're constantly putting stuff about Rovers. And you'd look at it and you'd be like, oh yeah, keeps it fresh in your mind. Yeah. So these guys, we, we do appreciate it. And like I said, Paul Neal as well, he's doing great stuff now promoting the league. And um, I think we could be making an appearance on that one soon enough, Prof. No, just you. <laughs> I don't do video. <laughs> yeah. So we'll move on to our Rollstone <coughs> project, which is uh, flying at the moment. And we have our 19s, one 3 against Limerick at Hogan Park on Saturday. Is that the park with the truck for a stand? Yeah. It has, yeah. It has an old truck. Mm. They pull mm. open the... the gas. Yeah. yeah, and Sean Callan, header. Sean Callan is a fellow that Aidan Price was speaking about, and he's very, very complimentary of him. So he could be the next one for the fourth team. And uh, once again, C-block Dean Williams. He has banged on another brace. And Dino is doing... Everything right at ninety ends. I think it's only a matter of time before he's thrown to the fourth team. Why is he called C block? Because that's the name of that's the block of flats he lives in. Oh, okay. In Kevin Street. Yeah, gave away media. <laughs> <laughs> it's not no, he wasn't in prison. <laughs> so one of those from the penalty spot and next up for them is Galway and Talent on Sunday at two PM. So uh, mm. that result is probably done and dusted now as we speak. So we, we can no, actually no, Sunday next week. Sunday next week. So seventeenth have Galway and Talent as well. Saturday at 2pm and as for the 15th phase 2 of the league doesn't start until 2 weeks time so they were in draw in the cup on Sunday and that's today only a couple of hours ago and let's see if Lightning could strike again <laughs> yeah man <laughs> yeah. Well, keep butchering the, yeah, the phrases yeah, that's really could good. Lightning strike <laughs> again <laughs> so we're just going to check the scores now probably getting it up on Twitter and we'll see how they've gotten on so uh, it was 4-0 um, we have goals from Banya, uh, Caffrey, James Harold, and Conan Noonan. Yeah, and Banya is uh, scoring freely at the moment after his absolutely stunning strike. Well, pretty much every time we call out the results, we have to say the word Banya. Yeah. So I think he scores every week. Absolutely banging the minutes. So, um, yeah, we are on to our next game for the first team is Dundalk and Oriel Park on Tuesday week. So. Uh, plenty of time to prepare for that and um, next up we're going to do our starting 11s and predictions for this one so uh, here we go so we're going to leave it to the lads. Yes, yeah, so what we've introduced now is we've had Mark Kenny do it. We've had Mark Kenny like the 4-4-2 and to have a rattle. We had uh, Cuzzo, he was getting involved as well. Pat Bourne. Aiden Price refused. Aiden Price refused. Yeah, I'm <laughs> being diplomatic. So, um, yeah, we're going to go with the guys. So, James, I'm going to get you. Give us your formation and your starting level against Dundalk away. So it's going to be a tough one. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Manus and Goal. Uh, back four, gonna go with Eaton Boyle, Hiko, Grace, Kavanagh, uh, midfield four. No mid Joey? Huh? No Joey? No Joey. Controversial. Controversial. <laughs> midfield, gonna go with Watts, Finn, Custrain, Bulger, and I'm gonna Minor go or major? Minor. And I'm gonna go with Carr and Shaw front. Go on, four, four, I have two. a rattle. 
Four on the cookie. Here. Let's have a go. Let's have a go. <laughs> yeah, why not? A prediction? Right. Uh, prediction. Not your heart, give us your head. 2 1 loss. 2 1 loss. Ooh. I don't think. I've never predicted a loss anyway. I'm not being realistic. You don't need to predict draws, never mind losses. Right, let's go, Mick. Yeah, uh, manager Hannah. I think I'll go. I'll go, I'll go from the front, backwards. Um, it's a force, is it? <laughs> I'm down to that force. Well, I always think about the forwards first before <laughs> I take it out. <laughs> <laughs> who used to put the, the forwards on? Pat, I think it was Pat Bourne telling to do the Rovers manager pick the strike. No, he was Bucko. Bucko, uh, Darrow, I think it was Darrow saying he'd always pick the strikers first. Uh, Bucko, he put the first name in the team, really? so he'd be the strikers, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's what that well, was. I, I always remember when, when I, when Dermot Keighley took over after McLaughlin, and the first thing he said to me, he wanted me to sign back, and he just says to me, you'll always be the first on my team, she. Uh, yeah, right? Okay, yeah. So, I said, well, well, well that's that's cool, you know. So, thanks, Grant. I hope you're not going to play me in goal. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say where you're yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 on the bench. Uh, so, what formation would you go? We go for uh, a four-four-two. Yeah, definitely four-four-two. I'd be definitely looking at um, the two boys up front, uh, Carr and, and Shaw up front. Um, I probably would play um, in my head. I'd be thinking about the whole group and I would definitely play um, Brandon I'd definitely play Brandon in in a, in a, a melee or um, melee uh, on the on left hand side and I'd need to give him a free role to be honest with you because I think he's the type I, like of, I think he's the type of player that could play so you've not lost a fight to him no, no. I think I, I, when he when he started when he actually started for us, did he come back from from Newcastle somewhere? Uh, yeah, and he was then he went to Blumel. Yeah. That's yeah. a long time ago now, though. Yeah, he's not he, I think when year. he came back to us first, he was that he Still had that he had that bit of bit of flair about him, mm. and he scored some cracking goals as well uh, from outside the box. You know, yeah. So I think I would definitely give him that type of a free role. Um, this got a cracker out here last year, remember? Do you know what? Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that. I was only having this discussion about Brandon Mele on our WhatsApp group. I think I think you have to think about when we have the ball and when you haven't got the ball. Right. For him. Yeah. You know, and you have you have to give him you have to give him you have to give him confidence, of course, yeah. to play the game. But I think that you have to say to him, listen, when we haven't got it, this is where you have to be. Yeah. yeah. And when we have got it, then just go do your thing. Do your thing. Go yeah. and play. You know, and that's that's what I would think. Um. I'd say Finn and Bulger, the young younger Bulger right. in Bulger Minor. Yeah, in the in this and Chris Hayden then on the on the right hand right. side. But I would play him I'd play him more defensive minded than, than going forward. So I'd let Brandon just do all his yeah. stuff what he wants to do and be a threat to them. Definitely be a threat to them and he'd be the one that you wouldn't pick up. Yeah. And I think that if you give him a bit of a free roll, I think he's a bit like that. I don't think you can play him out on the left and say, wait, well, when we get the ball out, this is what you do. I think you can have to play him. I'm screaming out for a rejuvenated Brando. Yeah, I, really well, I, I, think he's, I think he's one of those mm. that you could. Um, I'm a bit lost at the back, to be yeah. honest with you. I am a bit lost at the back. Um, I would love to, to, to get the likes of Luke back in, Luke Bourne back in the, in the team. Now, if that's not going to... But if that's not going to happen, I think, in fairness to Kavanagh, who's done a good job there so far, as who's not a real defender. No, yeah. I think he might have played in the defensive role when he was Possibly away. Possibly for he? Fulham, possibly. Yeah, yeah, he did play in play there. Mm-hmm. But I would, 
I would give him then the role of that so I'm, I'm picking nearly two there so right. uh, I'd, go, I'd go with Grace and O'Brien uh, two centres yeah. and I'd probably my mind is not made up on, on, on a rifle um, because I, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be happy with that, the rifle that's there at the moment right. I'm mm. just off it you know Were you a fan of Madden? Uh, yeah I was because I think he he I think Madden actually got forward more so yeah. than the fucking wingers nowadays. You yeah. know, I think mm-hmm. he got forward. I think but the end it. product was really frustrating, no? Uh, yeah, but I think that the whole game changes down. If you have a fella that just wants to keep going, keep going, there's one of these crosses that are coming in, it's going to fucking happen, you know what I mean? It's going to mm-hmm. happen. But I think he's the type of fella that gets forward, gets crosses mm-hmm. in, and he could defend. Now, his best part of his game, we thought, was he's defending. So I'm, I'm a bit pushed on the full back yeah. Madden, of course, and gold, yeah. Um, but again, the young lad, if he was available, I know I wouldn't have any problem throwing yeah. him in, mm. in either. So I have a prediction as well. What, what score are you going to say? Um, I think, I think we have to be very, very positive this week or next week or whatever. So I think we have to be positive that we go down there, and if we play with that two up front, I think we're going to create problems for yeah. them I think we create problems for them if we play with Mila that who's going to get back to his best I think we could we could definitely do we probably I'm glad you're a fan of Mila because I, I got, I got I shredded think, for this I don't think we, we can win the game I think we could draw the game yeah. and we, we spoke earlier on about the time that we did play two against them that we created a lot of problems for them at mm. the back mm. I think they're happy enough I think they're they're happy enough playing any team with one one up front, you know. I think they're mm. happy. But if we play with two, look, we've nothing to really lose. Yeah, we've nothing to lose. We now have to go. That's actually a great way of going about it. And, we've nothing to ex- lose. Uh, Let's have a and express ourselves now. Like, mm. look at the team. Look at the players. You know, I have a random question for you, actually. Who, in your opinion, are the three best players? Three best outfield players in the Robbers squad. Best three. naturally gifted. Now that Burke is gone, because he obviously would have been yeah. top three. Um, naturally gifted. Um, I would definitely think Carr would be up there. He plays off the cuff a little bit. I think he has to learn a little bit. I think he has to learn about trying to get in on those one-on-ones that he hasn't <coughs> been taught. He hasn't been spoken to. Um, um, I think I think Grace is solid enough at the back. Mm. And I'm looking at uh, the young lad that came on. Who came on? Brandon. Brandon Kavanagh. Young uh, ginger head lad. Yeah. Would you yeah, be a I fan think. of Aaron Bolger then? Yeah, I am a fan of him, but I think I think the other lad is a little bit better than him. I don't, probably not better, but I think he's just a little bit. He's a little bit different than him. Mm. I think mm. he's a. a, a, he's a bit of a buzz going on about him I don't think I think he can do different jobs you know I think Aaron can just do a certain job he's a really good player can pass the ball get stuck in blah 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 but I think this other lad has a little bit about him and has that something special that can create very attacking isn't he he likes to get forward and get towards the goal but like like I said people thought I was mad talking about Brando in this in the vein saying that he possibly won the best midfielders in the league well, top three on his day mm. I mean the first two seasons he was in the, he was in the league he was unbelievable he did yeah. play in that 10 role mm. pushed out to the pushed out wide slightly eventually but 
he he's got over forty goals for Rovers. He he has on his day he's he is amazing and I just I'd love to see the coach try and bring back that player. It's there. The, the talent the is there. Brando. The yeah. old Brando. Are you telling yeah. me you can like the yeah. amount of times like Brando was yeah. stunning for us at times. Yeah. And I can only imagine if he was if he's being coached right, or maybe not maybe that's a bit harsh coached right, but if we get the best out of him. Yeah. When's the last time someone did nothing for us for a whole year though? And then came back and was amazing. Maybe Desi Baker. But that's a, that's a challenge for a coach. Desi Baker. His career was over at Rovers. Long out to Dundalk. Came back and he was amazing. I, I was mm. like I said. I was putting myself through hell again watching the derbies. The two one win at home. Michael O'Connor got the win off the bar. He, he, he made a late yeah. run. Do you remember Brandon's goal yeah. in that? The way yeah. he danced around. I think it was Jerry Pender. Took it to the left and buried it with his left foot. Mm. Yeah. Like he, like he's he has that in him. That doesn't does. go. No. no, He's consistently proved for in the first two or three seasons that he can score goals and he can get in those positions. I'd, yeah. I'd love to see him give him another goal. I'd, I, if we're gonna play that, play him behind Dan Carr. Just mm. give him a chance. You know At what I mean? This stage, what we got to lose? Yeah, I don't think we You know, this stage, look. Mm. Why not? Right. So, um, how far was I off your team? Wasn't really that far off your I don't think so. Wasn't no, too wasn't far off. Many boys, like, no, maybe. Mm. Two, was it? So uh, that was our starting 11s and predictions from the lads, and um, we're going to talk to Mick now. So you started your career at Bowls and Shells, three seasons each, and Rovers had that incredible front pair of Liam Buckley and Alan Campbell. And James, we were saying, you only spoke about it earlier. Were you worried that they would be irreplaceable? And this is something that I find astonishing that you had a fantastic pairing of those two up front, right? Mm. Both of them leave. And then they were they were replaced and and yeah. went on to be successful. That's that's non-existent in football, yeah, isn't it? It is because like with Buckley and Campbell, it's been terrifying today. Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, we knew with Buckley and Campbell, both of them were, were exceptionally good, and I mean, there was a lot of media reports about them going away, and eventually, obviously, both of them went abroad, and so it was no huge shock. But you just thought, well, where's the goals going to come from? Mm. You know, and mm. as I said, like when we saw Mick. Um, Mick, had a, he was a proven goal scorer in League of Ireland, so we're thinking about well, happy days. But I mean, we played, we obviously played the four four two in those days, so we were thinking, well, okay, who did we get? We need another one. Yeah, as I said, like it didn't. As I said earlier, it didn't exactly inspire you with confidence when you heard like this guy's coming out of retirement from Athlone. Yeah, <laughs> now Athlone were a decent League of Ireland side at the time, but it just didn't. It didn't really inspire you with confidence, but. Jesus Christ, it worked out well. <laughs> and uh, Man City were supposedly interested in you, Mick, but then Rovers came in during the summer of 1984. So, um, before I actually ask this one, this is something I like to delve into. I love knowing about the the genesis of Rovers Legends' careers, as in, where, where are you from originally? I'm from Crumlin. From Crumlin? Yeah, so, Rose, yeah. same, same as ourselves, Captain's Rose, yeah, lads. So, Captain's Rose, that's yeah. where we record the podcast. So, right. uh, who did you start off playing with? All right. Your most memorable, D, like, let's say DDSL. I'm not sure if the DDSL was around back then, but who's your yeah. most memorable junior club? And did you go on trial with anybody? Yeah. And then how did it come well, about? Well, you're you're go quickly through this because you're a midfielder, aren't you? We and a winger, come, yeah. first of all. Yeah. Yeah. We could yeah. be here all night. Right. <laughs> like, I've more, more, more clubs as, uh, uh, than any golfer. <laughs> yeah. right. More than Dan Kerr. Yeah. So you're a crumbling man. That's I'm yeah. with that. Um, well, I started off with John Bosco. Right. As as every every club everybody down there did. And then they were Celtic. And went from Lewis Celtic to a club called Davis Celtic in Francis Street. Right. They were a part of, they were a, uh, a kind of break off St. Francis football club. Right. And my mm. father was involved in St. Francis. 
at the time. Defunct now, are they? I've never heard of Yeah, they're gone. They went. They they kind of were kind of... Merged with Pats. They were merged with Some people say it wasn't a merger. You know, they were St. Francis Football Club come from the comb, uh, as everybody should know. Yeah, that's Um, my neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. so... um, they had a schoolboy club, and, and Francis hadn't got a schoolboy club at the time, so that's Davis Celtic was part of that. Right. And from there, they kind of they were they were they broke up, and then I travelled down to to um, Stella Maris. Right, so you went north side. Yeah, went north side, thirteen years of age, jumping right. on a bus, getting two buses sometimes. I know the feel. The twenty three used to bring us from the top of Galtymore, right across to uh, to Richmond Road. So right. that was. Heartache. Tuesday, <laughs> Thursday, seven o'clock. No phone. You know, probably no bus fare because I was up and down the stairs waiting for the fucking inspector. To <laughs> and I, I didn't have a seat on the bus. I had every seat on the bus, depending on where he was. But anyway, um, you know, we didn't. You didn't have at the time. You didn't have the. You know, the phones, and you didn't have the mummy and daddy with the car and dropping you off and yeah. picking you up and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, had that played played away. Um, Played over there for a couple of years, probably five years, uh, seventeen. Then um, Billy Baxter, or not? Sorry, Billy Billy Young, Billy Baxter. Billy Young came came knocking at the door, basically to to sell a Mars and pick me <clears> up. <throat> didn't didn't have, didn't even go to England. Never mind go over and destroy. I didn't go to England at the time. A lot of the players at the time. Did the likes of um, Pierce O'Leary who played in that Celtic uh, team that played at Milltown actually was a bit a good mate of mine at the time, and he actually went on trial. There was a lot of fellas went on trial at the time. Right. A lot of teams that we played against, a lot of players went on trial. Never got a, never got any sort of um, trial anywhere. Did you feel overlooked? I, I I didn't to be honest with you because I it, it didn't actually bother me. I'm sure it would bother a kid nowadays that if, if you were you were overlooked, you were overlooked, and you fucking thinking about packing it in, you yeah. were touring and all that. But no, um, I didn't. I just kept going and just kept doing what I was doing and uh, found it found football easy to be honest with you. I was playing I was playing centre midfield and I played out wide and and in fact when I was playing with. Stella Maris, I ended up um, going and playing with the older team then. So if I was playing on the 14, I was playing on the 14 in the afternoon. So uh, the manager would come along and say, will you, will you do a stint for us? And I said, yeah, of course, yeah. And I'd go out and I'd play another so game. you just wanted to play ball? Yeah, I just wanted to play football. And, you know, you go home and you play football on the road and you do this and whatever, you know. Then Billy Young arrived and uh, absolutely unbelievable and uh, wanted me to sign for Bowes and I went over to meet Billy in Daily Mill Park and uh, we went in, went into the office, my, myself and my father. We got the 19 bus over and um, dropped us outside. We were from Rialto, we walked down to Rialto, got the 19 bus, mm. went over, went in and Billy was talking about, about all this and whatever you know. And again, Bohemians were a massive club and uh, are a course, yeah, big yeah, club, yeah. you know. And it went in, yeah, grand. And uh, then he said how, how much he was going to pay me a week. And my father nearly fell off the fucking screen. <laughs> <laughs> he got spent already. <laughs> and he just sat back and, yeah, grand. And then my son and Anthony 
they even had something in the yes. offense they yes. had something on fees so, yeah. back, back back in the, in the day, day yeah. in the day yeah uh, signed in 70 78 I think it might have been right and um, I got two grand signing on fees it's in the ace yeah, two grand signing on That's fucking that's, that's a deposit for the gaff. Yeah. Mm, I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> Beside the community one either. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and uh, he says, Well, look, I want you to think about it, you know, you have to think about it. My dad said, Oh, yeah, that's grand. He says, No problem. And uh, he says, oh, I'll give you a few minutes. He said, I'm going up to the office, up, <coughs> the ro- up to the girls in the office there, and yeah. have, and uh, sort stuff out. Nice. And how old were you at this one? I was just gone 17. So, right. yeah, my father turned around, he says, he went out, Billy went out the door, and my outlet says, Sign that fucking fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically exactly what was said. Sign that fucking form, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so I said, yeah, great. So Billy arrives in, he says, look, Ed, once you get, once we, we're, we're not too worried about the money, my dad said, and he must be, that was the biggest fucky lie ever <laughs> we're not too worried about the money and the thing once he gets a good crack at the whip like you know what I mean because I wanted he wants him to play football mm. you know we walked out of there we got the deal done and we got a taxi home one hair a bottle of champagne in the back we got a taxi taxi home right <laughs> my, my father went to the Lowe's pub in Dolphins Barn and yeah, left no, me in the taxi gave the taxi man the money and drop him was, home yeah, yeah drop him home and he went in my brother was walking in Lowe's in Dolphins Barn I think he came home then about one o'clock well pissed and, but anyway that's that's the, that's how Brilliant. We, that's how I got to, to start my your football career yeah my football career and uh, do you remember the Man City interest yeah I got a I was uh, when I was with um, I left Bowes then I had a big falling out then with Mr Young and uh, was it football related yeah yeah, and do you want me to tell you that story? Yeah, definitely. Okay. We, we, were playing, we were playing home farm in in Talca Park at the time. Did you see it better? And yeah, and I went. I was playing, and I just felt at the time it was always me that was getting taken off. Right, right. Still young enough and whatever. And I was played. I played a front with probably top player. Um, you hated being subbed, didn't you? Yeah, I hate being taken off. I just, every player hates being well, taken off. But they sure, sure, yeah. exactly. And yeah. you, you, you hate not playing. So, but Torlock O'Connor was absolutely unbelievable to me. Torlock was one of the best. Really good lad. Really mm. good lad. Great player. Knew exactly. Wasn't quick. Knew where the ball was. Knew where the goal was. Yeah. Fucking unbelievable. Taught me an awful lot. And I was pl- played with him. And then he, he kind of was nearly at his finishing time and I, I played and I was in Talca Park and I played a match we are getting beaten one nil and I got taken off and I go so I just walked off the pitch to say and I went like that you're fucking mad to Billy right? <laughs> he didn't see it he didn't see it somebody in in, in um, someone up in, the, yeah, up in the yeah somebody in the stand seen it and okay. then I was called called in on the Tuesday uh, on the Tuesday <laughs> right um, he actually had a go at me on Tuesday and that was kind of me finished yeah. but neither here nor there I went to went to to uh, went to Shells great time in Shells great lads in Shells really good lads you know the likes of John Bork and fucking great mm. great mm. bodies around probably technically not 
great players. Mm. Oh, fucking really good, good. lads. Yeah. Really good lads. Nearly beat Rovers yeah. in the '84 Cup semi final. Yeah, we should have we should have beat them in the semi final in, in Talca Park. To be yeah. honest with you, mm. we played really well. It's obviously a story about Paul New should have scored in that game. Um, we were beaten one 0 in the semi final, mm. but but um, great lads had a great great thing going with Paddy Joyce at the time, and I think that's the the time when when it kind of made not I wouldn't say made me as a footballer, but as a goal scorer, you know, yeah. because you know you, you, I was I was taught a lot by the likes of Torlock, and then meeting up with Paddy. Paddy was a really cool fucking player yeah and got a bit of a partnership going with him and I always feel that you know players should have a partnership with the likes of players on the pitch as well and mm-hmm. if you don't have a partnership you're kind of a little bit lost yeah, you know because players will look yeah. after you you know and want to look after you on the pitch yeah and I think that the likes of um Joyce he kind of looked after me although we were at the, around the same age he kind of looked after me then, yeah. like, you know and as it, as it got on Larko looked after me you know big time mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I Shelbourne it was great, and then next of all we got a um, got a call from a, this uh, this guy. He wanted to uh, bring me to Man City. That Man City were interested, and that was, was the time I kind of went to went to Shelbourne and it went to uh, Johnny Bourne, who's a lovely lovely man, mm. great great manager, and I just said to him, look out. You know, you can't stop me from going to Man City like at the time. And he says, Oh well there's no there's no proven, you know you know, there's no offer there at the moment, it's not proven offer, you know. Mm. But I was actually speaking to the guy and he said, Look, they really want to sign you and uh, so I kind of pitted out a bit. It was in the paper and that I pitted out a bit and then I just said, Listen, I need to move on, you know. Yeah. And uh, so Johnny was kind of didn't want me to go or whatever, but I, I it was coming to the end of the season I hadn't signed a contract and next of all I think there was I think there might have been two days to go and you had to you had to sign for somebody you know yeah and I would have still been able to sign for Shelbourne where I didn't sign and I, you know because you're still a player mm. so McLaughlin then signed me um, funny story with him I was in after doing a job for a mate of mine uh, up in up in Drimna in, and I went into the, the Marble Arch Pub yeah. that evening with my now wife, mm. uh, girlfriend at the time, and him, a mate of mine, and his girlfriend. And we went in, and next of all, I got fucking an elbow. Um, it's fucking Jim McLaughlin. <laughs> in the Marble Arch? In the Marble Arch. <laughs> the fuck is he doing in here? Like, I'm saying to your man, what the fuck is he doing in here? Looking over to see who he's with and that, you know? Right. And he's going to He's going around like this and he's walking through and he's looking for his players. That's what he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he was. And he just goes, comes over to the table. I said, how are you, how are you doing, Jim? Uh, I think I might have called him Mr. Fucking McLaughlin, to be honest with you. Mm. And he says, can I have a word with you? Well, he was just about to ask you the, the, the initial interest from Rovers. This is where, this is the origins, yeah? I swear to God. Oh, this is great. Jesus, he said, fucking hell. So I went, the boy's fucking shaking. Fucking shaking. Like, Tapped up in the pub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> went outside and a fellow boy in the name of Jimmy Shields was sitting in a, a, in a Jeep. Northern, Northern Jeep. Fucking dream long Jimmy Shields. Yeah. Remember Jimmy? Yeah. Thought you were getting kidnapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him, Get yeah. in. Get in. What <laughs> 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 the fuck is this on So he just says, look. Take him to the Craigan. You know, yeah. yeah. So he says, 
He says, look, we want to sign you. I said, okay. He said, Will you, do you want to sign? And I said, yeah. Sign the form. He had the forms with him? He had the forms oh, with him because he had to get it in. The moisture. He had to get it in before the next morning at 12 o'clock. He knew you were there. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. He went down to my house. Mm. Like he fucking went down to the house and said, "Oh no, he's." Your man's he's, down the bills. Yeah, in the <laughs> he's in the marble arts where they made of his. <laughs> and uh, that's what happened. And I signed. I signed. Brilliant. I didn't know how much money I was getting. Just signed on the spot. Just Give signed. me that. We'll deal with that. That's excellent. There was no fucking agent. There was nothing. I just signed, and I walked up back up the stairs about a half an hour after. I signed for hours. I just signed for hours. I was only going for a couple of points there, Barry. Yeah. So that's brilliant, brilliant. Well, So now we're going to ask the lads for their best memory from the four in a row or the three in a row mixed case. And uh, just, just I, I wanted to say something before this, like, like three, the three in a row. It was three doubles, wasn't it? It was mm, three, three doubles. Like yeah. that's, yeah. I, I can't imagine that type of success. Like that's, it's alien to me. No one's even retained the double since. No, I, I just mm, can't imagine. And you lived through that, James. Yeah, but that's how good this. That's how good the team was. So we'll, we'll go with you first, James. Your 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 earliest memories of or their be, your best memory of the four in a row and what yeah, was it? What was it like following Rovers I, during I, I that think success? I, definitely, the best memory was uh, winning the title in '84 without a shadow of a doubt. With the, the, the fourth league. I think uh, could have been shells we played in Middletown. I think we might have clinched it against, but um, it was something else. Like it really was. And it was like, the first title like, in twenty years. It was. It was the first title in twenty years. And again, like I was only I was following the the, the team for about five years at that stage. But um, and I mean the years I'd gone, obviously we weren't very successful. So just to win that first title, it was something else. It really was. It was. It was just incredible. But. It was a magical time. Like this, like I always say, I'm, I'm privileged and honoured, like to have actually seen that team. Like I really am, and I mean to, to see that success because it it's it doesn't come around very often. Yeah, and we we I, like, we're unfortunate in that sense because there's there's no footage or there's no like I'd mm. love to just know the style of play. That's that's what the one thing that it, bothers me well, most well, is that well, I'll never experience the style of play. But I think the thing about well, it was carried like that, like. You know, there was obviously no social media and none of that sort of stuff. But, like, when you were walking up that Milltown Road, like, all Jordan the Ford and the Row era, and players, sorry, some players came and went, whatever, but, like, the team picked itself. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you didn't have to, like, we're here, you know, sort of second guessing the way the team for the next Rovers came, but, like, like that, that team, it rolled off your lips. And, and, I mean, everybody knew the starting 11. You know, there was no. Jason, when will we play him? When will we play him? Like everybody knew the start in eleven. The team actually picked itself. It like, really did. Mm. So, but as I said, it was it was just a magical, magical time to follow yeah. the to follow the team. It really was. And like I mean, yeah. Look, what about you, Mick? It was your best memories of your three in a row years. My best memories was when Campbell and Buckley left. Every <laughs> <laughs> <Heavy> cloud. <Yeah. laughs> um, I suppose I I I was. You know, Shamrock Rovers were so big at the time, and then when I did sign for them, and then when I did actually think or get get the the grips of how how it goes, you know, I had just not one memory. I had so many memories of of what it was about. Yeah, what what this incredible club was about, mm. and it, it actually went on for four or five years. You know what it was about. I actually signed for Rovers four times. Four times, yeah. 
I went to Den Haag, I came back. I went to fucking somewhere else, I came back. I went somewhere yeah. else, and came back. Den Haag, <laughs> we actually we have we, we have that worked in in a while, don't we? The Den Haag yeah, discussion. We'll talk about that in a while. Yeah, but, but you know, it, it was it was it wasn't it wasn't just one memory. You know, I couldn't just pick out one one memory. Yeah. I actually remember one thing that I said to a, a, a mate of mine, the guy, the, the actual guy that was in that pub with, mm. uh, who who actually started following Rovers, but that has passed away since. And I, the last cup final, the Dundalk cup final, mm. he he was in this, he was in the uh, going to the ground, but he didn't want to go into the stand. He didn't want to ticker at me or anything like mm. that. He wanted to go and pay, and he wanted to stand over the far side. So we were talking about a Jordan Wigan. I says, "Look, where are you going?" He says, "I'm going to be right on the halfway line. I don't care." He says, "Right on the halfway line." He says, and I says, "Okay." And I says, "Don't worry about it. When I score, I'm going to tell you it's all over." And I scored the third goal, three one we won. Yeah. And I went over to the halfway. I couldn't fucking see him at all. <laughs> I went over and I went like that. It's over. It's over. <laughs> like they're not coming back. You know? yeah, brilliant. And that was a good memory for you know for a cup final. You know, because I actually told them what I was going to. Yeah. If I did score, now, I'd say yeah. I'd say you were Billy Big Bollocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you but, but you know Great. what? Like, I mean, like with, with the four in a row, and like obviously with Milton, you had Hughes Bar and all that sort of stuff. But there was an amazing bond between yeah. the players and the fans. And the fans yeah. Like the that reason was, was my mother like, actually touched on that. My mother used to drink at Hoops Bar. Yeah, yeah. From Colin Bannis. It was like she, my grandfather's from Ballyer, so grandfather moved from Ballyfermot to to Colin Ballas and then started going mm. to Rovers. And my no, I my mum didn't introduce me to Rovers, but she used to go and she used to drink in the bar. And she said that 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 was the case. It was just oh something yeah, about there, there, was, there was a you, fantastic you bond. Yeah, you were told. Ah, oh. you were told you've got to go into the bar first. Oh yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. You were told yeah. to go into the bar and have a drink, and these are the people. Yeah, but, that but are, these are the people that are paying the money. Mm. Yeah. these are the people that are paying your wages. These are the people that are fucking getting you on the pitch. But these nowadays are, there mm. seems to be a sense of you could say professionalism, and they don't want. Like I, I feel like we're kept away as regards the fans. And if you look at Dortmund, Dortmund have a day out every year with the with the players. That's true. Yeah. Players pull points. Yeah, get behind That's the right. bar, yeah. and they're told you're there. That's your shift for the day. You're gonna pull points, and you're gonna you're gonna talk to the fans. You're gonna have the crack. Go out and do it, and maybe something like that could be organised. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know if they, if they want anyone to. Oh yeah, what, what's I mean, that, the, what's that, that, that was on a weekly basis. Like that I mean, was weird. You know, like you, 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 you know, you played in Milltown. You went in as a fan. You went in. You had a couple of points. The lads be there. Like it wasn't a case of like. Would oh, they ever uh, shy away from you? No, absolutely not. Here's the thing. Not. Here's the thing. You know, the, the the lads in fairness, the lads be there, and it wasn't a case of like all the players be stuck off in the corner and, and whatever. Yeah. They, honestly, the lads they'd stop, they'd chat, they'd sign whatever stuff they, for kids. Everything was out there and yeah. on front of you as it was. You know, there was no mess. But there was around. no there was no prima donnas though. Like I mean, yeah. they, like the you know the, the lads like were they were the best team in Ireland and but like. They stop and have a yap at you. Yeah, you know. That's true. That's 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 what Pat said. Pat said, yeah, mm. Pat Bourne said you had to go to the pub. Yeah, said you were there with the lads. I think he had something about a tourist day or something like that. Mm. He said there was a specific day that you had. You were all in the pub. Some and, mm. and the Pines Mafia, you know, Mick mm. McCarthy and yeah. and Wacker Cairns and all the lads. They mm. uh, shout out to the Pines Mafia, the yeah. good lads, and mm. uh, they Absolutely. were saying something along the lines that they'd be drinking with them like every week. Yeah, mm. so mm. it's something that I. Is it a good thing that's dead in the water? 
So we're back from a little break now. We've had the we've had the Cubans, we've had the whiskey, we've been looked after by James and uh, the whiskey starting to kick in and fairs, but I'm starting to get a bit of a bang up there. <laughs> the whiskey voice there. <laughs> the whiskey voice. Let's get the nose next. <laughs> so um we have uh, Stephen Gleason, and he asks, he asks, for, uh, forget about ability. Ask Mick, what player was the most fun to be around, and who was the grump? Oh, Jesus, the most fun. Um, probably Harry Kenny was the most fun. Really? Yeah. He, do you know what? In fairness, every time yeah. I see him in the suite around like that, he's always got a crack and a joke. Like I think <laughs> yeah. at, when when Bradley was a little bit under pressure, someone said something to him. Uh, John Connolly. He was. I think Harry Kenny was walking by. And John Connolly says, Jason, I wish we had a manager to step in there. And he goes, oh, send him me CV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he, I heard he had a good one-liners and stuff like that. And he'd always be slagging, uh, slagging your missus or slagging your brother or your sister or your <laughs> aunt or your uncle. But he'd always be, he'd always be slagging <laughs> in a good way. And, it's a bit uh, of crack. Yeah, was a good crack. And always is every time I meet him. I'm going to guess and say Derek McKeely was the group. Um... He was a bit grumpy, but good grumpy. Um, I'd say, I'd say the grumpiest, you know, uh, probably would have been Paul Dillon. Paul Dillon? Yeah, mm. he's, maybe he's a bit grumpy. Good lad, but just a bit grumpy, you know. <laughs> like he didn't get everything that everybody done, you know. He didn't get, he didn't get carry whatsoever. I don't. No, he took himself. He didn't take get that at all. He told us a good uh, story off here. About mm. Dermot Kitty and Linfield, so could you tell that one again? Yeah, um, we played Linfield down there, and at the time was in, you know, there was lots of troubles in the north at the time, and you know, we wouldn't be in flavour of the month this going is the down European there. European Cup, just yeah. for our listeners, isn't it? 1984. 1984. Yeah, yeah, European Cup. Yeah, um, it was a cracking draw. It was, it was something that. I think every Rover supporter wanted to be at mm, and talked about that, James. Yeah. And, you know, I think every player wanted to play in the game as well. Um, James lost his job over there. Yeah, James <laughs> yeah. lost his job. But, yeah, we were, you know, it was probably, of, of the the 11 players that were playing, it was probably, there was only probably two ever kind of put in that situation. And Keeley was one of them. And he was the, the captain on the day but we were standing in the tunnel as I said and it, it's a it was a corrugated tunnel so it was a, a bit noisy in there wasn't much room for anybody to be standing beside each other uh, two people standing in the corrugated tunnel wasn't so the referee had to go sideways to get in exactly so the referee <clears throat> was on his way and they arrived down and they were banging the corrugated and we were kind of a bit this never happened before yeah. and me one never this is I've never felt like this before before a game like mm. and as European games go two teams have to walk out as usual and mm. um, <clears throat> we were standing in the tunnel and they arrived and they were banging away and Keely just turned around and basically turned around he said lads see all these wankers on the right hand side <laughs> they haven't got a clue right <laughs> and he looked up and every one of our heads went out looking at said, don't worry about these fuckers let's see let's see what they like outside and it was definitely worse than the Roy Kane 
um, Herrera. Such a, a such a uh, Vieira. Herrera, such an enclosed space. It was, yeah, it, was yeah. it was that close. See you out like, that's what Keane said to Vieira. I'll see, see you out there. Yeah. Yes, and and that, that's basically what what Keeley was putting across to us. Mm. So, uh, and then in fairness, it, it was a decent game till till twenty minutes in when uh, their captain and Keeley met halfway line, just on the sideline, and it was as I said, it wasn't a car crash; it was a bus crash. <laughs> um, it was absolutely horrendous, and I think every player on the pitch thought, "My God, that's a terrible thing to do to each other." Yeah. They actually, we went over, and, and Keeley was lying on the ground, and. Uh, the first thing he said was to Mick Neville was, has he got booked yet? And Mick says, yeah, he's just had to be booked. He says, right, that's great. And he lay there and lay there and lay there. And Dinny Lowry, poor old Dinny Lowry, um, ran, ran out and was looking after him and giving him water and giving the rest of his water and talking away and whatever. And he was no, I'm grand, I'm grand. I'm okay. <laughs> uh, what's he like? I think he's getting carried off. Great. <laughs> so it ended up... Uh, the referee then decided just to talk to Keeley and say, listen, we're not having any more of this. And your man got booked. And your man never played on again. Keeley just know. was happy enough to see him mm-hmm. getting carried off. But it was absolutely worst thing i ever seen on a football pitch. Oh, jeez. Absolutely the worst. Um, it wasn't two-footed. It was, it was absolutely worse than two-footed. Yeah. There was two foot. There was digs. They were, they were, they were killing. <laughs> as they were falling to the ground, they were digging the head off. <laughs> <laughs> it was just crazy. You were saying the ref didn't know what to do. He hadn't got a clue. The ref didn't know who to. He didn't know whether to book every player on the pitch for it. It was just absolutely yeah. horrendous. He didn't know what to do, and he just booked one. And I think he he shit himself, and that, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just, I can't play on. on here just yeah. play on so while we're on the topic of the 80s Jason Maloney asks did James style his mullet and moustache on Mick's look at the time <laughs> well a lot of people did <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, were the, the we icon so you're saying that you were the sex symbol of the 80s <laughs> <laughs> we've seen photographic evidence of this you, you have seen the, uh, yeah. the Russian so, hat yeah <laughs> I think um, I'd Actually, be doing a great service to make up a set of styles that on Mick <laughs> was there a lot of uh, was there a lot of maintenance for that you know, I, I actually can't remember, but like I, I remember like somebody was saying to me, you wouldn't believe it now, but I actually had quite thick hair at the time. <laughs> and so uh, I remember going to the barbers and they said, uh, you should get your hair layered. No, I didn't have a clue what that was, you know. So over the years... Oh, yeah, what that was. Uh, <laughs> you would. So over the years, anyhow, I used to go in just out of habit and say, yeah, can I have a layered, you know. Mm. So then as the years went on, Obviously, the, the hair was starting to tame, but I'm still going to have a laird. Didn't have a clue what a laird was. And I remember she said, uh, I don't think so, son. It's a bit tame. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you've seen the mullet, you've seen the photographic evidence, it's not pretty. And then we Paul O'Connell, Paul O'Connell says, uh, what hairspray did Mick use in 86? Oh, there's no hairspray. There's no hairspray. <laughs> We're a spit. Unnatural. Yeah, there was no, it was natural. There was no hairspray. And uh, like pretty much all of the team that held on a job during all this, you worked with Brooks Thomas Building Suppliers in the yeah. North Wall. So, in North Wall, uh, yeah. t- d- did you did that last long? Uh, I was there for twelve years. 12 years. In it, twelve years. Never, never went in early, and got <laughs> off any time I wanted. <laughs> they look after you. <laughs> yeah, in, in fairness, I, 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 at the time I had a, I had a lad in there who was a good mate of mine, and. Uh, I don't think I was ever early for work. He used well, to clock me because we we got at the time we were clocked in and clocked out, mm. and he used to clock me in at whatever time, <laughs> and I used to arrive in and 
that was it. But uh, yeah, so you nearly joined Galway at one stage. Though. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a funny one. I think I was uh, uh, Michael O'Connor had signed for Rovers, and there was a connection between. Was, was the Roche and Dove sponsoring you? <laughs> 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 Michael had signed, and we, you know, you're always thinking about, especially as a centre forward, you're always thinking we. The gaffer's looking looking at a different direction, you know. Mm. And Michael had signed, and um, I had I probably played a couple of games, and then Michael come in. So he, of course, he was he's going to try out Michael, and you know, and then Michael had a, a good connection with Noel Larkin in in their at loan days. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I was kind of saying, "Well, oh, maybe fucking that's me finished here," you know. But what happened was I I travelled. McLaughlin came to me one evening and he says, Look, uh, Galway are looking to talk to you <clears throat> if you want to sign. And I was, so I thought my days were number there. So I says, Right, fair enough, it's okay. And I went home and I said, Right, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to talk to them, you know. So yeah. got in contact. They travelled up halfway and I travelled down halfway in the car and met up with them in the hotel. And um, we ended up having a chat and they talked about wages and talked about transfers and whatever that was going to do they talked about uh, sp- like your your role in the yeah. squad and uh, yeah money mainly yeah. at the time you know because the two they knew, grand sign on yeah well, <laughs> to be honest with you it was a bit more than the two <laughs> grand um, but um, I they, they wanted me to sign and um, they said look we'll give you X amount of money and I said what and it was fucking <clears throat> absolutely ridiculous what they were giving Galway. me. Galway. Absolutely ridiculous. And um, they they were just about doubling my money, wages-wise, as well. And I was on good money at Rovers at the time, mm. and they were just about doubling it. So I got to a stage, I fucking, thinking about and thinking about I went home, spoke to my dad. My dad was a good mentor to, for me, because he used to... Put me, put me right a bit, you know. Talk to me about football after every game in 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 uh, Glenmalure. He used to just say, "Listen, you done this." Would he be? Yeah. Would he be constructive criticism? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did that um, a lot? Yeah, I did. I mean, the, you know, I'll go finish off the Galway story because I, I actually played a match against Waterford at home, and I always remember this. Every game after the match, my dad would talk to me about how the game went. We be. We beat Warford four one, and I didn't score at all mm. in the in the four games. And it, it's it's actually on on TV where I went over and I kicked the fucking goalpost. I had so many chances, I just couldn't put the ball in the back mm. of the net. And I came off the pitch, I came off the pitch, and I was fucking dreading going into the bar. Yeah, to see me die, you know, to see what he's going to fucking give me, mm. lash me out or something. You know, because I'd, I'd gone in a couple of times, I've scored two goals in one game. He came in, and he said, You're fucking dreadfully today. He, sh- he should have, <laughs> like, we win in two, like, we win two, one, and I scored the two goals. And he says, But you know yeah, what? I'd say that kept you on your toes. Yeah, so I went in, I said, I'm fucking not looking forward to this. And my two sisters used to go out, out to all the games now. I said, so I'm not looking forward to this. So I went in and went over, How are you? Yeah, Grant, how are you? Uh, do you want a point? Yeah, yeah, he says, Come on. So we used to walk to the bar and then I'd say, what do you think? And he just, he says, you're absolutely fucking brilliant today. Absolutely brilliant, he said. You're the best player in the park. He says, you didn't score a goal, he says, but you were the best player in the park. We won 4-1 and 
But then my mind was going like, what does he fucking think? Like, you know, mm. which way does he think? And even the lads were saying to me, fucking hell, you've done everything but for score. But, score but as a striker, you just want to get goals. Yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. You know? But going back to the, the Galway thing, I came home that evening and it was probably about 10 o'clock in the evening and my dad was sitting up and whatever, how'd you get on, Grant? And he says, look, go to bed, sleep and see what you think the next day, you know? So I got up, went to Brooks Thomas the next morning, blah, 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 thinking about her all day, went home. And we were training that, that night because that was on the, I travelled on the Wednesday and came back on the Thursday and went down training on the mm. Thursday. And before I went training, I just said that, I'm not going to sign. I'm going to stay where I am and I'm just going to fight for my place. And he says, well, fair enough, that's Grant. If you want to do that, that's fine. And uh, went in, trained away, never said that to McLaughlin, went in, trained, and McLaughlin then calls me after after training. Well, how did you get on last night? And I said, well, Jim, the way it is, uh, I'm going to stay here. And I said, I'm going to fight for my place. Shook me hand and said, I'm delighted you're staying. And Mick, w- would he been aware of what they were offering you? Oh, it was just, just, just the words that we would well, say he was. I, I'd say at means the time they, they, yeah. they, they had money to pay for me anyway so he he would have known I didn't talk about money to him at all because I didn't even talk to him about money when I signed for him yeah. so mm-hmm. I never really talked about money to him mm-hmm. you know so but the money was just fucking ridiculous absolutely ridiculous I would have been I probably would have been the top paid player in the country oh, by, a, by a mile yeah. and that's no joke by a mile Jesus. and I know I, I, I don't know what the likes of the top players in Shamrock Rovers are on, but I know what I, I'd have been way streaking away with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and but okay, and at the end of the day, at the time, to me, I was making enough money to live. I was I had the job, blah blah blah, and it wasn't about money. It was about playing the game and playing playing football. See, I think therein lies the difference between like in those days and now. Like I mean, if you got a fella now and like he could be playing for Rovers or anybody else, but. You offer him an extra fifty euros a week and bang, he's gone. God. He's gone, and you know that therein lies the difference, mm. isn't it? I, 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 you know because like uh, so yeah. it's integrity at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. It's not about having having some uh, some bottle really and just mm. thinking, yeah, I, I won't just take the money. I'll, I'll mm. stick it out and see mm. see what I can do. Because you you were in you loved what you were doing at the time. Mm. You loved Rover, so you said to stick it out. Mm. I stuck it out, and, and 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 the funny part of it, where we were playing balls. Um, and Michael O'Connor had got injured or something like that and I was actually in the team I was back in the team after a couple of weeks but Michael O'Connor then was sent over to the shops I don't know if you ever heard that story he was sent <laughs> McLaughlin sent him over get him 10 cigarettes across the road to the shops and he got fucking knocked out by a car what? Yeah, across the road he got, he got hit by a car and then he was out for a couple of, a couple of weeks then with, with an injury to his ankle do you remember that? No, I never heard yeah, that. Yeah, Michael fucking went across, I, I, sent I, I, across the road. I remember that she, it was one of the first times. It was, my, it was we, my dad that was <laughs> right in the car. <laughs> it was you driving. <laughs> it was dad, dad, go, go. <laughs> Put the foot down. Yeah. I remember one of the first times we played up in Derry, actually, and um, I don't know if it was a friendly or not. Like, uh, I can't remember. It was one of the first times yeah. we played in Derry, and 
Michael O'Connor broke his leg. That's right, we played in that. Yeah, that was a, that was a was, friendly game. And it was the friendly, wasn't it? And we stayed like, overnight there and it was. It was, was 50 of us travelled up in Mermer. There was only one bus load was went up. Yeah. We actually had the trophies on, on, mm. on the bus. And um, it was 12,000, remember? Mm. It was 12,000 at the game. Yeah. 12,000? Yeah, yeah. For only 50 rovers shovel? Yeah, that's all. They, had the, they, and were, they were in the Force Division at the time. That's they were right. Brought into the Force Division. But I remember he broke, he broke his leg. Yeah. And there was 12,000 people at the game. And I'll never, to the day I live, I'll never forget that sound of that mm. leg break. Mm. Those 12,000 yeah. people. Yeah. It was horrendous, yeah. Oh, it was horrific. Yeah. Mm. Well, the 1986-87 season be your best because you were PFAI, SWAI, club player of the year, top scorer in the whole league, and obviously Rovers, <laughs> double winners, nearly treble winners. Mm. So, was that your best season? Yeah, probably for me. It was probably my best season because, you know, getting voted... Uh, players player of the year and all that and then the supporters player of the year everything so everything clicked at that year you know and that was a firm fans favourite to, yeah. to be honest oh, yeah. Massive, yeah. Yeah. yeah and then when you, you when you think about it, like at, at the time all the good players that played in League of Ireland well, I'm not saying they all voted for me but you know they have a vote um, and the voting getting player of the year was massive Absolutely. That massive. must be actually. That must That's be. That's a right old feather in your cap, isn't it? Isn't it? It really is. Like, yeah. Okay, getting, getting the fans player of the year must be nice, but when, as you say, Gary, when's your peers voting for yeah. you? That must yeah. be just. It's, it's on a different right. level, yeah, isn't it? It's on a different level, mm-hmm. yeah. Because you're, yeah. You're, you're, it's, it's, you're just in a different. You're just in a different league then, you know, because mm-hmm. there's not that many, you know, when you when you count back the amount of years, there's only one a year. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And then the other. You know, the other thing is, is you're in a group of, of people that that scored over 100 goals in the league, and there's only yeah. something like 40 odd people that have ever scored a hundred, mm. over 100 goals. Mm. And being in that as well is great. Yeah, we got a, we, yeah. a couple of years ago, we got stuff for we got a, a trophy for that as well. So it's nice. Stuff. But that's yeah. that was one of the big big times you know in my mm. career yeah. so describe the emotions of the players and the fans when you were being told it's the last game at Milltown it's for both isn't it it's for both we'll start with you Mick um, was was there was it an emotional time in the dressing room it was absolutely horrendous you know we we, we as players didn't know the extent we didn't know that we, we knew like we like it, it was happening how to stop it we didn't know we didn't know how to stop it players come and go from teams yeah. and we were there to play football but we knew the hurt then because we were involved with we always kind of when we are playing we always knew that there was going to be a thousand Rover supporters wherever we go mm-hmm. whether they were home or away we knew there was going to be a thousand supporters so we knew the hurt of those thousand supporters and many more supporters that hurted at the time but again you're getting paid to do a job you go out and you play and there was no there was none of the lads actually wanted to play anywhere else but Talca Park as a home and it was a, it was a horrible time it was absolutely a horrible time when we went to Talca Park that full, first year we went mm. there it was dreadful because every all the supporters are outside I have some photographs back in the house at James and Coon yeah, yeah in 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 you know that gorgeous mullet out, outside <laughs> outside Talca Park talking to the lads after games and there was there was nothing about the game there was no buzz there's actually Mick um, there was a really really iconic photograph of you actually scoring a goal in Talker Park and you turned 
automatically as mm. you did well there was obviously no crowd there but you, you just turned and you had your hand up, mm. up in the air mm. and there was nobody there mm. and it was it was iconic in such a sad sad way mm. you know it really was but I mean obviously like you know he scored and as you mm. always do you, you turn automatically you turn what you think you turn is the crowd yeah. and he had his hand up like that there's no one there and there was nobody there mm. yeah it was it's just a sad time in football for for all the players, especially the supporters, you know, mm. because we were so close as a group to the supporters mm. and we wanted to do whatever whatever like whatever they wanted we, we tried to do for them. Yeah. Every given day, every time we played, every time we trained. So our training was as good as our play. So the supporters matches. were a, a focal point of, of massive, play. massive. Because we, we knew we knew what they wanted. Yeah, we knew what they wanted. They they wanted us to play well. They didn't want us. Not that they wanted didn't want us to win. They wanted us to play the way we could play. And nine times out of ten, we 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 won games. And um, do you think we're missing that nowadays, as regards to the the players' yeah, I, opinions I think, of the fans? I think we are. I think I think, and it's not only at Shamrock Rovers. I think it's at a lot of clubs. Yeah. I think what's missing is that the, the connection between players and supporters is just drifted so yeah. far you know and I think you try and get back to that we have an unbelievable opportunity at Sean McGrovers to do it unbelievable opportunity because we have so much they have so much at Sean McGrovers now to do it and there's a massive core support yeah, base there as well massive absolutely massive and the connection has to be tied together again it can't be you can't it can't be drifted mm. that far apart mm-hmm. it, we're quite Far apart now, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think so. Mm. And tell us about your emotions on the, the last day of uh, to- of of Milltown. Oh God, um, the, the, the you know the the story broke on the on the the Friday, I think it was, and um, Friday before the game. Friday before the game, and that, that- was that close the, to it? Yeah, the game was on the Sunday. The story broke in the press on. Oh, the, on so the just so, so we can let's say any any mm. listeners don't actually know. So it was up in the air before that. There was obviously rumours and moans no, about it. No, well, nothing. Uh, we, no, it was out of the blue. So uh, the last uh, uh, game... Certainly as fans, we had never, ever heard anything about Milltown being sold. So the Friday, before the, the game, I, you I, were told, Milltown's being sold. That's the end of it. We, I, I went in, I used to get this paper on the, on the way home from work, and um, I went in, and the guy, obviously, he, he knew it was a Rawls fan, and he says, Jesus, what do you think about Milltown being sold? And I said, what? the hell are you on about no way and I got the paper and there was a it was in the paper and it was one of these things that you, you talk like well it's not going to happen you know it was mm. just you thought to yourself well it, this is like paper talk there's no way it's going to happen but um, the, the other semi-final was on the Friday I can't remember who was but like in those days a lot of us would have gone to sort of other games like so it was the other semi-final the cup a lot of Rovers fans would have gone, and so we, we sort of went, and we, we were, you know, we were standing, I think it was in Daily, but I can't remember who was playing, and we were yapping, and, uh, like, straight away, we we sort of said, well, look, it, let's do, if, if, if they're thinking about it, let's do something about it, and we said, okay, we'll be on the pitch at half-time, and sort of, obviously, it was not social media in those days, so word of mouth spread, and... Um, like it was just a given the half time we were going on the pitch um, yeah. at the game and, and, and that's what we did and but again we, we, we still we, we still thought like I mean it's not going to happen you know but 
as time went on, then it became more more evident that it that it, it was going to happen. And we were playing. I think it was it was a midweek game. The following week, we were playing home farm in Talca. And I was walking a lad, um, we sort of stopped on the game since, but the two of us were yapping about it. He said, you know what, we have to we have to do something about it. So we decided, anyhow, we made up these sort of placards. We decided in our own heads to put a, our own little picket on talk of the, <laughs> the two of us. Right. And uh, so a lot of you... How old were we at the time? Um, I, was, I think it was 19, I think, maybe. With a mother. So with a mother. <laughs> Obviously, you guys were the same. So a lot of the other Rovers lads came along then on the night and they said, look, let's go into the game and let's do some sort of protest. So we got on the pitch. I think it was probably half through the game. A lot of us got on the pitch anyhow to protest. And I think Ray Tracy was manager at Home Farm at the time. And um, he came on and he said, look, lads, I've got a group of young lads here. He says, they just want to play a match. He said, I completely, you know, Completely sympathised with just what he said. Look, at we just please just get off the pitch and let us play the game. So we did, and but then I suppose look, at the campaign took off then, and it was just decided then that I mean we just wanted rid of the coins, and the only way we could, the only way we could visualise that happening was to starve the middle of the club. I suppose for want of yeah. a better word, so. We decided then to put a picket on uh, every game where I was played in Talca. And uh, the first game, you know, there was probably, I don't know, possibly 200 Rovers fans maybe on the picket. And then as it went on, like everything else, there was a hardcore, maybe 30, 40 of us, maybe, whatever, that would have gone to every single game in Talca just, just to put a, um, a picket. And yeah, it was a horrible time because, like, to be honest with you, like, hand on heart like I mean most of us that were on the picket we wanted Rovers to lose and that was the most bizarre experience because like in our heads we conflicted really wasn't it well we didn't want Rovers to win because we didn't want Rovers you didn't didn't want want to see Talca justifies his success maybe yeah and we and we didn't want the coins to get any money from winning the league or anything like that so that was the logic in our heads it was it was a horrible time there's no two ways about it but like we we did everything we could. I mean, we put it to picking on Talca Park every time, and we we did like we put we would have uh, there was hardcore of us would have every FEI meeting, we would have gone. We would have put the picket outside the yeah. the every FEI meeting. We would have gone to that as well, and um, like we did what we could to to try and save the club. And look, we weren't successful, but. Um, as I said, look, it was a. There's no dressing up. It was. A, it was a horrible time. It's a horrible time for the players. It was certainly. What was it like for you, Mick? Playing during the Talca boycott season. I didn't enjoy it at all. I mean, at the end of that season, I uh, just after the cup final, I got a, a move down to Den Haag, and it was just one of those things. Well, Jesus, is, is that the best thing for me? To get a move, and it probably was the best thing because I couldn't, I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to stick it. Yeah. Not playing in front of the supporters that you kind of, I'm not saying you grow grew up with them, but you got to know them so well, you know. You get attached to them. Yeah, you get attached, and it just got 
fucking like these lads are standing outside. These these are the lads have been paying your wages for mm. the last couple of years. It's fantastic that that actually affected your mindset. Oh yeah, you taught no, all the players did yeah. because it, you at at the time if you look back the like the likes of Mick Neville, Kevin Brady, John Cody, no and they went to Derry. Mm. They they travelled mm. with McLaughlin back to Derry. Yeah, you know. He was looking. He 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 seen an opportunity to to get all these players from Shamrock Rovers to go there, and they did. Like it, 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 it literally, it tore the heart and soul out of the club. Mm. Like it really, really did. Just yeah. tore the heart and, and soul. And then you out have the you have the likes of uh, like uh, volunteers picking up memorabilia or skips. Yeah, yeah, that that that's a fact that that happened. Uh, I mean, the coins literally they they emptied the, the the stadium. They got a skip. And he threw everything, trophies, you name it, on a skip. And plus, you know, Jimmy Conroy, uh, Carl, like, mm. went up and retrieved stuff out of a skip. Mm. So that sort of showed what the clients thought of Rovers. And I mean, Wait, that, me, that, that makes me up. sick to my stomach thinking of that. Mm. That yeah, they actually, troll memorabilia. I mean, think about how hard. Well, it all he had to do was make a phone call to somebody out of the sports club yeah. and say, "Look, it." Um, a lot of gear here. Yeah. Do you want to take yeah, it yeah, you take anybody, it. Anybody, anybody, anybody. Yeah. There was, as I said, there was a thousand supporters there week in, week out. Whether you win, lose, or draw, they were there, and they were willing to take anything. Guaranteed, you make anything. one phone call, they jump at. Oh yeah, oh, it'd be a cue. Yeah. It'd be cue. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. But it was a uh, yeah horrible, horrible time. And Mickey mentioned then Hag there. Tell us about your experience in Holland. What was that like? We had a uh, Paul Dunst that was quite interested. Yeah, um, notice, yeah. He's a, he's he actually in that photograph of you with. The, the, the beautiful mullet <laughs> and he's front and centre of the photograph yeah. and uh, you were one of his idols so he wants to know about your experience and Dan Hagen yeah. how did that come about because I'm it's one thing I always say in the show and I say to the prof it started off with our fascination with championship manager in the year 2000 I'm fascinated with transfers and how they come about mm. and how the contact is made and yeah. what happens and mm. the, the dealings that, that happen I, I just love it I think I love mm. the ins and outs of it and mm. uh, tell us how the Dan Hag um, just after the the cup final, the Dundalk cup final, in fact, um, I got a I got a call from um, well not a call I got Jimmy McGee, the famous Jimmy McGee, got in touch with me, oh, yeah. and um, asked me would I be interested in going um, going down to going to Saint Etienne, and I said yeah, you know, and at the time. It was the time of the bad times at Rovers, you know. So I said, "Yeah, look." Or, Could you, you imagine know. Billy Big Bollocks rolling around <laughs> at the end, eh? <laughs> with the phrase, <French. laughs> "Living so, the dream." Uh, yeah, living the dream. Yeah, <laughs> fucking um, in France, fucking. Yes, yes. Next thing, a Frenchman pinned up against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, just fucking. It was. It was. Uh, it was one of those times, and then next of all, I had I'd meeting up with the, the chairman of Saint Etienne, and they said, "Look, we're there's two players that they were interested in Europe, and blah blah blah. You were one of them." And I said, "Okay." And then I got another call by a fellow, uh, Chris Turing, who was uh, a Dutch guy, who was an agent in in Holland, and he he wanted me to go to Holland. So did he ever he, tell you how he got your number or how he found out about you? He he had a friend over here that was involved with. Um, with Sligo and he was a sponsor in Sligo he had a a pharmacy company and he was involved he was sponsored uh, Sligo and he was a good friend of his 
and I think that connection was obviously just, hair make, he, make yeah, looking yeah, for a movie looking because because there's yeah. somebody mm-hmm. somebody here that you might be interested yeah. in and he came over and he watched a couple of games and then um, a couple of days after that then I got a, a call from him um, uh, it was through Dermot Keeley Dermot got on to me and he said look there's, there's a lad from Holland looking to talk to you so he says okay and first of all he wanted me to come over I went to Feyenoord and you probably read the story yeah. in the, about the Feyenoord gig um, but um, it was went to Feyenoord done a bit of a trial with Feyenoord and didn't that didn't materialise but it ended up it was then he was come on we got you know, oh, I want to get you the Sparta Rotterdam and I said yeah look whatever you know but anyway did, you get, did up, you get over there eventually Sparta Rotterdam no I didn't go to Sparta I ended up did you go for the whole no I didn't go for a trial with them I'd done the trial with Feyenoord and then I came back home for a while and then I was home for probably about three three to four weeks and then I went back over and I then signed for Den Haag the oldest club in Holland I think mm. Sparta Rotterdam yeah I was mm. in the stadium really excited mm. so that's that's how that came about and I played there till the end of the season they were bottom of the league and it was just fucking like there there was some really good teams over there like the first first game I went over I was there for a week and the first match I played in was against Ajax so Jesus. that was my first game Baptism on the Sunday yeah. yeah that was my first game on the Sunday they'd been, been beaten 9-1 by them in previous game in, in Ajax pitch and then we played them at home there was 18,000 people at the game and we in drew the Den Haag Stadium yeah we drew one all we drew one all and so it was kind of and you started again yeah, started it. Yeah, started it. And then on the Wednesday, we played against PSV. On the Wednesday, so the two the, the two top teams we played within a week, in my first week we were there, and we drew one all with them as well. So I was saying to myself, "Fucking hell, I must be that bleeding Messiah." <laughs> so, but anyway, things kind of turned a different direction for me. You know, I didn't really feel. You're you know, fluent in Dutch, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't really feel... Yeah. I didn't really feel part of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't get that, what I had with Rovers. I didn't even get it, what I had with, with Shelbourne, you know? Yeah. I didn't get that togetherness yeah. thing. They were all bleeding ponces, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably the biggest ponce out of the whole lot. <laughs> they weren't at my level, you know? Well, so I, I remember, actually... They were at their true level yeah. of ponces. I remember yeah. when you actually signed for them. And I can't remember what station, but on a, I remember on Tuesday night here, they used to show highlights of the Dutch yeah, League. Yeah, that was the, the, the uh, Sky. Sky, that's Sky, right. Sky. Yeah. So I remember like religious. You were tuning in. Oh, jeez, you'd be tuning in just to see Mick Bourne yeah. playing for Den Haag. Honestly, yeah. I, like, I had no interest in the Dutch League, no interest in football. <laughs> it was Mick Bourne playing for Den Haag. So, Jesus, every Tuesday you were tuning in. There. Yes, look at this. Look at him. <laughs> and uh, did you. Did you score many goals for that? Yeah, I, I, I scored 12 goals over there. Yeah, but again, I always felt that it was a bit, you know, fucking hell, this, this is not for me, you know. What about the style of football? Was it much different? Yeah, it was kind of, it was a totally, totally different, totally different. You weren't playing a 4 4 2. The fucking system over there was a bit crazy, you know. Yeah. It was, it was a bit, you know, 3 5. One one and <laughs> oh God. And what about the uh, <laughs> social life? Where were you? It was it was all right. It was good. Yeah. yeah the, and, and in fairness, the lads were 
really good good lads some of the lads were good like uh, Martin Yall was the captain of the really uh, yeah, he was the captain of the team actually tell us, tell us the best player you played against in the Dutch league uh, well Van Basten was probably the best and um, he would have been one of the better ones that played against third, Van yeah. yeah. Um, did you get his jersey no no, no. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of you would think with all the players that you played against yeah, you're fucking looking for that jersey or something yeah. you know you never done that. No. Yeah. Well, every yeah. supporter would be. You should have got his fucking jersey. Yeah. And I'm thinking now. Yeah, I should have. Moved but he would have been. Yeah, he would have been your rival at the time. Yeah. 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 I'm not getting his jersey. You yeah. didn't want to see that. Could yeah. be seen as a weakness, couldn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah so that was a. They were all good times. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, you came back to Rovers again briefly in 1988 and again in 1990. And Tommy Tormey said this. He said, watching Brian Kerr moaning about the lack of promotion of the league in RT last night, I couldn't help thinking. 20,000 people showed up to the first game at the RDS and yourself and Noel King produced the worst match in history, you prick. <laughs> Hopefully I wasn't the only one you played that day in 1990, Mick. So that was the RDS game. Yeah, I came back. I think it was, I don't know, it was over 20,000, probably they said 26,000 people at the game, but it was a fucking terrible game. Mm. Terrible. I think the two teams should have got together the night before, had a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> let's make this fucking. Why not? Let's make, let's make this right. Why not? Let's go for it. Yeah. Let's you should have a few beers before the game. Yeah. A couple of, and couple the, of the teal and whiskies we just had. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it was it was an awful game. Awful game. So Noel King was the manager at the time, and it was it was fucking horrendous game. But. um when I came back I came back and I played the first game that Rovers played in Dalymount Park and then went to Huddersfield I was only back three weeks mm. and I signed for own hand in in Huddersfield mm. and then I came back again to Rovers and signed with Kingard at the time mm. you know? yeah so but yeah it was uh, it was obviously a different club you came back to they were yeah it was, it was team. Dalymount they, they, they were went, horrendous things yeah the only familiar players would have been John Cody, Peter Eccles, yeah. Harry Kenny from the Gory days. Yeah, they would have been. They would have mm. been still there. Yeah, I think John Cody had gone gone away and come back then again to Rovers. You know, mm. but in that meantime, you know, so mm. we're gonna get. Yeah, it was just. Yeah. It wasn't. Uh, wasn't a good time. You know, it wasn't a good time. I I came back so. when I when I went to the RDS. Then it was just. It was actually not the same club. You know, it wasn't mm. the same club. The the. the the crowd weren't beside you they weren't on top of you they weren't I think everybody kind of couldn't wait to get out of fucking that area and get fucking back to their local pubs yeah yeah that's true well, yeah it's true yeah it wasn't the same vibe it wasn't yeah, definitely, definitely not, not. Vibe, no, definitely not well Mickey had a bit of a career renaissance in Monaghan of all places and they won promotion for the first time in 1993 and you probably thought that you'd never win another medal again in the Premier Division but uh your mum were in Dundalk in 1995 mm. so uh, tell us a bit about that yeah the, the, to be honest with you I, I, I left Rovers and I went to I went to Sligo Dan McKay was the manager in Sligo went down there and at the time I when I played down there everything was going okay but just they basically ran out of money at mm. the time Jeez. and uh, so uh, at that time to me it was you know you need to be putting food on the table so mm. it was about money then you know or of course you know because you were putting so much effort in blah 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 so it was a bit about the money at the time and they said look we can't afford you so I kind of got a bit disillusioned with the whole football game here and I I left Sligo and packed it in and my good buddy was in um, Shells at the time Pat Bourne 
and ask me we'll go down there and give them a dig out and maybe play in the play in the second team or you know help out the kids and I said mm. I would didn't want to get paid or anything like that well, I ended up back there for a couple of months and then Billy Baxter uh, came to me and asked me would I be interested in coming to Monaghan and I went down there and John Cody was there as well so I said yeah could, some good friends of mine were down there we were called the Blue Rinse Brigade at the time <laughs> and we had a great great buzz it was a really good buzz around the club you know they were a, a young young group uh, of lads and they were fucking willing to fucking work mm. and we went down there and again you're, you're training in some park over the north side then you're training somewhere else then you're training somewhere else it was mm. a bit like that and I was yeah. it was a bit all over the place but in fairness the group of lads stuck together and said Look, let's let's ride this out mm. we had a great a great thing going on really good thing going on we used to get a bus down to Monaghan bus back talking about grades of beer Crates of, <laughs> of beer went on the bus, you know, and it was on the way back. It was a jolly up on the way back. Yeah. Great bit of laugh. We played so well, we got promoted. We we, we got promotion, won and got promoted, and it was an absolutely great time. Yeah. And we were in, we played in the Premier down, and we were playing, if you remember the time when the Premier broke into half. That's right, yeah. And yeah. we were in the top half then. Yeah. Right, we actually got into the top <coughs> yeah. half. I hate that crap. Yeah. I hate that top yeah, six. Yeah, that was, same a, here, it, yeah. was, it was a bit crazy that you were playing. Mm. You might have played the teams four times a season, played mm, some right. team yeah. twice. That's but right. anyway, that's they, mm. they tried this gig, but we ended up we ended up in the top part of it. I mean, I think we had fourth in that league mm. in the end. But it was a bit was just, yeah. but we probably wouldn't have ended up fourth in a league. We probably yeah. would have been out eight or something like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> At the time when they did break, we were in the right position mm. that we did go into the top six part yeah. of it, you know. So, but it was a good time, and then they kind of ran out of money, and I don't know whether I was getting all the money or not, but they ran They said, look, there's, there's no money left, and Dermot McKeeley then had moved from Sligo to Dundalk, and he was on to me, and he said, look, do you fancy coming here? And I said, yeah, why not? Mm. I'd been out again for kind of six months, and that enjoyed it then went back to Monaghan started really enjoyed it again still scored a couple of goals and then went to Dundalk and we won another trophy there so it's all yeah. good mm. so your career it was pretty much winding down at that stage you wanted to get into coaching you were appointed manager St James's Gate but they withdrew from the league so you reunited with Pat Bourne again as assistant in Rovers in 96 so playing a few games as well when he needed you so mm. how did the St James's Gate team come along uh, it was it was probably through Pat again because Pat was at the moving to Rovers from there and he just says we look at there looking for a, for somebody to come in and would you would you do help them out and he was quite quite pally with them and he said look would you go in there and help them out and I said yeah because I'm, I'm at that stage where yeah. I local as well finish. yeah it's local yeah, want to exactly, finish yeah. want to finish playing football and would they played on the Crumlin Road at that time yeah, now, yeah? that's exactly where they were going to play yeah and I said yeah great I'm into that and I went down and they they couldn't get they couldn't get the pass through or anyway into the League of Ireland whatever and it, mm. it all kind of broke up and then Pat just says to me look come on come to us and join in with us and do the training with us and mm. and I played a couple of games as well <coughs> played a couple of first yeah. game games as mm. well and, yeah. and like mm. The likes of Billy Boy Malive. Just jump playing. in and score a few yeah. goals here and there, you know? Yeah, well, I always remember uh, <laughs> the game down and um, we're playing down in Kilkenny. It was. Evergreen. Evergreen. Was this your last ever goal? 
possibly. Um, you got two. Possibly, yeah, two we scored. Two in extra time. Yeah. We we weren't playing really well, and uh, I'd come on and scored. It was a cup game. That's um, a senior cup. Yeah, and uh, come on and, and scored two goals in that. And uh, just every time I see Billy Boy now, I just slag him over that because he was. I said you played ninety minutes. I played about twenty minutes. I scored two goals, and you could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, Here's yeah. a pop quiz for you. Do you remember the Evergreen goal? The Evergreen goal was scored by a next Rovers player, was it? No. Something special about the goal. Something special about it. Mm-hmm. Something special. Or not? Their goalkeeper scored from his own box. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was mad fucking windy there or something, wasn't it as well? Yeah, yeah. 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 Kicked it over everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we asked Alan Mans about that last week because he scored a goal like that in his yeah. career once for Linfield from his own box. So he became Rowers manager in 1997. So how did you find management I, there I, for two I, seasons? To be honest with you, I found it all right. I was like, oh, I, I, the thing about well, I feel about me was I'm going to tell you the truth. So I'm going to tell you whether you're you're at it or you're not at it. Yeah. And that's the way I was with managers. You were with players, and you know, and I felt that if you don't tell the truth, they fucking don't believe you. Yeah, well, like, why mince around? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to fucking mm. tell you you're doing great and you're, you're fucking doing shy. So I'm going to tell you, look, you're not in. And if you come to me and ask me why I'm not in, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to say, well, you haven't been doing it. Mm. Like you were fucking shy two weeks ago, you you know, or you know, you're not doing it in training, like you're giving the ball away. Yeah. And I always believe in you as a as a footballer, if you give the ball away three times you should take the, the manager should take you off. But that goes back to what we were talking about earlier on with the at the derby. Yeah. You know, I, I know he's only a recent addition Dylan Watts, Dylan Watts he's yeah. been fantastic, mm. but he gave the ball away yeah. constantly. Mm. And, and and that needs to like I, I didn't see him being pulled. Yeah. I didn't see anybody getting yeah. in his ear and saying, listen, mm. fuck it, do that again. Yeah, exactly. Bo- yeah. Give him a bollocking. Yeah. Well, everybody's too nice Didn't nowadays. Yeah. Give him a bollocking, pull him up and say, yeah. see that side of your foot? I don't want you to fucking hit the ball with that again. Yeah. Use your yeah. instep. You just pass the ball. That's yeah. all you have to do. You're well you able. You the ball. If you, if you fucking give the ball away. Fuck's sake. Three times in the trot. Fuck me. You can't do three that. Three times. Yeah. What would Pat Bourne have done if he gave no, the ball away three times in the trot? He would have been definitely up against I'd the wall. He'd say he'd abortion. Yeah. He'd abortion. Yeah. Oh, he wouldn't be getting a point afterwards either. You can mm. fuck off. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. So looking at your two seasons, Mick, uh, we won the FBI Super Cup. Mm. Uh, there was a great game actually against Aldi Sport. Yeah. Oh, in the Tata Cup. Almost knocked him out. Won a Tata Cup. Yeah. It was one of those where basically well, we, were, we were playing and we were out on our feet at the time and we uh, Tony Cousins was playing and Tony was really struggling at the time just to to get through the game, you know, because he had a bad injury and that, and he just struggled through to get the, and he he chased the ball into the corner and d- didn't get it, and they turned around and opened up and fucking we were we were a little bit out of shape. If he'd have sat off, maybe we'd have held on mm. and got through, but we didn't. But I thought I thought that team that I had at the time could be built on because mm. we had really really good players. Mm. We could have built on that team and made them really, really good. Because I thought they were a special group of players that could excite the team, excite the supporters. More than I've seen before their group, mm. and I thought they were a really exciting group. Uh, we we ended up playing the following year, and I think it was, um, I don't know, it was Pats and Cork probably ran away with the fucking league I think it was over by Christmas would that have been Ozo's team? 
Yeah. That was those yeah. bats. Yeah. We were we were kind of we were we were in third position all the way through. And them two were running away with it. Yeah. We mm. we got pretty much the same situation we're in now. Yeah. Mm. Well we we had probably four of our best players sideline for eighty percent of the, the league. You know, Tony Cousins was Tony Cousins for was a long one time. of them. He was fucking struggling big time. Cousin was was blighted with injuries, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He was struggling big time. We <coughs> lost him. Brendan Markey again would have been only a bit player with us but got injured. Mm. You know, mm. we had we'd um we'd uh, Jason Sherlock at the time as well, That's who was right, a, yeah. a bit player yeah. that was was injured. Mm. So we'd no actual goal scorer, we'd no actual forward. We played um Sean Sean Francis. Probably Sean Francis a yeah. little bit. And Sean to me now I spoke to Sean lots of times. I didn't think Sean was that player, that quality player, you know. Um, that would score you. Sean would score you five goals a year as a centre forward. Yeah. To me, that's not good enough. Mm. And that's the way he was. And played Sean a lot. And then I was, you know, yeah. Obviously, he, he knew how you felt about him as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we had a bit of a falling out as well. And you no, know, but I, I can give a fillers about <laughs> you know falling out with a fellow that can't score, put the ball in the back of the foot. <laughs> so you know, um, but a lovely lad. Lovely lad, yeah. but just you know, I couldn't get the, mm. I couldn't get what I wanted out of him, you know. So uh, we were uh, we were back at Talca at that stage, and this was around the time Tata was first being moved, wasn't it? Around mm. 96, 97. We actually merged with Tata Town. Yeah, mm. uh, the schoolboys did, and of course Tata ends up taking another twelve years, and mm. of course we were training all over the place. So how difficult was that? How much that affect yeah. the team? Um, in fairness to the the guys, they done whatever I wanted them to do. They trained wherever I wanted them to train. We trained actually in one night. We trained actually in the spa with car. Park. <laughs> do you know what we heard about this? Yeah. Um, who told us about this? Daryl. Daryl yeah. was telling us about doing shuttles in the car park. Yeah, <laughs> in the car park, and there was you, they have a they have a now now the five sides up there, and there was a little bit of green there where mm. we were able to. Mm. To roll up and down on the on the grass mm. and do a few shuttles and that, but that's where we were. Then we were in time in park as well. That's unbelievable, isn't and it? The, the late Dennis Dennis Dairy, remember? Yeah, Dennis? I remember Dennis? Yeah, Dennis yeah. Dairy yeah. actually yeah. knew the guy in the parks, in that park there, and they used to give <coughs> us the best pitch in there mm. and let us try in there. And uh, but Daryl Daryl was saying that you'd get a you'd get a show saying this the fucking park rangers on his way. Yeah, 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 fucking yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, like the the club office. Was actually in the spa, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I actually remember that door yeah. never opened that often. Well, no, I remember actually, here. when I moved, <laughs> I was only up here, like we were up here, we were up here in Tallinn 24 years. And when I moved up here first, anyhow, they were setting up this residence committee. So, looking age, anyhow, I ended up on the committee, you know. And uh, so the Tallinn Stadium was being talked about, you know, on, on the committee. And they were saying, oh, Jesus, no, we can't have this. Now, sure, people be parking outside of houses and blah, blah, blah. So they were putting in huge objections to it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I remember ringing the club anyhow, because I, I, I sort of had the inside track what was going on. And I remember I, I remember going down, you obviously probably don't remember this, but I remember going down meeting yourself and Pat mm-hmm. in the offices and said, look, I was at this meeting last night, <laughs> and this is what this is what's going on, mm-hmm. because they, you know, they, they're going to object to this and object to that and all that. But... 
Yeah, they were deluded, like you know, mm-hmm. it was just typical residents' association. Yeah. Speaking of the the whole long road of Tala and Thomas Davis, GAA blocking us getting in the tally your son Sean is behind us here and he has a story he has about a story Thomas about Thomas Davis, Davis. Uh, and yeah. let's just so, so for our fans who do there. not know um, Ray Wilson put Thomas Davis on the list of hatred and Ray was extremely emotional as regards to this topic mm. because his father was Jack and Jack Wilson I remember seeing Jack on the buses and I remember the gentleman that got me involved with Rovers was Kenny Barrett and Kenny Barrett used to say Gar that is Mr. Shamrock Rovers there at the back of the bus uh, yeah, absolutely. and that is Jack Wilson and um, he used to say to me he'd say he pretty much saved the club and mm. when it comes down to Thomas Davis Ray put him on the list of age and I probably between yourself James and Ray I've never seen as much passion on the podcast as mm. James was with the picket and Ray was talking about Thomas Davis and mm. he pretty much put it down to them he said my father didn't see talent because of Thomas Davis because mm-hmm. of their because they had the bollocks with mm. the court case and his father died I think it was three months just before talent opened that's right yeah. and yeah. he was heartbroken because of that and mm. uh, we have Sean here so Sean's going to give us a little anecdote about Thomas Davis and their carry on yeah well basically I played with Davis since I was about four years of age that's when I started playing with them and um Coming up to the whole car case, I was still I was quite young at the time, so I, I wasn't I wasn't fully aware of like the seriousness of it and what was actually happening really in a way. But the day Rovers won the car case, uh, I had a, pre- a medal presentation in Davis's that night, and to be honest with you, I don't even fully remember the on this. It's only since my dad reminded me. Mm. But I um, basically my dad went up to the bar in a Rovers jersey and ordered a pint, and the barman said to him. Jeez, you have some balls coming in here with that jersey on. <laughs> he was saying I've made a long day for this, but then they called my name anyway, and I had my Davis's tracksuit top on. And when they called my name for the medal, I pulled, I ripped it down, and went up in a Rover jersey. And I got my picture <laughs> taken, like shaking a man's hand in a Rover jersey. And all. This is just after the court case. It was the day after. It was the day after. It was the day after. Yeah. So it's still I mean, fresh. The freshest yeah. of wounds. Genuinely, like you know, he was playing for Davis's hands. Look at he was a kid and you know look at 100% agree with what you're saying you know you can't get involved the yeah. politics I, you know he was a Rovers fan but I, I never preached the politics and um, genuinely I didn't have a clue he was doing no no, genuinely I really didn't like obviously I went up with Rovers and the whole lot and they were actually yeah they were called up one at a time like they collect their medals and they're all obviously in the Davis's tops and when they called Sean Coop and I, I saw him peeling off his, his top and I said what the hell is he doing and he had a Rovers jersey on <laughs> Jesus Christ I, I've never been as proud in my life I mean I, like, but they didn't know what to make of it they really didn't I, I thought I think they thought I honestly thought they were going to throw them out of the kick them out yeah, but I mean, like, uh, like I think it was just the king. Like, like I never preached it to him or whatever. I, I, I genuinely didn't. But it was at that moment I said, you know what, we have him. But you know what, we all, I only touched on this recently, and um, I, I'd never push my views on my son. No, you can't. It's, it's not fair. So no. recently, I'm sitting with him on a Saturday. It's me day off, so we're chilling now, and we just came in from a cycle. So we're sitting there, and we we're flicking through the channels. I think we we're looking for the. There was a game on a half five. I think it was a Dutch game, and I think it was Ajax against somebody. So we're looking for a game. just just a game to watch. Sitting and, and sitting me so watch a game of football, mm. and I flicked on to RTE and there was there was some sort of GAA on, mm. 
Mm. And he just turns around out of nowhere and he, goes, and he said, Dad, turn that off. <laughs> and I said, well, it piqued my interest. I said, why do you want to turn it off? He says, we don't watch that. That's not really? what, we don't yeah. watch that. It's, yeah. it's Rovers. Yeah. And, and I, I have never spoke to him about the GAA at all. Yeah. So I'm guessing he might have heard some sort of anti-GAA something possibly. at the games. Yeah, but possibly. I've never spoke well, to him. Well, you never, like, yeah. But I'd never want him to discriminate against anybody. No, no, but no. Deep down, not. I thought to myself, good fucking on you. They you really know, it's, do. Like, they, but they, they're a horrible organisation. They really are. I mean, it, it, what sums them up is the whole Liam Miller situation. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's that's yeah, horrendous. They were, they were guilted into doing mm. that. And mm. for them to be guilted into doing that, it's 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 a it's a deceased man and it was just about making a few quid for his family. Yeah, well, so, call them dinosaurs, didn't he? Yeah, don't, that, that's exactly yeah. what they are. So I mean, that's what you're dealing with. But so we've got to. That, that, that's what Thomas Davis are like all over. So I'll tell you yeah. everything about them as well. There's a, a manager up there who's the year above me, and this is how much they hate him. This fella, I won't name him now, just in case it's a few yeah. yeah. Um, at one of the trainings, I I'd, I'd seen this happening now just because I'd just finished I'd just finished training and they were. The other team were starting just after me, and a lad on his team came up in a Rover jersey, and he literally physically ripped the jersey off his off your man. Literally physically ripped it off him. Well, and he um, had to, he had to buy him a new jersey and everything. Like yeah, well, he had to apologise. See, that's what you're doing. Some, that's what you're doing. Something completely, yeah. really. But yeah, and like I mean, I think, like you know what we spoke about um, Jack Wilson earlier on. Like I mean, like Jesus, Jack was like. You know, he was Mr. Rovers. He really was. And like for for Jack not to get to see um Rovers playing talent. But there's was, plenty of people who never crime. saw the likes of Nipper. There's the loads. Nipper who never saw Sherlock Rovers. There's, there's plenty of people who never and saw And that's why you know talent. sometimes like I mean, you know, people like I mean I'd I'd have conversations like mates of mine that are not Rovers fans and like they think I'm extremely bitter, but like, and I probably am, but I'm bitter because of of, of situations like that. But you, like you, really you look at the emails. Look what happened. You, you have every right to be bitter because they they literally tried to bleed Rovers to death as regards to the <coughs> phones because the, the emails were leaked. They wanted the last man standing. That's what it's all about. Yeah. They wanted Rovers to be gone. They didn't want Completely, Rovers to exist. Yeah, yeah. So for that, like, how how could you like? There's certain fans out there who still go to Dublin games. Fair enough. You want to do that? Go ahead. But I just don't, I don't understand get it. that. I don't get it. I don't. I think someone said it to me before. They yeah. said it's like your brother riding your missus. <laughs> How could you? I don't it's, get it. It no, break your heart. Look, I'm not a fan of, of the game, whatever. But I just look at Easter on, but wouldn't yeah. be for me anyhow. But uh, we have Tommy again, Tommy Tommy, and uh, quite the vocal Rovers fan. He's um, with that beautiful head of hair. He had he he cut it recently, didn't he? Yeah. So he was like he was like uh, Samson. I think he's lost his powers now. He, he got rid of it. It was quite the mullet actually. He was oh, not like, as nice as mine. The, the, the silver mullet. <laughs> and uh, he said he doesn't remember a huge clamor for your removal, even though we are finished just three points above the relegation playoffs. He wants to know if you think the club should have spent less on wages and more on being professional, as in hiring training facilities and uh, some fourth division clubs doing now the way they do that. I don't know. Was no. there a big wage bill then? At the time? Yeah. That was, yeah, but I was fucking getting well paid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know oh, what? That's, <laughs> I like that, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, you're not dancing around it. No, I, I think everybody everybody was well paid, but I don't think the, the, the people behind the scenes had that vision. I mean, they had the vision. Do you reckon the club was being run on a, like a week to week Yeah, basis? it was a week to week. It was very 
like it was amateur football, you know yeah. what I mean? And that's the, the way they thought. And I mean, it wasn't there wasn't that many places that you could go. Like as I said earlier on, everybody wanted to play at Milltown, yeah, like because it was the place to play. Uh, so there was no, you can see, there's still clubs out there that mm. still have the same dressing rooms that I played in. Yeah. So we haven't moved on. Not not a lot of teams have moved on f- far enough as, as I'm concerned. But there was no money in the game, like, um. So I don't think I don't think that you know there was people there to put money into the game. There was saying we got paid big wages or anything like that. We got wages, but it wasn't anything. Yeah, you wages. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, tell you what, let's get down to the nitty gritty here now, because in the last week or so, not sorry, in the last forty eight hours, there's been a lot of criticism aimed at the board, right? Mm. Do you think that Shamrock Rovers are in a positive position as regards to when you were involved, and do you think that they're going in the right direction with the current board that are involved? Because at the moment, there is quite a lot of criticism towards the board as regards to their managerial appointments, and the way I feel about it is right. Since Michael O'Neill, we have appointed literally every single type of manager. We have mm, appointed, you, yeah. straight after O'Neill, we appointed Kenny, which was the right appointment in my eyes, right? Per- perfect mm. appointment. It didn't work out because of the dressing room that was there. We won't go into that. Mm. Then you had Crawley, who was the best coach in the league. And then you had Nutsy, who was the fans' favourite. Mm-hmm. So we have literally gone and down... And the most successful manager And the, the most successful manager in the league. We have years. gone down every single road and it hasn't worked. So the way I'm looking at it now is we need to get Roachy get down and piss in every corner on the corner flag and get rid of that gypsy course because <laughs> it's just not working at the moment. What, what, what is the problem? We have literally gone down every single road as regards to a coach and an appointment. What is the problem? What, why can't we succeed as a team? Do you think that the board is the problem? Because that you, know, you don't have to answer if you don't want it. You can be critical if you want. But the a lot of people are blaming the board. as re- I, I think they have taken us a long way as regards to the the relegation season and I think that we are in a positive place as a club but on the pitch at the moment it's not great at the moment but we're still we're still toward we're, we're far we're running for toward but yeah but it, you know it's not if, if you get what it, I'm saying yeah but I mean is toward though like where you know we need to sort of it's toward but there's no know, magic potion to get us to force though is there for Shamrock Rovers like are we happy just to get toward get just to get to Europe? Is that the criteria we're using? I mean, we spoke earlier on like we we've a decent budget, and yeah, okay, it's more than decent. It, it's more than decent. So I mean, okay, like it, it's going to be very very difficult thing to 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 break down uh, Cork, and Dundalk, but I I I I maybe think at this stage there's nearly a mindset, certainly amongst the fans at the start of the season of well, we need to get Europe. You know, nobody's saying we need to win the title. Yeah, nobody's oh, saying okay. that. Nobody's saying that. Okay, but isn't that a realistic approach, though? Would you but prefer to be playing the like, stuff I mean, or realistic? Like, I think we need to be realistic, but I mean, we, we need, like, uh, if we were finishing maybe, you know, six points behind the, the leaders, I'd say, well, that's, that's, that's some on. level of progress. But let's be honest, I mean, finishing, what, 22 points, yeah. 24 points behind the leaders. That's not where we should be as a club. But do you think so, that the board are getting the the criticism that the board are getting? Do you think that's justified? Well, okay, I, I suppose. Look, you know, if I was I'm playing devil's advocate, right? Um, stay like to me. I think we're too big a club for a rookie manager. Um, I don't think we should have appointed Stephen Bradley. I don't think we should have appointed 
uh, Trevor Quali. I don't think just because you're go- a good coach doesn't mean you're going to be a good manager. Yeah. Um, having said that, Stephen Kenny was the ultimate safe bet. Yeah. As I saw it, he was a safe bet. That went pear shaped. Okay. So you said, Gary, maybe it was because he couldn't handle some of the big names in the dressing room. If you're a good manager, you should be able to handle those. Personally, um, I think he was destined to fail with that job. Nutty, as you said, look, I mean, he ticked all the boxes. Yeah. He had a proven track he record. He was the fans' favourite. Fans' favourite. Rovers fan ticked every single box. And it was, you know what? It was the worst football in years. Do you it really was. It was. Perhaps I've never. European toy. Come on. I've you never spent so many times. So much. Uh, every single game, I'd be looking up that scoreboard, saying, "Christ, just let ninety minutes." Nothing would happen for ninety minutes. Yeah. It was horrendous. So there would be corners like, and throw-ins. I, I I don't know what. But nothing. Did. Nothing would actually happen in no. the game. So I mean, I, I I honestly don't know what the answer is. I mean, none of us have have a magic wand. My own opinion. I don't know. Like I know it's a cliche thinking outside the box, but I really, really think we need to possibly look across the water. I, I think we need to maybe. I, 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 I honestly think Stephen Bradley's reign needs to come to an end. I don't. I don't think we should sack him now. I think we should leave him in situ till the end of the season. I think we should honestly spend this time between now and the start of next looking season, looking across the water, looking at somebody maybe in the lower leagues of England. That is maybe you know performing well yeah, as as a manager. I mean, let's be honest. You know, when Michael Neal was appointed, like I mean, you know, we were saying, well, manager of Brecon City, such a random appointment. Manager of Brecon City, you know, this is Sean McRovers, but taking on the manager of Brecon City, but we saw, like, <coughs> I just think we need to think outside the box. I'm sick of the manager managerial merry-go-round in this country, yeah. and we're constantly linked with. You know Kenny Shields and Paul Duell and, and all this sort of nonsense. Let's get away from it. Let's get away from all that. Let's think outside the box. But Have that's, a look that's what a lot water. of people are saying. A lot of people are saying that we shouldn't be sacking him. We should need. We need to give him a chance. Well, um, I, I think. Uh, but Gary, I, I think he's been given a fair chance. I think. I think. To be honest with you, I think we've been patient with him. I, I you probably didn't see that on Friday night, but he's he's two seasons into it. And I mean, you were given two seasons. We we, we have to ask ourselves the question. Time? Two and a half. What do you think is the fair amount of time to give a manager to prove himself at a club like Shamrock Rovers? Well, my time at Shamrock Rovers, I mean, we we first season we were in the Intertoto Cup and we, and we won the Super Cup and then was fucking sacked the following year. So I didn't get any time. With, That's how you feel a, about Joe Wayne? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't get any bad terms. Well, it did with me. It did with me. Mm. Should I take you took Shamrock Rovers to court? And I won my case. Never got, never got me paid. I mean, my 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 assistant got paid, got paid his full money. Right. And I never, because we ended up settling on outside outside court on the steps, and, as they say. Yeah, on the steps with Jack Wilson, who was fucking top man, top, mm. top man, McCairn's top guy. And now listen, like I said, we always you know, talk about fans like that mm. and, and the points mafia as they call them. Mm. The top lads, absolutely. Great I didn't have anything against them, mm. right? I didn't have a, I, I had myself and uh, Mr. Carwell kind of had a fall and now, and it was he stepped away and left left mm. the, the the rest of it to the the rest of the boys, and I was kind of in the middle of taking Shamrock Rovers as such to court over the way I was treated 
you know mm. um, and like there was a, a certain individual putting money into the club at the time and he said he told Joe and I was told this that if he's the manager next year he says I won't be putting me money in and that's that's how we <laughs> were sacked one person so it was a tough decision so it wasn't all around I was never ever standing on the sideline probably a couple of lads come I, you don't know what you're fucking doing and I said you're fucking right I haven't got a clue what I'm doing and this is the banter between me and, 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 and a, a supporter yeah. like, but I've never heard Mick Bourne out like you know, out, out, mm. out, and all this shit that they go on with. It, of course, it's just times when you. We we, mm. we went through games where it was fucking. It, it was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. Mm. We didn't have the money to go and say, well, I put in for five players, five players the second year, five players I wanted to make it better. Yeah, I never got one of them. But that's but the difference now because if you look at it now, we we do have a fantastic budget, and the people who are at the board and above the board, they are putting in. Fantastic budget, and it's just not yeah. working. So, mm. what, what, like there is, like I said, there is a lot of, a lot of uh, criticism towards the board, and personally, I think, I think that is a little bit unfair, because we have, if if you study and look down every single manager we've appointed, every we've gone down every road, mm. like yeah. initially, Michael O'Neill was the unknown. He was the oh, unknown absolutely. from UK. Yeah. That was a we huge went, gamble, and then we the went for the gamble. best manager in the league, which was Kenny at the time. And then we went for the best coach. Then we went for the fans' favorite, and then we're going for the young book, which is probably So, what is the next step? It's I don't envy the people on the board. I'll give you that. No, no. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that when when Michael and Neil came, everybody said, "The fucking." Hell we were saying that. We were saying, "Who's this You think the manager breaking? Like, I mean, you think, yeah. "Jesus who, Christ, who is yeah. this lad?" Like? And apparently, yeah. he squeaked in as well mm. as regards to bringing him in. Like a, yeah. it was a close. It was a close mm. vote. So to me. To me, he, he he brought in players that knew they were going to do a job, and basically told them like, "This is what I want you to do." Yeah. And you know, Stephen Stephen's a good way about him. He's a very very good coach, but does he have does he have it in his locker to be able to turn around to a set to a bloke and say, "Listen, fucking, you need to be getting your finger out. We need." That's that's the yeah. criticism that yeah. I'm hearing from a lot of fans. As 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 the the guys who do the podcast. Now, like I said, we're unofficial. It's a fans podcast, but we do get a lot of opinions from fans. And mm. the one thing that we do hear a lot is that is Brad's are the one to give a bollocking. Who gives the yeah, bollocking? Who gives the Who's the Jim Jilton? Who who absolutely shreds the players when they're in the wrong? We actually don't know. We're not sure. Could it be Darren Dillon? Could it be Damien Dove? Could it be Steve McPhail? Could it be Glenn Cronin? Mm. There's that many people mm. in and around the club. We actually we're not sure. Are we privy to that? <laughs> should we be privy to that? We don't know. As fans, maybe we shouldn't be, but we're not actually sure who who gives the ball yeah. and what happens if they get a ball and and that's the case with that. So yeah, just back to you personally again, Mick. You haven't really stepped back into management since that. So did, was it because of that experience to leave a sour taste. You meant I know you were with uh, Terry and Europe briefly, mm. mm. but would you ever go back? Um, probably not at that level I think just the whole game for me has changed not at that level I wouldn't mind going in and assisting somebody mm. uh, as I did with with, with um, Pats and Shelbourne with Johnny Mack or assisting them but giving more information to the to the coach or whatever you know quite similar to what uh, 
Cuzzo is doing, Tony Cousins is doing now with the likes of Hearts and, and mm. Northern Ireland, like in a, sim, like a an advisory role yeah, more like, than anything. It's a bit like that now. I've spoken to Stephen a few times about different things and that, and I, I wouldn't take it personal about players that play for Shamrock Rovers. I wouldn't go in and say, listen, I think he's fucking shite. Yeah. Mm. Where in my own head, yeah, I'd probably say, yeah, he is. Yeah. You know, or he's not good enough to play in the green and white hoop jersey. Now, I would like to go in and say, you know, talk to Stevens about that sort of stuff, you know, and, and probably try and help out. And I think Pat Bourne and myself were thinking about doing that at one stage. Well, sometimes mm. you need to be nearly invited in, you know. But that that is the case, and and for for you to be invited in, they're they're kind of leaving themselves vulnerable. As yeah, well. yeah. I didn't want to put that on Stephen either, you know, yeah. or Glenn or whatever, you know, thinking that we we knew what we were fucking talking yeah, about or anything yeah. like that. But there is there is a part of me and a part of Pat knows exactly um what players have to bring to their mm. bring to it. Bring to bring and, to the bring table, to, yeah. I, I, I think though, like in fairness to, to Mick, like when you think about like how the parting of the ways ended with you and Rovers, like, mm. it wasn't pretty. No. And it'd be very, very easy for for you to not want to have happens to deal with Shamrock Rovers again. Oh, it, would you know, easy, it would easy be, but easy, it was, but and like it wasn't, so I think it's very credit that it wasn't that, Shamrock Rovers that done it to me. No, I know, but I mean, at, at the end of the day, mm. well, I still had to. It's great that that you're still. Like, I had to put food still on the table. With my kids you still have an affinity with the club, oh, which yeah. is great, you know. But yeah, it takes a lot for you to actually step up. It takes that. a big man, yeah, doesn't it? To, to say, to okay, well, like, I still love Rovers. That's the way yeah. we feel as fans. Because Absolutely, yeah. what, what I'm trying to say to fans is that look past, if if you don't rate the manager, if you don't rate the team, mm. pretty similar mm. to what you did. You, 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 you felt you were wronged by someone, by an individual at Rovers, but you still go to Rovers games because it's Rovers. Mm. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying, the point I'm trying to get across the fans is that you don't have to necessarily like Brazzer, you don't have to like no. the team. No. But Rovers is more than that. It's the crest and it's the team and it's mm. the way of life. You don't, you're following the crest absolutely and like, so if you don't agree with what Brad's is doing fair enough and like, no that's problem. what I'm saying earlier on like, that shouldn't the, deter you from going there's only been a handful of players that played for Rovers that really got what Rovers is yeah. about mm. it you is it's, 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 it's a tough situation yeah. at the moment but uh, we'll move on we'll talk about Mick's favourite goal that you ever scored in your career oh my god there's a few alright this could be a long yeah. night <laughs> um Top of your head. What Top of my head. Probably probably a goal against uh, Cork in Milltown. And um and the way that there was a, a Rovers player as well, mm. was playing for Cork and he was marking me at the time and the ball play was played into me and I just turned on it and well, as I turned on the ball went up in the air and hit it and it flew into the top corner. And poor Aunt Wade and every time I see him, he said, "Don't even fucking mention that goal." <laughs> <laughs> and I only met him two weeks ago, but I mentioned it. Of course, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah. Tanto, how are you? Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, remember that? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah that was it. probably one of one of good ones. Ones that I, I, that was on TV as well, so I got that. But I we played against Manchester United, and. Uh, I didn't play in the first half, I played in the second half. Myself and Larkin had turns of playing. Um, we had a couple of guest players and mm. I didn't play in the first first uh, half. Came on the second half and and hit one from about, I don't know, about 40 yards out. Flew in the top corner from, and you remember Turner that played in golf, you know? Yeah. He was yeah. in golf. But they, they say he was the smallest goalkeeper ever. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm saying it flew on the top yeah, corner. Yeah, but you just yeah. went over his fucking head. That's <laughs> <a> brilliant. <laughs> top corner, crossbar, yeah, yeah, yeah. 40 yards. 
<laughs> and um, the best player you played with and against. Okay. Well, Paul McGrath was the best player to play really? against. Really? He was absolutely Excellent, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Played against played against a lot of top top players. Is this one McGrath was a pass or a friendly against Man United or against Man United? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, played against, I played against my uh, Pats as well, but yeah. he definitely was the best mm-hmm. best. Apparently he's an absolute gentleman, lovely. Nice. Oh, I, I've met him, he's absolute another gentleman. Yeah, yeah, he has that look, gentleman. he has that soft Oh, look about him as yeah, if he's just a nice yeah, a big teddy bear he's, yeah, he's, a good lad. he's a good lad yeah. mm. Zoom Van Basten then is the um, one, is it? yeah probably probably looking at uh, as a centre forward Van Basten would have been one of the top players I, that I played against yeah, and, and had the privilege to be on the pitch with mm. anybody knocked yeah. the bollocks out every time you were, sent, you were there as a centre half uh, yeah a few a few yeah. to be honest with you it was the toughest uh, actually it was a t- well, I'd say I'd say Kaylee would have been my toughest because yeah. I played against him beforehand, and you know, and um, he used to say to me every time, he said, "If I didn't kick you at the halfway line, he said there was no way I'm going to kick you." <laughs> he said because he used to turn with the ball and run at me. So he said I couldn't really. He said, "Get you." Yeah. He said because you were quick. <coughs> yeah. And he he was he was tough now. He was tough, but playing wit as well was. Uh, well, especially in, 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 in here was Papa almost the best yeah yeah. and give us your uh, this one's a tough one as well we, I know we always put people on the spot the funniest moment of football have any funny stories anything like that that you can think can't, of I can't it can be x-rated if you I want can't, I can't say the funniest one now <laughs> um, funny story yeah probably the funniest story uh, was myself and uh, um, Paddy Joyce going back to Paddy Joyce Um we uh, we we played the first year together. We were flying, and Atlone had just gone on and won the league. Um, and we we got a phone call. Torlock O'Connor was the manager, and he wanted us to sign the two of us to sign. And it was good money at the time, you know, and blah blah blah. And I was in in work in Brooks Thomas, and I went to the phone. And he, he, they were a bit posh on us. They had a phone in their house. So I rang the house. <laughs> they had a phone in their house. They're posh. Yeah, Jesus, yeah. yeah. So I, I, rang, I rang Paddy and I says, okay, Paddy, listen, this is the story. He says, I said, I'm at the signing for that loan. He says, fuck you yeah, anyway. He says, I'm at the signing for Shelbourne. I was at the signing for Shelbourne that morning because I knew he was at the signing for Shelbourne because right. Johnny Bourne told me he was at the signing. Right. So Paddy, them up. Paddy's at the signing. So I rang him and he says, he says, you're fucking need you about the signing for shells, you know? And I says, fucking break, you told me you were going to sign for it. So that was it. But anyway, we we signed for it. We, we signed for uh, shells. And we went up to uh, our first game, up to Dundalk. And we signed a two-year contract. It, both of us, you know? And again, the, the, we were on good money, both of us. We went up to, um, up to Dundalk and... Um, fucking get beaten 2 nil, like you know and it's into the second half so he says to Paddy what's left you know he said two fucking years <laughs> <laughs> I was asking what's left in the game yeah not two minutes <laughs> it's two yeah. years two years he said <laughs> and uh, as for funny stories any interesting encounters with fans that stick out Um. Fans, maybe 
a good one or even given you abuse from the stands? Um, I didn't really get that much abuse to be honest with you. I never really got abuse. I suppose when I went went to Rovers, I always got abuse from from being playing with balls at one stage or even the Shelbourne supporters actually got a higher ground with a lot of them you know so mm-hmm. not really a, abuse uh, supporters um, probably probably when I was managing uh, when I was managing at Rovers I, because the dugouts were so close to the side mm. this lad used to come down week in week out out of his trolley now <laughs> he said was out in the part, out of his trolley plenty of suspects he just, there he just didn't like me I don't think you know and he went out everywhere and he had a peacap like this right yeah. and every fucking time you know what are we talking there was, the only, there was only a wall like you know in yeah, between me and him really, yeah. like, there was no railings around like that it was just yeah. a wall yeah and every fucking time the lads just say, here's your mate Mick here's your mate <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I said that was a real scam. Probably bought that. Bought that. <laughs> what could have been? Fucking 50 yards away, and he's. And the lads just been saying, and Tony. Um, Tony Pender, do you remember Tony? Yeah, Pender? I remember Tony. He used, to, Tony yeah. Yeah. He, used to, he used to stand out with me, he said, I'll jump over that one and knock him for <laughs> 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 just, just leave him. And he always had gargle on him, you know? And, uh, it's definitely the Lewis Cannon. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was standing there one day, and he was fucking at me and at me and he had a pee cap and I went over and I took his fucking cap on and I jumped over the wall I said now you get onto the fucking bitch <laughs> <laughs> did not I did right here you yeah, get on Mr. Manager you get on and yeah. I took his cap off <laughs> you get on I says now we'll fucking sort her on give me my cap back uh-huh. fuck off well Mr. Manager jump yeah. on there <laughs> what about any uh, songs fans have you do you remember any good ones <laughs> yes no not uh no, the record was called Super Nolan. Yeah, yeah, we didn't really have a huge amount. There wasn't, there wasn't the songs song dedicated to players, like yeah. to be honest. Yeah, really, yeah, I think the American might have one already. But yeah, sang them with Rockin' Aces, no. Yeah. yeah, no, it wasn't really. Yeah, well, they they they, they, they had that and they had that, and that that was, but and that's still going on, isn't it? Yeah, that's still yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rockin' Aces. Yeah. The yeah, final yeah. question comes from me. I just made this up now. It's getting very dark in here, in the Glenmore Inn. I can barely see his. <laughs> so Mick, you play for twenty years, you'd obviously know League of Iron referees inside out. If this podcast were a match, how long ago would this podcast have been about? <laughs> <laughs> Due to fading light. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we can yeah. keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably probably half an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, so um that's it for today lads and uh, we'll be back on Thursday next week on the 30th so uh, don't be sending us abusive messages if we can't get your podcast out in time and um, listen it's a it's a tough it's I, I think it's it is a tough time for the team as regards to results and things like that and people aren't happy with the with the court manager and things like that but listen whatever your feelings are brads are, we, we want you to support the team Want you to support the crest? Go out and follow the team because we know Rovers is more than more than just a football club. It's more mm-hmm. than just one man. It's more than anybody. It's a it's a way of life. So um, we'll uh, we'll see you in Oriel Park and uh, keep on helping. Well, we'll thank James and Mick. Yeah, first of all, yeah, we'll thank James. James, fantastic, fantastic. absolutely amazing experience. We've been fantastic. sucking on the cohibas. 
We've been drinking whiskey, we've been milling the points. <laughs> it's been a fantastic occasion, it really has, and I definitely think we're going to make it a yearly thing if James will have Absolutely. us. Absolutely, anytime, lads. And make fantastic guests, very honest, which is what we want. We, we, we 100% appreciate honesty, and uh, of course, we've got Sean in the back who is just creeping in the background there. <laughs> and, the uh, Tomo roll. The Tomo <laughs> roll, yeah, he's taking over as the barman. So uh, we'll see you in Oriel Park and keep on hooping. See ya. Okay, Goodbye, lads. Oh, me lads, you should have seen us gunning. Passing the folks along the road just as they were standing. All the lads and lasses there, all the smiling faces, gathered along the Scotswood Road to see the bleeding races. Went to Bladen Races, twas on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon We took the bus from Bambas and she was heavy laden Where we went along Collinwood Street, that's on the road to Bladen Oh, me lads, you should have seen us gunning Passing the folks along the road just as they were standing All the lads and lasses there, all with smiling faces Gunning along the Scotswood Road to see the bleeding races We flew past Armstrong's factory and up to the Robin Adair Just gardening down to the railway bridge, the bus wheel flew off there The lasses lost their crinolines and the veils that hides their faces I got two black eyes and a broken nose, gunning the bleeding races Oh, me lads, you should have seen us gunning Passing the folks along the road just as they were standing all the lads and lasses there, all with smiling faces, gathering along the Scotswood Road to see the bleeding.